Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. This week's Sunday session is brought to you by homebrewing source of awesomeness online. More beer at morebeer.com. Great beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter oh, yeah. the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. Yeah. I'm jet propelled at all times. <laughs> How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example. And this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think you know, it's bullshit. The... <laughs> I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. no. We're going to teabag fight. Yeah. <laughs> you heard of Junkyard Wars? No. Can I get another high five, Beavis? <laughs> now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Okay. I just realized at this very moment how smart I really am. Why? Uh, because I, I had the foresight to know to tell announcer man to say the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California oh. rather than Pacheco because I don't even know if that guy's alive anymore. Yeah. I haven't been able to get a hold of him. <laughs> you don't so, want to pay to have that done again. No. And can you imagine? I mean, you know how I how lazy I can be. It would take us years before I, that would stop saying Pacheco. Couldn't you just edit it out or just go... <laughs> just blip. Blip, blip, Right. Just California. Put JP's voice in there. Martinez. <laughs> Martinez. <laughs> yeah. I heard. I talked to someone on the phone the other day. Oh, you got you're in Martinez. Yes, <laughs> yeah, we're yes, in we Martinez. Are. Yeah, yes. Could you be any whiter? <laughs> Welcome to Studio Double D, everybody. Double D. Yeah. yeah. Our very first session. Um, this is what we call in the business a soft opening, everybody. Right. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Sam knows all about those. <laughs> Sam knows all about soft yeah, openings. I see a lot of duct tape being used here. Yeah. We're still uh, we're in the construction phase of Studio Double D, and uh, we're still in the figuring out the sound phase and everything else. But I will admit, I'm pretty pleased with our sound so far. Oh, yeah, you, you, sound, yeah. you sound sexy. I sound golden, don't yeah. I? Yeah. I'll tell you what. Here's the problem with every time we, you know, we we move the studios. I make a couple of upgrades and uh, I learn something new about sound. And uh, my microphone and JP's microphone, I have really dialed in. And That's the, right. The problem with that is it 
now I have to upgrade all of your microphones because <laughs> yes. I want everybody we to sound, sound like sound little like mice this. over here. <laughs> right. Hello. Actually, Tasty, you sound pretty good. Oh, thanks. Um, but the, I, I can really tell the difference in the mic. You guys are using... We're stuck with 58s over here. You're using yeah. band <laughs> microphones. Yeah. Like, and yeah. they've always gotten us by because I cheat. I compress the fuck out of them. Right. But now that I've gotten these two really dialed in, it, that's a twelve hundred dollar mistake I just made to yeah. fix these two microphones because I got to get you guys all dialed in now. Another trip to Radio Shack, <laughs> right? Um, but I was worried about a few things. I was worried about a buzz from the fluorescent lights in the studio. Yeah, neither Tasty or I are very happy with the lighting. The, the, no. the fluorescent lighting is not very pleasant. Not very mood enhancing. Um, it's not. Evo's the friendly. only one that looks good. It's conflicting under fluorescent with my buzz lights. right now. Right. Yeah, her cleavage is very well lit. But her cleavage is very well lit. But uh, it, uh, there's also a hum that comes along with this, but it's not a, I'm, I'm, not, hearing, I'm not hearing it. What? So I'm quite happy with Studio Double D so Sounds far great. Yeah. And, and how the There's a lot of potential. Yeah. So uh, what we'll do is uh, several weeks, uh, potentially even a couple months worth of, of shows from here, and then we'll plan a grand opening. And we'll throw a big bash down here in Martinez. Uh, essentially, because Martinez is kind of a half-assed town, yeah. as far as I can tell, Fuck it. We're going to throw our own welcome to Martinez party. That's right. Because who else is going to do it? Let's be honest. You know what I think we need? Marching band? Glassware. <laughs> we need, gla- no, we glassware. need to order glassware for it. <laughs> Just for that. Should we order two pallets yes, of glassware? Like Let me we- guess. You've been moving lots of glassware around, JP. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's just let's just admit it. I'll admit it right now. Um, Summerfest 2012 was a complete and utter failure <laughs> no. fin- financially for the that's, BM. That's an oh, understatement. Uh, we are thousands of dollars in the hole after Summerfest. Uh, I was out on the ledge. Um, Bevo had to talk me down. Uh, God damn it, it Bevo! Uh, Sorry. You know, the, it was been a, free. It was a nice day. And I think it was great if you're a beer fan because it wasn't very crowded and you got to just hang out. It felt like a homebrew festival almost. You got to hang out. But God damn it, did I need to sell more glasses. And so now we have, uh, oh, I don't know, uh, 3,000 Summerfest glasses <laughs> sitting underneath Studio Double D right now. Can you have them re-silk screen where you just cross it out and put something else? Well, make, it look, make it look really ghetto? No, but uh, again, uh, back to how smart I am. Um, actually, this is probably a sign of my stupidity because it's taken me years to figure this out. Half of the glasses I ordered without a date. So 2,000 of the 4,000 glasses we ordered, I ordered, they just say Summerfest. There's no date on them. Um, the you po- knew. I, I Well, I saw the potential that... I was going to be fucked in my ass. Wow. <laughs> um, you but, saw that coming to mind. Now you're feeling it in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the yeah. BN has never put on an event where we lost money. We've had quite a, a, we've had, a good run. We've had quite a run. Yeah. And let's face it, it's going to happen. By the way, this is what I've had to tell myself all week, so now you're going to <laughs> Eventually, you have to fail. You're talking yourself off the right. ledge. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you do have to fail eventually, right? Yeah, and so, tumbling. So, uh, you know. Uh, but I've never felt it, but maybe it'll happen at some point. So I'll tell you, I don't want anything to do with Summerfest Part Two. <laughs> yeah, bad the, luck now. But the fact that I have two thousand uh, glasses with a great logo on them sitting downstairs, got double down, buddy. Pretty much means we're having Summerfest Number Two. Yeah. What uh, day won't it be? It will not be on Father's, Father's Day uh, yeah. Sunday. That was dumb. You know, I look at. I got ro- I got backed city. into a corner. I had. It was either. It was a shakedown. It was it either, was. Uh, look, you're doing Summerfest, 
or you ain't doing Winterfest. And Winterfest has become a wonderful event for us. We have a good time. Uh, We make a little revenue. uh, We were able to donate a bunch of money. We get some of the best beers in the Bay. I can't, I couldn't put it in jeopardy. So I basically, you know, the city of Concord was like, they held you hostage. Yeah. They were like, wow, that Winterfest sure went great. Um, let me remind you that we opened up the park and welcomed you into our city, and we normally don't do that. And by the way, we need help with our Father's Day event. So we'll see you there. It's <laughs> pretty much. Or we won't see you at all. Uh, yeah. I mean, my gut told me don't do it, and uh, I usually listen to that, but I had no choice. And anyway, we'll do Summerfest 2, and we'll have a chat with the city, and we'll go, look, dads don't care if fa- if we celebrate on Father's Day or not. Can we do it on the Saturday? We'd rather you Can we didn't. just do it on the Saturday? What, what if we did no. Saturday oh, and yeah. Sunday? Here's that is, idea. we would have the beer left over. We'd keep oh, the beer over. Oh, that's true. Oh, there you go. They, they can have their cake and eat it, too. Yeah, we don't want to have that. Oh, Daddy's drunk again. Right. Well, it's his day. He should be able to. Of course it's his day. Here's a really tried to facilitate that. Here's a really low-stress option for you. What, how about you do it the Sunday right after NHC? <laughs> Well, here's the problem. So the Sunday before? I mean, doing it on we're Father's Day means it could happen that way, because oftentimes oh, oh, Father's well, Day does fall on does, the Sunday yeah, after very it. common, yeah. Very I nice. mean, I got lucky that it wasn't yeah, that yeah. way. You imagine me coming home from NHC and doing that festival? I would have killed myself. <laughs> yeah. I would have done it on stage in Toto Santos Park. I'd have shot myself right in the face so everyone yeah. could see it. Hey, everybody, welcome to the BAM! Yep. <laughs> With my middle finger up is how I would have done it. Yeah. Just, Remember this for the rest of your life, fuckers. Yeah. Boom. Happy, Just, happy Father's Day, kid. <laughs> <laughs> laying there, your legs twitching, you lose all bowel movement control, and yeah. suddenly you're laying in your own fecal matter and brain. <laughs> Beautiful. Good way to go out. Is that just a regular Sunday for you? <laughs> sounds, yeah. like a, sounds like Sunday at JP's. <laughs> Covered in my own feculence and blood. <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway, so if anyone needs a Summerfest glass, uh, write JP, email yes. JP. Oh, I'm going to put them up on the website tomorrow. How much are we selling them for? How much do you want to sell them for? I don't give a shit. $2. <laughs> Done. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't care. I heard some guy, like... It's uh, a good five, story. Shut up. Five, uh, <laughs> you can have your own cup for $5 or a pallet for $25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After That's true. At the end of Summerfest, there was a cool guy. I, I don't know if he knew us or what. He was volunteering. <laughs> he was also drunk. And he's trying to off some of this glassware for us. And yeah, he's like, five bucks a glass or a case for 20 or a pallet for 25 <laughs> <laughs> And I think he actually sold a couple cl- uh, cases for us. You know, he gave me an extra 40 they're, bucks. They're great glasses. Yeah. I love the glass themselves. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Well, if you are a little local homebrew club yeah shit if you're not a local homebrew club email us and i'll tell you what the ones that have dates on them i'll donate our dated glassware um to homebrew clubs you you do need to pay the shipping shipping that's so uh email jp at the brewing network.com jp at the brewing network.com they come in cases of 24 and i mean it i'm happy to send you a couple cases they're the little 10 ounce shaker glasses they're fantastic for for events and for homebrew tastings so if you're a homebrew club that needs some some cases of glass you got to pay the shipping um, maybe JP will tack on some handling, you know, I don't know, something to pay him for doing all the shipping. Um, but it's probably the cheapest, coolest glassware you're going to get. So that's true. I don't JP know at the network.com. Yeah. Email me, dude. I'll give you pictures. I don't care. There's a lot. Even at two bucks, we're not going to sell all that many. So no. we'll, uh, we'll donate some to the homebrew clubs. Well, I think it was a donation, a two buck donation. Right. For the month. That's true. And you get, and a, gla- you, and you get, you get a glass. Good call. Good call. It's got some new artwork. It's got the new like drink beer uh, thing. Is that something we're pat- trademarking? I think we're getting into that right now. Do you like it? I like it. It's awesome. I saw it on the shirts. It looks really good. I'd rather have a hop grenade in the middle. 
<laughs> I like the rock fingers. I think uh, I think that we could do a hop grenade also, mm-hmm. yeah. but I think that people will also like the rock fingers oh, that no. we have in the logo. Well, I, I, do I, both. I think oh, yeah. if we're just doing the the well, it's not really. We shouldn't really talk fashion on the air right now. <laughs> you I shouldn't talk, talk fashion at all. <laughs> Thank you, Doc. I'm very fashionable. <laughs> <laughs> no, those are, those will do do well in bars, uh, you know, bar servers and stuff. Yeah, illegal bars. <laughs> 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 all right. So anyway. Studio Double D, full of glassware. That's our MO right now. You know, I used to complain about the uh, hearing the toilet flush in, in the studio, the old studio. Yeah. No, it's like it's so far away, I don't even know if there is a yeah. toilet. Yeah, we don't even have a toilet. Yeah. Now you got to find something new to complain Are you going to go out, out in the hallway? What about off the deck? Uh, well, here, uh, well, okay. I'm glad <laughs> you brought that up, Jason. Okay? I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, first of all, the thing we'll, we might end up complaining about here is the goddamn train, oh, the yeah. Amtrak, which is a block okay. away. Oh. I might have built the noise floor uh, well enough that we don't pick it up. We'll find out today. Today will be a test for that. Now, we do have a balcony right off of Studio Double D. It's a very nice little deck. Uh-huh. And, and there's a there's a, a creek running underneath There's a it? creek running underneath. Oh, and I think we I should... it was an open cesspool. It looks kind of It's sleazy. a cesspool. In Martinez, that's called a creek, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's refinery runoff. It's petroleum products in there. Yeah. 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 You we dip go, a ladle in and put it in your the car. Rain, you're great. Rainbow on top. We go fishing for syringes in, <laughs> in uh, Lake in, in Creek Martinez. Now we probably should have a pool on uh, oh. who pisses off the balcony first. Oh, and I got Doc. I got to say right now, <laughs> I got Sam. Yo, you guys said that's a good bet. He's probably actually. doing it right now. Sam's a good uh, a good bet. Um, the building that we're in, you know, it's an office building has several other offices, but nobody's here on Sundays. Uh, but you can. But the deck is very visible. For example, you yeah. can see Creek Monkey Tap House. Yeah. There's a, a, a street right there. So when someone <laughs> pisses off the deck, it's not as if you're hiding out. I'm telling you, I got Doc on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think anybody else have any uh, think it's going to be somebody else? Well, I, I would think Doc, but uh, you know, now that we now, now it depends on who you know who gets who because I might be able to be bribed here a little bit. Like yeah, let's right. say we're betting on Moscow. Well, the, the, no, and it's Moscow wants to give me twenty bucks. I'd bet Moscow. The, I see. The thing uh, is, no, so nobody much- wants to show the junk more than Doc. He shows the junk all the time. <laughs> Right. I'm surprised, I gotta, I gotta I'm surprised he has pants on right now. I got I got to test to see how deep that creek is. <laughs> right. And oh, what better can, way to do it than with a urine stream? Well, you could swim to Creek Monkey from here too, just up the ante a little. Yeah, bit. you wouldn't make it in that creek. <laughs> <laughs> got to be careful. Yeah. Now there's another thing to bet on here. Okay, let's get. To- so the new uh, Brewing Network uh, World Headquarters, the studio, it's a loft style uh, office space. So the studio is up a flight of stairs in a in a nice uh, windowed loft. Mm-hmm. Um. I think we could start a death pool for the stairs. I was going to say, who do you think is going to fall oh. first? Oh, yeah. Well, there's two oh, ways yeah. to do it. There's two pools here. Daisy, there's the, there's the fall down pool, and there's the heart attack pool. <laughs> and we all coming know up. who's having a heart attack. Yeah, coming up, yeah, yeah. It's well, either me or Tasty. Or me. Oh, that's actually probably JP ahead of me. I thought I was having one yesterday. Either JP or Tasty <laughs> are a good bet for the heart attack pool coming up to the studio. The fall down the stairs pool? Yeah, Bevo, you were right to nominate yourself. <laughs> And I gotta I'm say, clumsy. I got Doc in this one too. <laughs> I'd go double hey, down no. for Tasty. Hey, Doc's what, a short what, guy, though. He, he's got Doc that with his balance advantage. I went once you turned yourself off. I think. Hit the on button. It's on. It's on. It's on. Where'd you go? Uh oh. All right. Well, let's just tell some jokes. Oh, failure number one. Fail. It'll be a good show, though. I'm going Doc for the clean sweep. Yeah. Heart attack, I would, stairs, yeah, I'm and saying, balcony. Uh, you know, I would do all tasty, at once. Yeah. Doc taking a piss as he walks down the steps. Well, he falls down. I'm thinking that uh, we can't hear you, Doc. So use maybe use Nate's mic. Yeah, 
One, one stop, uh, bad step with that ankle, and I'm gone. Well, uh, right. Uh, yesterday, Taryn was in here uh, getting me some coffee because we were doing a bunch of shows, and uh, she tripped coming up the stairs. So uh, you know, it's either way. Yeah, it's not only happens. up and down. It's not yeah, only down, but it's also up. So sort of my specialty too. Try it again, Doc. Uh, am I back? Nope. Nope. Not anymore. Oh, I know. Why. I got a light on. You've got an on-off switch on your microphone. Oh yeah, there you oh, go. Oh, Bevo. Don't. I didn't do that. You went like this. No, it's because at, <laughs> don't, we, we I lost a microphone. That's why I don't like being on your stupid ta- at your Bevo. stupid man table. We lost a microphone <laughs> in, in 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 Seattle, and you're using a shitty one. You well, know, give it to me. It's Bevo's mic, is what it normally is. Oh. It's uh-huh. The Beave mic. Well, you, you know, you could have given me that that cool headset thing. That, <laughs> right? Madonna? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Probably should do that for you, Doc. You haven't figured out how to use a microphone in all these years. <laughs> a couple beers, he starts backing away. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have that in common. <laughs> right. Well, I'm, I'm trying to... I, I'm keeping it over kind of towards me, so when she wants to use it, she has to lean in. She has to lean in. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, look at that. Look need, at those. I need to in be touched. In true Creeper Doc fashion. <laughs> right. And so we get Bevo's booth bill. Are you excited? Now, the way we're doing Studio Double D is that Bevo will have her own isolation booth. Yes. You don't have to be around us uh, if you don't want. That makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> You're so excited about that. Now, I will, however, not put up a curtain for you. So we'll still see you through the glass. Can I have a curtain while I'm still breastfeeding? No. No. You're <laughs> gross. <laughs> Fine, then JP's just going to have to jump over and do my job. I th- what, I no. think breastfeed your baby? Yes. <laughs> uh, I think it's a two-way mirror, and we put the good side towards us. That's a good idea. Oh, they can't um, see me. GTV's back up and running. You'll forget. And, it's not, and the audio's not jacked no, it, up? Yeah. It's oh, a, okay. I, I just rebooted the computer. So. All right, fantastic. So we're good there. Don't freak out. Okay, let's do a couple of announcements. We've got a great show for you today. I want to thank our sponsor, More Beer. Uh, been with us since the beginning and watched us grow this whole time, and they're a big part of why we're able to move into this lovely new studio. So thanks to More Beer. You can go to morebeer.com right now, check out all their deals, and, um, you know, they're just great dudes. I, you know, Chris is Chris Graham not one of the nicest people that you've ever met? Like a, Hell yeah. yeah. This is kind of a side. I wish he was a relative of mine. You do, I, I right? Hate him. I wish he was my son. <laughs> I mean, I love the guy. He's been so good to us. Olin, too. Yeah, and so, great people. Uh, I like working with them. If they stopped sponsoring tomorrow, I think I'd give them free <laughs> sponsorship forever. I just enjoy being around them. Uh, anyway, go to morebeer.com right now. You can check it out. Uh, today, we got a follow-up show we're doing. we got John Hall from Goose Island back on the program. Now, Moscow got him on in the beginning uh, when, when they got bought out by AB for, what, 39 mil? Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah, a few pennies. That's yeah. not much. Um, and a fifth round draft pick. And <laughs> How long now, has it been now? Right. Over a year, right? It's been a little over a year, and of course the question was, will the beer change? Will Goose Island not be uh, the brand that we know and love? And so we're going to follow up today and, and, and find out, uh, see what has changed. Oh, uh, We've also got some Goose Island beer to try. That was the other big worry, that the beer wouldn't be very good, uh, but uh, should, we'll should. find out. Should I not be drinking it yet? Uh, are you already drinking? What, yeah. what do you have in there? Uh, the, <laughs> it's, it's gone. That the must be bottle, good okay. uh, The Matilda? Yeah. Oh, it, it's it's a, a a Brett Wonderland. It's still great? Oh, yeah. You know, it's good that you didn't share that with anybody. <laughs> I saw it in there and okay, went for it. Yeah. It took Doc's right. Awesome. Now, uh, you know, the question was, will the beer be good? And John Hall agreed with me. He said, hey, guys, proof is in the pudding, so let's find out later on. And that's what we're going to do today. So we'll talk to him. We're also uh, doing our annual NHC wrap-up show. We're just back from the National Homebrewers Conference. So Moscow's got us Mark Shop, who is our Ninkasi winner uh, this year. Yeah, and every Ninkasi winner deserves a round of applause. 
Um, so we're going to talk to him uh, a little bit today. And then to round everything out, uh, the only person that actually did something at the National Homebrewers Conference is our good friend Nate Smith. Uh, he actually went to several of the, the talks. Uh, the one uh, homebrewer in the room who still likes to go learn uh, from other people and not just hang out and drink, right? Yeah, well... Drank plenty and then drank a lot of coffee in the morning and tried to get in these 9 a.m. talks. There's a lot of good info in there, so yeah, we'll, we'll recap some. I actually made it to about four talks. Did you really? Yeah. There's some really good ones this there, year. There were some actually really good ones. Yeah, yeah. I was in a Great. Great. And you were too, Tasty. Yeah, I was in four of them. Good job. Two of those we're talking about, which is good. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, and and I'm surprised now, Doc. And I don't mean this as an insult at all. But the last t- a couple times you went, you and I just been raging. We haven't made yeah. it to many talks, but I'm glad to see you went yeah, to a couple. Well, there, there, sometimes there's nothing I want to see. Right. And this time there were some pretty good talks. Okay. Uh, real notable ones. I really like. Sure. So Nate uh, took a bunch of notes for us, and we're going to go through some of the finer points of the conference. Now, of course, the only way that you'll really get the most out of the National Homebrews Conference is if you go to it. That's true. But we'll, uh, we're going to give you kind of a highlights of the information given, and Nate's put that together for us. So we'll be talking about that, and uh, which is the way I like to learn things. Just give me the highlights, man. What were the, what were the scalper <laughs> tickets going for? Uh, were there scalp tickets going no. at this thing? There should it be. sold out in 46 hours. You know, if we were smart, we'd have bought extra tickets. Help them. We could have made back our uh, Summerfest. Buy uh, this. Yeah, <laughs> we're desperate now. <laughs> Buy this glass for a hundred dollars. We need to be a legal operation to support our legal one. Right. Yes. Hey, speaking of uh, tickets selling out, I, oh, I yeah. bought my NorCal Homebrew Fest tickets yep. today. I got mine in hand, Me man. too. And Me uh, too. they're looking. Did you buy your stock? Yeah, I'm in Creek Monkey punching it in, and somebody comes, did you buy your NHC ticket? Ah. Uh, okay, okay Moscow, that means I got one for you and Alexa, too. I had gotten yours already, but Alexa, it was like, ah, uh, could be Doc's, could be Alexa. I didn't know if Doc was going to pull it off. Since he got one, then uh, you get to bring I almost your I've, I've been so busy. I could, I've been not been in front of a computer, and I go... I, I can't really read my phone so well. Yeah, I, it's really small print. Right. So I, it's every every. Uh, you have to get one of those jitterbugs or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Doc's uh, got to get uh, a jitterbug. Well, just, if, oh, if my I just, friend Doc. Just bring my, just bring my glasses. Because, okay, oh, I make it big, and I, I read the page, right. and then I go, next page, is like, I can't read that. You can't read, yeah. Just make get the big. hot chick next to you at the bar to do it for you next time. <laughs> Beaver, are you going to try to go to the NorCal? No, you're out. Huh? Yeah. Is it? Are you busy that weekend? or? I don't know what weekend it is, but that weekend, really in my last September. beer festival camping with the baby experience was not fun. Oh, is so that right? I'm, I'm good. You're I'm out. Gonna, I'm going to pass until she's able to stay with somebody else. 16. <laughs> you you seem like you were having fun. What was the problem? I'll watch yeah. her. At, at, at Southern Cal? Cal? Yeah. yeah. You had a good time. I wasn't able to do anything. Yeah. She didn't have it. She has, you, oh. You've clearly not seen her have a good time. Guess not. If you thought that was Bevo having a good time. I, I, just, I mean... Sorry, I, I just thought, you know, we didn't hear her, her bitching about it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm just used to when girls aren't having a good time, they let you know it. And Bebo is just, it's no, either I great try not or to, silent. I try right. not to bitch too much, but um, when? When? I had a good time as a mom. Like, I had fun with my baby, but it was not a good... No. Beer fest. Beer, beer fest, yeah. And then I went to, no, went to the beach and... Don't take babies to the beach. <laughs> Bad decision. Unless you're going to leave them at the beach. <laughs> you suck. Right. All right. But, Nate, you're going NorCal. Yep. Tasty, you got your ticket. Absolutely. I got and an extra one for you never know who. That a boy. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, JP, you know you're not in on this. because no, I didn't. I didn't bother asking. Yeah. You know, I knew well, that. I'll probably do a... It's not like you got to fly anywhere. Show. Uh, it's camping. I don't, I, don't, I don't dig on camping. Good. We get oh. enough of you anyway, but... Yeah. And homebrew. <laughs> I don't dig on homebrew. <laughs> it's camp. Yeah. It's two of the best things on the planet. Wait a minute. JP's you, like, nah. We just want to hear him complain the whole time. I don't know you were under such trauma that the Firestone Walker event, you camped, right? 
Like, well, I camped one night and then yeah. I was done with it. Okay, but at least you were able to do that. <laughs> I did it one night and it was miserable. Oh, was it? I had sorry. a drunk person fall on my head. Did in you my, hear me snoring? In my tent. Um, in the morning, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was in my tent, not feeling well, and some drunk asshole fell on my head and goes, right, I don't think there's that. anyone in there. And then he shines his light in there. I'm like, Dude, why would you do? That? You already <laughs> fell on my head. Stop <laughs> shining the fucking light in here. And he turns it off. And then uh, I was up real early, and my back hurt because I was laying on the ground. It was like this. Why do people do this? There's a reason that we move from the caves into fucking lava. Oh, here we go. You know what I mean? Right. Why are we regressing? There weren't even any wall paintings in your cave. Right. It's like you know. I I don't know, man. It's it's like uh, why would you use a fucking hand turned screwdriver when you have a drill? Like there's no you know. Oh, it's really fun. I like to do it. No, fuck that shit. Give me a hotel. Right. But you have a tent. Um, it was Terrence's tent. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, I thought about that too because when once I knew he was going, I was like, "Well, I better dig out all my camping gear because I know JP's not going to have any." But Taryn had it, huh? Now, Taryn did, had does Taryn enjoy camping? No, she hates it too. Okay, yeah. I, I could see her hating it. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, no, that's not true. Uh, she she liked it a little. She didn't mind it. They didn't fall on her head. They didn't fall on her. She wasn't there yet, yeah. Well, yet another testament to how good the Firestone Festival was that JP was willing to... He's like, all right, hell yeah. He's like, you know what, F it. I'll camp. I'll give it a shot. I can see what he put on the liner. Yeah, that is impressive. Yeah, Yeah, for (laughs) sure. And then uh, after we were done, we packed up and like, this, dude, I'm going to go hang out at the brewery. And then I drove to Push's house. It was so worth is it. Is that what you did Saturday night? Yeah, dude, laying in like a bed. Well, what's funny about that? Eleven thirty at night is that Push stayed with us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> JP edited oh, his house, man. but Push stayed with us. On Saturday you knew where the party was. Night. Oh, I woke up at like six thirty, hung out with the girls, got breakfast made for me. It was awesome. It was great. <laughs> now you know who was there at that awesome. Firestone Walker thing was uh, Sarah thirty six C. Oh yeah, I got, got to hang to, out with her you too. Got to hang out with her a little bit. You know what I don't like about hanging out with Sarah thirty six C off the air. Mm-hmm. Is that there's an elephant in the room? Yeah. Yes. And yes. <laughs> and she, the problem is that she's more aware of the elephant than me. I, exactly. I'm not very uncomfortable. But were you were you still? But you could see the look on her face, and she's very shy, and she didn't say anything. And I, and and I kind of wanted to burst the bubble. I kind of wanted to go. Listen, Sarah, it's fine. Just whip them out already. We'll be yeah, done with exactly. it. Exactly. Let me see them, yeah. and then it's over. Right. Um, so it was nice to see uh, her, but she's more fun for me on the phone because she's wide open. Then she's ready to party. Oh, oh yeah. But in person, she, you know, she just didn't have much to say. Uh, no, she's just a quiet, understated person. And I'm just with a nice going, set of tits. I'm going, hey, that's not what I like about uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she said, like, well, once I get drunk, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm much more, you're like, really crazy. Yeah, so right? we're yeah. handing her beers. So I, so I went and took her, like, behind the ropes and kept drinking a bunch of beer. Then she tells me it takes her, like, a whole ton to get drunk. Jesus. Oh, man. So, She's like, a, lot oh, man, this is gonna be a lot of work. Right. I'll be under the table, but I won't be able to, my eyes open when she, you know, right. unfurls. <laughs> yeah, you'll be, be like, you'll oh, be dead to the world. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. This isn't going to work. Could be looking at your own tits at that point. Exactly. You know, yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, I can just go to bunnyteens.com and get get all, and don't have to give any <laughs> yeah, beer. I'll just Photoshop right. her head on something else. Exactly. Right. All, right. all of a sudden, she's like a girlfriend. <laughs> we we got we to gotta work at it. All of a sudden, <laughs> we got to take her out on a date. It's we got to wine her and dine her. No, that dress doesn't make you look fat. Let me see your tits. Yeah, that's right. It's better on the radio. You meet her in person, and look, I don't need another girlfriend.
No, she was lovely and a great person. I loved yeah. it. I hung with her for like the whole thing. Yeah. Her and her, uh, of course you would. And uh, what's that douche, What's that douchebag she hangs out with? Her husband? Ryan. Uh, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan Hastings. Or Hastings, yeah. I actually love that kid. He's I could have hung out with Ryan all, all all day. I mean, if I wasn't going to see his wife's tits, then I might as well just hang out with Ryan, right? He's, right. he's low maintenance. Yeah. Uh, Ryan's a good dude. Okay. Anyway, that was a fun part of uh, Firestone. <laughs> it's weird now meeting our girl, like the our girl listeners, right? You know, it is weird. And, like, and, and, it, and it's, by weird, you mean disappointing? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, because there is that, and I'm sure it is for them too. Yeah, because there is that like air of mystery where I don't know you, you don't know me, and we can have this you know weird connection on the air, and then you meet. He's like, you're actually like a real person, and they're like, yeah, you're kind of real too. And I don't like I don't that. Well, like, it's I was, not disappointing to the women. We all know that you guys are all ugly. <laughs> I'm I'm fucking handsome. But My I mom did, I, I did get to validate the 36 C's yeah. to some extent. Oh. Uh, and and that radio to what face. Well, I can't. I'm, I'm a gentleman and she's a lady. I'm not going to go to too much extent. Oh, you have to drop on. that. I'll give you two words. Firm and perky. Oh. oh. That a boy tasty. Well, you got a little side boob and you hug Also known as perky. You can take guesses. I went unanswered. So. <laughs> so, would, right. you, would you say we could cut glass? Yeah. yeah. How firm are we talking? Yeah. I just give two words. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's all you, you get. Got, you got your two words. Just use your own imagination. It's an, el- it's an elbow assessment. Well, questionable. I guess I hope I get to meet her drunk one day. Cause, uh, well, she came back to the after party. Uh, I know, but yeah. even then... No, they're... Yeah, they date and everything. I bet know. they're just disappointing. I mean, they're never going to live up to what we think they are. I bet right. they're kind of floppy disappointments. <laughs> what a shame. Yeah. They hang there like two rejections from God. <laughs> <laughs> just hung it and just, you know, uh, pinned on the walls a warning to other boobs who want to sag. Right. <laughs> Fried egg on a nail. Are you all right, Moscow? You look like you broke up with your girlfriend or something. No, not at all. I'm fine. Everything's all right with Alexa? Yeah. You sure? You yeah. sure? You what, makes you, what makes you say that? Have you, talk, have you talked to her recently I'm, in the last hour? I'm getting no. a vibe. Uh, you you get in a fight with your dad or you something? Go, I know no, you and no. your dad are real close. Yeah, yeah. No, everything's cool. Everything's better than cool, actually. You got any, do you find a lump on your penis or something? You <laughs> that okay? shouldn't be there? It's two of them right below it. Get rid of those. Oh, cool. Why? What makes you say that? I don't know. You just got a look on your face. I thought maybe something happened. Anybody die? No, no. Got a little sunburn yesterday. All right. Yeah, right. That's about it. Like we can't tell. Yeah. These fucking lights. <laughs> all right, let me get through a couple of announcements real hey, quick. Hey, get through some announcements. <clears throat> announcements. Uh, all right, uh, there's going to be that uh, Brewing Network glass where we've been telling you about the goblets, the nice hop grenade oh, I saw goblets. those. Those are awesome. They're all here. JP's got them all dialed in. They're probably going to go on sale Tuesday. It looks like Tuesday, uh, but definitely this week. If you are a, a donor in the BN Army, if you subscribe and you do the monthly donations, you're going to get first dibs. You can expect an email uh, from our BN Army coordinator uh, probably 24 hours before they go on sale. So mm, that could happen probably as early as tomorrow uh, just so that you know the glassware is coming up and there's plenty of it but we want to give the BN Army uh, first dibs of these glasses that you've you've been waiting a long time for can we um, substitute glassware? Uh, no what? Yeah, you mean just send out Summerfest glasses <laughs> oops sorry about that why don't you just keep it and we'll send you another one we reserve the right to uh, uh, bait and switch you at any point in time <laughs> right uh, all right, the forum is available on mobile devices, I'm told. Mm-hmm. You can go use the forum now on your mobile devices. Uh, you can also shop uh, at Amazon through the Brewing Network. You know, you do all your normal Amazon shopping, but there's a link on our homepage. You just click it. It's right there in the middle of our homepage. Click that before you do your shopping, and it's an easy way to help us out. And I'll tell you what, a whole bunch of you have been doing it, yeah. and it's made a big difference, and I appreciate it. And so keep doing that. Please shop through Amazon uh, through the, the BN 
Uh, same goes for Micromatic. If you click on the Micromatic banner, and then you can shop that way. And that's how you get your, your tap equipment, your your nozzles, your faucets, all that stuff through Micromatic. And uh, they help us out. It's a I good think, affiliate program. I think I bought my sex book through the uh, Amazon. That was you? Saw that on the product Shades of Grey. <laughs> that was me. Really <laughs> Moscow creeping know. out. Just and then I dipped my fingers into the moist pond of her vajaja. <laughs> yeah, Kate the Great's reading this. So uh, is so is every girl on the planet. And then I punched her okay. in the chest. But I'll tell you what, listen. In I don't know defense, what you're complaining about, JP. Maybe I'm, I should be reading that shit. I'm I don't all know. about it. She comes, yeah. uh, look, she comes home ready to go. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm like, I'm hey, not complaining. I'm just making fun of it. Read it fucking twice. Oh, I don't no, care. it's terrible. It's Does but it. I mean, it's 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 S and M porn. It's awful. But I've heard I didn't it's know really what awful. I was buying. I'm. I live so under you a stop rock, reading it? So I didn't know. No, I actually I did. Yes. Oh. What? Um, Why? Because you started getting the woman's tickle down there. As no, you read because it's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> what are you, a doctor in the thirties? Because if you research, <laughs> because I will admit right now that I am a big fat loser and I really liked Twilight. But if you pay attention to the book and if you do any sort of research on it. It was actually originally a Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. That the author went in and changed the two lead characters' names. Okay. And then marketed it as a standalone book. Okay, so what? It follows the same storyline and it's So you're offended by it. Oh no, it's awful. It's the What about the sex all, what about the sex parts? The main character is American, but somehow she uses British slang. <laughs> because the author is British. Yeah. It's so what, bad. Cares? What a fucking what wanker. About, what about the sex part? Uh, uh, can no, I ask a question? The whole yeah, thing yeah, is a sex on. part. Yeah. Can well, I ask a question? Yeah. It's terrible. You didn't like the sex parts. I didn't like any of it. Can I ask yeah. a question? I'm not buying it. If it follows the same plot line as Twilight, why isn't it as good as Twilight? Yeah, it's good well, if it's the same the story. Same plot line necessarily. Yes. It's has the the characters are the same. Did you rub it out to it or not? No, I did not rub it out. Well, every other girl did. <laughs> right, and they're doing it on Bart. Yeah. I mean, they're just sitting yeah. there on Bart. Right. Just like, one, one two uh, one two. I'm telling you, it's a good time to ride the Bart. If you want a creeper and just uh, take a look at chicks' faces, just look for one reading that book <laughs> and watch. Sit, they'll just go through her face. Stare at her face. Hey, frankly, who cares as long as we get a hunk of the Amazon? <laughs> Thank you, Doc. That's right. You sit down in that Bart seat and it's all wet. Anyway, you're welcome. Yeah, thanks. Could be piss or uh, female wetness. So buy your lady shades of gray through our Amazon link. It's called moist. Thank me later. All right. Shop in the BN store, which is now back (laughs) online. You can get our t-shirts and everything else. Uh, JP got that back online last week, and uh, we need you to go in there and shop. And we got some new stuff, too. Got Winterfest, like old school Winterfest (laughs) stuff. Uh, shirts and uh, sweatshirts and stuff like that for Sweet. five bucks. Great. So uh, if you want to do some more shopping, um, do that, please. Do it now. Yeah. All right. iPhone and Android uh, apps are also back up and running. We got the stream back up this week. A lot of stuff happened. Once We just had to get through all that bullshit uh, we were up to. Just search BN Mobile in iTunes or the Android Marketplace, and it's a free app. Uh, watch all this live on justin.tv slash brewing network. Uh, it's on now and uh, uh, apparently working. Yeah. And remember, uh, if you go to the justin.tv slash brewing network, that <coughs> chat room is not the chat room that we talk about. Tell you to join. Right. So if you want to go to the main page at com. Yeah, there's a link to the video on the right hand side, and that way you can see that video and our chat room, and you'll be a good person. I feel like you don't need to say www these days. I know, but I like to. <laughs> all right, I get all w. this and more on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> yeah, please on Twitter and Facebook because I'm tired yeah. of the feedback. Still, I went through all the feedback for last month. Right. The app isn't working. Right. Why isn't the app working? Because you're not signed Why up for Twitter or Facebook, working? and you don't get this information. Is that www.twitter.com <laughs> or is it? Something you don't have to put the, the www in there. <laughs> Not in front of Twitter. Yeah. HTTP colon. All right. Uh, what's our Twitter game, Chipotle? Uh, Twitter game is, so we are in our new studio, and we haven't necessarily done anything. As you said, it's a soft opening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would like to know 
what we should do after the show to Chris in the new studio. Tonight. Tonight. What we should do tonight after the show. Yes, sir. Are we gang pee to- off, the, <laughs> off the balcony? <laughs> gang pee. <laughs> Will Scott be down there well, watching us the creek, huh? I'll yeah. tell you what. You know, people have asked us to do the uh, the Last Supper, uh, put all the brewcasters' faces as a painting. Wow. I'm still working on it. I'd rather Moscow get a picture of all, or somebody get a picture. So Moscow's in there, too. All of us peeing off the balcony, and then Moscow does a giant mural of all of us gang peeing <laughs> off of Studio Double D's balcony. Yeah, you know what? It'll be etched in his mind. <laughs> right. Only Bevo will yeah, be. It's not really going to work post, for me. <laughs> yeah, can Bevo... Not until we have to get her the, the pee funnel. No, the, the, the vagal. Oh, no, I'll, 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 the vagal. During the break, I'll, I'll show her the, uh, the website. Yeah. It shows women how to pee standing up. Oh, there's just a way to do it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have I have a couple of video clips you might be interested in, too. <laughs> right. Oh, what I'd give to see oh, Bevo yeah. standing out there pissing oh, with us. All it, you got to do is you techniques take the hood and... Uh, just buy the vagina funnel. The fungina, yeah. I think it's called. The fungina. <laughs> go to, looks like a yeah. beer bong. Go to fungina.com yeah. right now. It's called the drip shoot. Oh, it's, right. it's called the make it rain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. What what I got? 540? I got I got time for... You got for, time for feedback, for John, right? I'm not going to do feedback. I got to do something oh, else real quick. Dude, we haven't done feedback for a month. Oh, I'm going to do feedback today. Oh, okay, good. All right. Here, here's why. Because I got to do this. I got to do this brewforia conversation real quick. Okay. So, I, okay. I, you know, I've avoided this for a while, but uh, brewforia uh, was a sponsor for a month or so way back when, even even two months. And since then, um, uh, well, look, uh, uh, they, we no longer endorse uh, brewforia. I've gotten a lot of comments and emails. There's one in today's feedback that I, I've taken out, but basically just a bad user experience. I hear that if you live near Brewforia, it's a fantastic store, but if you do the online shipping, which is what they were sponsoring us for so that our listeners could get the beer they want, I've heard a lot of bad experiences with Brewforia. It's just a homebrew supply uh, shop? No, it's a it's a liquor store. Oh. It's an online liquor store. Yeah. Um, you know, They're also the only sponsor that ever, um, ever in the history of the BN uh, that didn't pay their bill. And, and, and I called and emailed the whole thing, and they just and that's never happened in this industry in the in the craft beer and the homebrew world. I don't even worry about that stuff. You know, people. Uh, some of our sponsors are like, "Hey, you're already running our ads. You haven't even invoiced yet." And I'm going, "It's fine. I know you're going to pay me. You always pay me. You guys are good people." Well, uh, they're the only one that never did, and and I left it off the air because look, uh, whatever happens, it's fine. But now that I'm getting what I what I realized was, you know, the 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 messages that are delivered in our show are, are they go on forever because new listeners come in and they listen to these old shows. They're not caught up to now. And and whatever else happens, um, or I don't mention that, hey, maybe you shouldn't work with this sponsor anymore. And not that I'm responsible for what our sponsors do. I think we try to work with quality companies that, that do the right thing, and I've, I've never had this problem before. I had hoped to never even have to say something like this. But I felt compelled because we got yet another email this week. And the, and the BNer who sent the email, he's like, hey, I know it's not your fault. I just kind of want you to know because I listened to your show. You guys gave this endorsement for Bruce and I want you to know my experience. And he basically outlines this two-month-long debacle where he's waiting for beer and mead that he never even got. Um, and and having the same... He's trying to communicate before he ever writes the thing to me and not even getting a response. And he's like, look, just give me my goddamn money back. You know, and it's just not happening. And So... 
I'm just saying, uh, I think that there are probably others who had good experiences, and, and like I said, I've heard good things if you live in the neighborhood, but the Brewing Network no longer officially endorses Brewforia, and you should tell your friends um, just that we don't we don't do it. So if you if you got people hey that are just listening to the BN and they say to you, oh hey, did you hear about that Brewforia? I want to go order beer from them. You might warn them that there's there's been some bad experiences, and that's all. I just felt compelled to do it uh, because. We stand by every single sponsor that's ever been on this show, and I'd hate for people to listen. It kind of—I feel like it gives me a bad name. You know, I stand up here and I say, "Go ahead and work with this company," um, and I don't want that to happen. So, I, I, the the official BN uh, endorsement is removed uh, from from Bruforia. That's all. There you go. Everybody okay? Everyone's fine. Just uh, yeah, what do you say after I'm that? on your side on that one. <laughs> yeah. Moment of silence. Right. I remember the email, and I sent it to you, and I'm like, you know, everyone has problems shipping coming from a, a company who, who's sure. been shipping for 15 years. But, um, but the side that but you I didn't don't know, know when else. you sent right. me that email is right. that I've gotten 10 of those emails right. from BN listeners. Right. And I also, I didn't even tell you guys, because it's it's not really anybody's business, how our sponsor relationship went back in the mm-hmm. day, too. So, look. They might just be a struggling company having having trouble keeping up. No, with, trying to, trying with, to find their way. So I'm not saying I, I'm not even saying that they're bad people or anything else. I'm just telling you that at this time they seem to be struggling enough, and and they struggled enough with their relationship with the BN that I don't I no longer endorse them. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Fair yeah. enough. I, I wish them luck in yeah. the future. I hope that everybody gets their money's worth and their orders and all of that. But I I remove the BN's official endorsement. That's all pretty classy i think that you didn't do it initially when they didn't pay you however long ago that was i mean most people would have yeah you know it's a small it's a small community and i didn't feel the need to look we we've made mistakes and we've gone through trouble i didn't like it i don't like not i don't like not being responded to uh, moscow you know it's happened in the past where people haven't responded to us right away and finally in the end we're like look it's been a few months you could you pay us now? Yeah. But everybody does. Yeah. They do. And I really understand the hardships of a small business. And I, I think that for the most part, people are good people. They don't mean to do this stuff. It just comes down to who's more important. And it's our listeners. Sure. It's our listeners. It's the listener. And that's what, and so when I finally got this email from you this week, JP, and our yeah. feedback, I went, okay, that's it. I can't, I can't keep doing this because I have to realize that the other message is still out there. Mm-hmm. And I've never countered my message where I said, go to this place. You should go to this place. They're great. When the knowledge I have is that they're not so great. And so I felt like I got to deal with that. And uh, anyway, there you go. Make your own decisions. But uh, that's the BN stance on this whole thing. Buyer beware. Right. All right. Let's do this. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to John Hall from Goose Island, and we'll get an update on that. I will also do feedback today. I promise. We'll do feedback, Doc. Can't Yay. do our first show and not have feedback. That's right. right. That's right. Well, you always put it at the beginning, <laughs> and then you always check it to the end. We get busy. All right. It's the yeah, session. Hang in there. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. 
More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the Home Brewed Chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months at the, to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines, so I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients in the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way.
session. Brewing up our next batch of radio gold. Right now. All right, welcome back to the program, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us. We're live from uh, Studio Double D uh, for the first time ever on here on the session and having mistakes happen as we go. Uh, stupid things. But we're here to party and have a good time, and we're happy to welcome uh, back. Uh, you know, he was on the show with us uh, a while back, uh, I guess more than a year ago now, right? Um, and uh, John Hall, he's the CEO of uh, Goose Island Beer Company. John, you with us? I am. Hey, John, thanks for coming back on with us, man. Good to talk to you. Nice to talk to you, Scott. Uh, now, it's been, this is Justin, we got Scott here, we got JP, we got a whole studio full of people, as always, and um, now let me say this, as a, uh, let me just point this out, too, uh, since their last appearance on the show, since John was on the show about a year ago, uh, the Brewing Network got put on the Goose Island media list, which means when they do uh, beer releases, um, the Brewing Network gets sent their, their new beer. Nice. And I haven't shared any of it with you good people. Um, what a jerk. Yeah, thanks. But I've wow. gotten some really good Goose Island beer over the you last That's year. amazing what we can do over time. <laughs> you see that, John? <laughs> and you've sent me all this great beer. I haven't shared a drop of it with my staff. I think that's probably wrong. Some I think you sound like you're like Doc now. We expect that. It's yeah. only wrong that you told us because now we know you're a jerk. <laughs> all right. Huh. Actually, though, some of it is some good aging beer, some different bourbon barrel stuff, and I actually have it in my cellar. I'm, I'm embellishing a little bit. I've been aging a little bit for for you guys. Uh, so, John, yeah, that's a good thing to do because I think over time they they probably improve. Exactly, and that's what I thought too. That's my excuse anyway that I've saved a couple of them. Uh, how have things been going over the uh, with your new partners over the last year, John? How do you feel about your? Company? Uh, they've been busy. They've been busy, but uh, we've had a very good. Uh, I think it's 15 months now. Uh, it was May 1st, so we're starting on our 15th. And are, have you been heavily involved in the company over the last year, as always? Oh, very, 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 very. Uh, more. I've been busier in the last uh, year plus than I've been in quite some time for a lot of reasons. One is uh, my son Greg, as I think everybody knows, is no longer with us, and he did a, he did a lot of the things that... Uh, uh, face of the company and being out there and uh, seeing the organization and things like that, but um, I'm kind of back in that position again. I see. Now he was the brewmaster as well, right? He was. Uh, he was more than that. He was. Uh, we called him the chief beer officer. He was Got involved it. in everything beer, and he was very involved in our marketing as well. Okay. Now, of course, you know that that question is on our listeners' mind. They saw that very shortly after the merger that that he left the company, and I'd be remiss if I didn't ask uh, if that had something to do with him not, you know, not liking the merger, or if, if it was just his time to move on. Not, not at all. Uh, in fact, uh, before uh, we agreed to even talk to Anheuser Bush, uh, obviously I talked to Greg, but I talked to a couple other of my key people, and mm-hmm. everybody agreed that. Uh, made all the sense to try and do it, and we put some conditions together. And uh, Greg informed me, I'd say probably about six weeks before we were set to close, that he wasn't uh, going to go along and stay with the company. And I was, I was really quite surprised. And but as he explained it to me, uh, he 
is doing exactly what I did uh, when I started Goose Island, uh, going against their father's wishes a little bit and thinking, <laughs> why would you do that? But he wants to start his own uh, business, and uh, I'm thrilled that he, you know, once I really figured it out, how can I not be? Sure. So will we see Greg in the beer world uh, coming down the road here? Uh, he is, uh, he's insider. Insider? He's insider. Oh. <laughs> Love it. Uh, well, he is, uh, he's a consultant for Goose Island, continues to be a consultant, and comes in and meets with uh, myself and some of our other uh, our marketing and our Brett Porter, our brewer. So we all stay together on the whole thing, and we value his input. How long has he been insider? Uh, he, yeah, he started, uh, he started uh, uh, last fall, and in fact he's got wow. some, some product in the market here in Chicago. It's called Virtue Cider. It's absolutely terrific. Fantastic. That's good to hear. And, you know, I worry, too, that could be tough on a family, you know, leaving the company and things like that. So it's nice to hear yeah. that you guys are, are still working together. It's good to hear family-run businesses, or at least families working together still. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially in this day and age. Yeah. Now, uh, Moscow, what beer do we have here from Goose Island? Uh, John, you might remember, and if we can get me some here. Um, get me some. Passing around the Sophie right now. We got, uh, I think, four different styles. Um, I mean, Doc drank the yeah, other three. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just got one bottle of that? Uh, I got two, and I got another one. Let me see that bottle. There. It's only really 12 ounces, so there's like 10 of us here. John, you might remember at the, you know, at the last interview, um, I was really, I was happy for you as an entrepreneur and, and for this opportunity happening. And I think you and I both agreed that the proof is in the pudding. And we said, why don't we taste a beer that, that's over time? Exactly what it is. Yes. Thank you. So, uh, we wanted to do that with you. I, I'm quite happy that you'd come on board with us too. Uh, now, Doc, you already opened the Matilda, uh, which is a, which is a Brett beer. <laughs> Tell us how that tasted for you. <laughs> but you were happy with it, right? Oh, immensely. Really? I was, I was going to pull another one, but. I figured I'd save it for you guys. You thought we, we might riot? Yeah. Oh, well, the Sophie's as good as it ever was, isn't it's it? Oh, yeah. Tasty, yeah. Sophie's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. Well, now, nothing's really changed in the brew house anyway, has it? Uh, other than that we're making more beer. We're making more beer, and we're continuing to uh, innovate uh, and uh, come up with things. We uh, were uh, hoping to uh, do a purchase order very quickly for four new... Uh, 400 barrel uh, Matilda fermenters. Oh, beautiful! That will wow. be in by the first of next year. Okay. Uh, we're also uh, uh, we're going to install a new packaging line, uh, 750 milliliter uh, packaging line for uh, all of our vintage ales, uh, which should be again close to first of the year. Got it. Okay. How, is, how have you been able to make more beer so far? Did you already add more fermenters throughout the year or just more shifts? Well, we added, we added more, but uh, uh, we are utilizing, uh, you know, we've made uh, honkers at uh, Red Hooks Brewery in Portsmouth, New Hampshire for a year and a half and an IPA. And then uh, in the fall of last year, uh, Anheuser Busch's Brewery in Baldwinsville, New York, got qualified to make three one two, and they're making all of our three one two now. I see. Uh, how how so does that frees up capacity here in Chicago? Now, see, that's the point of taking on resources like this. I think not only capital to invest in new products, but if you can actually go to one of these larger breweries. When you say they became qualified to do the three one two, what does that mean? What is that process? 
Well, uh, our brewers went out there. Our brewers came here. Uh, we gave them the formula and took them a while to uh, to replicate it, as I think most people know that it's not easy to uh, make the same beer in a different brewery. Yeah. And then uh, when you're talking about the scale they have, they've got a much bigger brew uh, uh, house. Sure. And everything. So that, that makes a big difference. They've got a big lab, too. Right. That's yeah. Dial they, it they, in. They do have. You are. You are exactly right. They've. Uh, they've got a lot of technical resources that have helped us. Mm. Now I'm thinking, if I'm one of these brewers at Anheuser Busch, yeah, I'm stoked that I'm getting to brew something different. The Goose Island comes in. Do For you sure? Do you find that the brewers are excited to work on your your they're projects? Very, they're very excited. And they're you know. I mean, they're very skilled brewers. Uh, you know, and uh, how can you? Uh, uh, say they're not skilled when sure. they make Budweiser, you know, with any flaw in the world or Bud Light, any flaw would jump out and hit you in the nose. Oh, right. Yeah. And, yeah. and on, a, on a huge scale. Sure. Begin That's right. With. And I think most of us in the craft beer and, and homebrew world certainly don't knock them as brewers. In fact, we do say the opposite. opposite. We say these are some world-class brewers. We just yeah. think they might be a little bored sometimes. That's, That's true. Well, and you can kind of tell how long a person's been in, into craft beer by the way they feel about about larger beers like that totally. you know where you come in oh it's all crap well no why don't you you know you think about it and the more you learn about beer and sure. actually how it's made and and and, right. and the care that it that it takes and the and the knowledge yeah and the science and behind it so once they once they dial in 312 and in fact uh we just got ipa qualified uh at baldwinsville and once then that took a while because they're not you know they're not used to putting all the hops in the beer <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, right. But they have, and uh, quite frankly, when they can make it to that mark better than we can, it's because they've got better equipment and they've got better ways of monitoring everything. Right? How funny that that phone call must be from from their brewers to your brewers, though. Are you sure you want us to put that many hops in the? Uh, <laughs> well, just, I'm just double checking. There's an yeah. extra digit here. I don't know what happened. Well, like you said, like they're they're trained to do it. I mean, that's how what they yeah. learned in brew school. But you don't use it in practice yeah. right because you're making the same kind of the same beers right but when the first three truckloads of hops came in i thought they were done <laughs> right <laughs> now now john let me now they're not going to touch any of your britannomyces beers though are they that no yeah that, that'd be crazy and now he's got more capacity uh, for him, too. Foolish. Yeah, i think uh that would uh, scare them to death. <laughs> and you don't want to do that. It's a good relationship so far. Let's not yeah. screw it up. <laughs> well, how would but, uh, bread on, uh, Bud on Brett do? Mm. Mm. Could turn into a fantastic beer. That could be something uh, special. Okay. Now, let me ask That's you this. Uh, we talked about it in the beginning, too. Obviously, Anheuser-Busch has a distribution network that you can't, that just, you can't compare with it. No. So how has that uh, helped? Have you guys expanded into new markets? Well, we have. We have. Uh, the first of the year, we went into uh, uh, New England states. Uh, we were. We had. We had a limited presence. We were in New York. We've been in New York State for quite some time, centering really on on New York City. And we'd been in Boston about a year or so, uh, and in Washington D.C. maybe a year or so, principally with uh, our vintage. Beers, but uh, we've got the whole portfolio from Washington D.C. up to uh, Maine now. Beautiful, love it. This Sophie is still fantastic. It's pretty tasty. I like yeah, this beer. Belgian beer for sure. Is that still Matilda in your glass, Doc? <laughs> no, 
Oh. Yeah, well, that, that went really fast. I you think he would savor that? Dude? I want to try the Matilda. Oh, we have more. Oh, let me try that. Although one. there's there's two yeah. in there. Started okay. over although, here. Although there almost go. wasn't two in there. I want to try that beer it, too. It, now I said it was, it was Brettastic. It was, huh? Yeah. yeah Doc learned restraint tonight. Yay! Now these bourbon projects you guys have been working on too. I think I've gotten three or four different bottles from you this year, John. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we. Uh, we brought our uh, Bourbon County Stout out this year, okay. and uh, we didn't make uh, as much as we had in the past just because 2011 was a very difficult year for us. We grew faster than we anticipated, and we just didn't have uh, capacity, and uh, uh, so we didn't make as much Bourbon County Stout as we had the prior year, and everybody was looking for probably a little bit more, so we struggled a little bit with that. Got it. I oh, know. I was looking for more. Well, those are the ones I'm aging for you guys. Oh, so I, I still have beer. them. I nice. love that beer. It's a good beer. And I am happy to report, uh, you know, uh, providing everything uh, uh, goes well. And, uh, you know, uh, not unlike wine a little bit, if we don't, we don't approve it until it's ready. And sometimes, depending on what the weather is and everything, it takes a little bit longer uh, to make bourbon county stuff. But we're counting on having more than twice as much as we've ever made before available next year. Beautiful. Or this year. I like that. I, I, I like think that, that was probably one of the first over-the-top the stouts that I had. Was it? Doc, you don't get any more. Fight <laughs> me. You take more anyway. Now, John, what about the what about the decision-making process when you're talking about putting out more Bourbon County Stout and, and putting in more fermenters and things like that? Have your board meetings changed significantly now that you have a partner? Uh... Yes, uh, we're. I mean, we've always done we've always done planning and everything like that. We have a little bit more structure to everything, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, we uh, we keep uh, our uh, our management committees, what we call them, that uh, are uh, basically in St. Louis, apprised of what we're doing. And uh, uh, so far, everything you know, if we needed anything, we've been able to get it because uh, business has been good. They've been very supportive. Well, so that makes sense. I mean, and why would they go into business if they didn't expect good numbers like this? So it's probably easier than I'm even thinking to go. Hey, guys, you got into this company to help us out. We need more fermenters. Let's do this. They're probably pretty receptive. You know, to that. Sometimes it's a little bit longer conversation than that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Maybe not quite that simple. But, but I would imagine they have a much longer term view of things that they can. Uh, you know, capital's not an issue, so they can look at an item and say, yeah, we can, we can, we can purchase that because it'll pay off in right. seven, eight years kind of thing. Sure. They just want to make sure that we have a, you know, a good, consistent plan, but that's what we've tried to have all along. So. Yeah, it's not different. Now, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, r- running this company and as it grows, there are things that I suck at, that I have not learned uh, about doing business and, and different things. Uh, and I bet that the amount of knowledge that you've gained, John, now you've been in it, uh, obviously, a lot longer than I have, but... A, B, even longer than that. Um, so you're probably gaining a lot of insight that you didn't have before, too, about the marketplace. That's true. Oh. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I think every craft brewer is, as the industry matures, uh, we're learning a lot of different aspects other than just beer that uh, we have to be very good at mm. to be successful. Right. Mm. Yeah, you know, one of our hosts who does some other shows for us, Jamil Zanishev, came in here. He's doing some Bruce Strong shows here on Friday, guys. And he was talking about going pro. And the one thing that I that stuck out to me when he was talking about it was he said, you know, you homebrewers who want to get into the, the professional beer business, um, you still think it's about making beer. 
you're going into the business of selling beer. You're no longer going into the business of making beer. Now, obviously, beer has to be made and has to be good. But he's saying, as an owner, you're going into the business of selling beer. This is different than what you've been doing your whole life, and you better learn how to do that if you want to be successful. I I had that conversation at uh, NHC with somebody about uh, Jamil, and he's not brewing as much as he's looking at spreadsheets. Right. And it was the whole thing. Yeah. Now, his beer has his fingerprints all over it. Oh, sure. And it has to. But he is now in the business of selling beer. And, and right. now, John, I, I'm just assuming that, that that's some insight to be gained as well from a company like AB when you work with them. Uh, for sure. There, I mean, there's just all kinds of things that uh, we look at on a lot more uh, detailed basis. Right. Now, now, more importantly, John, when do you just get to retire and sit on a yacht somewhere? <laughs> on several yachts. Is that yeah, coming I soon? I mean, you know, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, why, would, <laughs> why would anybody not like to do this? I, I, mean, I see what you're you preaching mean. preaching to the choir here. Yeah, but, <laughs> but still, I'm kind of lazy, man. I'm, I'm, I'm like, hey, we've done well. I've got my mark on Goose Island. When, when do you get out of here and just go enjoy life more? I don't know. You don't want to well, get... I've got a very, I've got a very good uh, group of people that I work with, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll dial down. I'll <laughs> dial down. You're just not ready yet. But, but, I, but, but why would I want not to be involved? Yeah, you're well, right. You, you could, you great... could be involved remotely from your yacht, <laughs> right? Yeah. Get an iPad or ten, and you're good. Yeah, just man. be involved remotely. I was, I was telling Mitch Steele the other night uh, back in Seattle that it's just a great time. To be in the craft beer world. Yeah. It's like, oh, you hear the saying, like, may you live in interesting times. If you're into beer, this is just a tremendous time. Yeah. Well, imagine. in the history of the world. This is the best time in the world to be in the beer business. Absolutely. In the yep. history of the world. And, and, you know, it's been around for thousands of years. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, this is the There's gold- more innovation going on. There's yeah. there's more people interested in good beer. And uh, there's more people available to make good beer. Yeah. No, no I would have rather been in on the uh, making ice beers, you know, the Natty Ice and stuff. That was that your renaissance. Been, yeah, like that would have been rad to be on the team that developed the Natty Ice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's you all know. about the internet. That's the whole thing. Internet's changing everything. Has changed everything. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, John, the beer is fantastic. I'm I'm happy to taste it. Um, what about what about locally? I know that you heard some of the backlash and people saying, "Well, there's my local, and now they're not my local anymore." Have you found people? Uh, well, we're still. I mean, no, I mean, uh, I can't. Uh, I can't control how people feel. Of course, it's all about the beer, and we're still involved in what we've always been involved in. In uh, in the Chicago community, we support the same organizations we've supported. We've hired more people than we've had before. So, uh, uh, you know, we're we're pretty much the same company we've been in the past. We yeah. do have a different owner, but uh, we're doing you know what we did in the past a little bit better. Sure. Well, more jobs. That's an important thing to point out too. Being able, you know, if you're making more beer, you get to hire more and, people. And we've invested more in Chicago and. Uh, you know, in the next couple of years, I would expect us to invest even more. Sure. Well, good. That's what I wanted to hear. That's yeah. what I was hoping. I don't want to hear these naysayers anymore. I want to hear them <laughs> say, "Hey, my Goose Island is still my Goose Island." Yeah. Well, everyone's going to harp on, uh, you know, harp on a winner. You know what I mean? Get a little bit of that. That's why everyone makes fun of me because <laughs> they're such a winner. I'm a winner, baby. Hey. Well, Doc was right about this, Matilda. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's Brett Bliss. Oh, what's that, Pierre Jacques? Pere Jacques. Jacques. That that is the double. Oh, I need another glass. I don't want to chug him. I don't. I want. Why not, Doc? Did I want to savor my Matilda? <laughs> hey, I had a whole beer. Yeah, I know. Still chugged. 
I laughed in your face. Oh, that's a good... Who's developing uh, these beers for you now uh, that Greg's gone, John? Well, we oh, have uh, we have a, a great uh, brewing staff headed by Brett Porter, uh, you know, who was at Deschutes prior to being here. And uh, then we've got a great group. We've got John Laffler, who's... Uh, Who's kind of our uh, head blender? Okay, that uh, you know takes everything out of the barrel and, and brings it together. But we've got uh, we got a group of innovation team that works on different things, and uh, we have uh, we called our Fulton Woods series that we do uh, every two months. We do uh, hundred barrels of uh, of a, a beer that the brewers come up with, and there's really no limits on. Uh, uh, on what they do, we did a uh, a Hellas. Uh, first time we ever used whole hops. We got some whole hops from Germany and made a Hellas. Nice, absolutely fantastic. I'm a big fan of that style of beer. I think a good Hellas mm-hmm. is a, could, absolutely. I think it could be such a big beer in America. A hell, a good Hellas, mm-hmm. but nobody's really just done it yet. Just made that the style yet, right? You know? Which is weird because you've been saying that for a while. Yeah, people don't listen. I don't Maybe understand. you need to start that. John's listening. He's making it. He's listening. <laughs> bit, yeah. I am listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what's uh, the, what's the AB, ABV on the Hellas? Uh, I think it was probably five, five somewhere in there ish. Oh. Big, a bigger one. Yeah. No, that's about right. right. about right. Yeah. yeah. Around. around five. Mm-hmm. If it's Flat. a real German Hellas, yeah. Right yeah, on five. I like that. Uh, now, I I'm got a, a question from one of our listeners in the chat room wondering if anything's changed at any of your brew pubs, if, if that model has changed at all. No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Uh, got to get the Cubs winning some ball games to get more people. <laughs> <laughs> that might help. <laughs> Good luck with all that. Well, you, yeah. got the, you got the Blackhawks doing some stuff. You know, you're all right. Yeah. Uh, here's a question from the chat. I think the it's two-part question. Um, I think the first part you've already answered, uh, but I'll ask it anyway. Two-part question. Um, would you make the same... Oh, uh, now that it's a year later, would you make the same decision today to sell to AB? And the second part is, would you have done anything differently? Uh, the first, without a doubt, I'd do the same thing. So yeah. it, it worked out. I figure... Couldn't have worked out any better, really. I agree. From from my perspective, and I think the perspective of the company, and you know, uh, uh, I think uh, you talk to the employees, and I think they'd feel that way too. Mm-hmm. Uh, would I do anything differently? Uh, I think obviously there's some things that you learn over time, and uh, but no, I'm, I couldn't be more pleased how things have worked out. Oh, that's great to hear. Good, good yeah. news. You know, yeah. I've never been to Chicago. But I think Goose Island will be my first stop if I if I go in there. I gotta you go. need to come visit. Yeah, I gotta go check it out. Have some Bourbon County fresh yeah. in the barrel. Yeah, Nate, do you have a question? For yeah, John? I have a question for John. You mentioned earlier, John, seven hundred fifty milliliter bottles coming soon, and some special releases uh, in those bottles. Can you give us a hint about some of the things we might expect there? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, we're going to continue to do the variations of Bourbon County Stout. Uh, we've got uh, we've got several different innovations that we're working on uh, in our uh, in our fruit flavored barrel aged beers. Uh, I can't really tell you exactly what we're going to bring out. Uh, we take different things to different festivals, and we've got. Uh, so we, I can't tell you really what we're going to be doing in 2013, but we will bring something out. This year we're coming out with uh, 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 strawberry, uh, 
Faison uh, uh, called Jillian. Should be out in the mm. fall. Very nice. Nice. Sounds good. Another question about the 750s, John. Uh, is that how, how are those capped? Is it capped and corked or caged? Or what's, what's the deal? Uh, it's going to be a crown. crown. We looked at that, uh, mm-hmm. and um, everything that we saw is the crown is a better, uh, yeah, better for the product. Uh, we'll put a sleeve over it so it'll look real oh, nice. nice. But mm-hmm. cool. We'll look for that. You know, you know what's interesting about the Goose Island, uh, um, for lack of a better term, I'll call them specialty beers, but beers like mm-hmm. this Pear Jacques and the Matilda oh, and things like that. Yeah. You know, most breweries of your size, John, have been putting these out in larger bottles. But you guys have always stuck to the the twelve ounce bottle. For I, I have gotten a couple of your seven fifties in the in the Bourbon County, but yeah. uh-huh. but for the most part, you've been doing the twelve ounce bottle. Is was that a decision uh, for beer quality all these years, or because I don't see a lot of well, big bottles we, out of you we guys? We thought that it probably uh, was the best way to reach more people to start with, yeah. and. Uh, Obviously, it costs more to put them out in in four packs than it does in in a uh, one large bottle. Right. I thought they were. Uh, you know, you've got to be. Uh, you know, you got to be pretty sure of yourself because you're going to make an investment in the whole thing. <laughs> right. So. But in the, I guess what I mean to say too is in the example of the Matilda. I really like that it's four 12-ounce bottles when I get it. I enjoy it that way because you can kind of you can open one by yourself. You don't have to wait for your six friends to come over, and you can finish one. Right, Doc? Yeah, and, big uh, and <laughs> Real fast. So yeah. I do. I actually find it to be kind of unique, and I and I like it when I buy Goose Island beer, that even their specialty beers, I can get a bunch of small bottles. You know, and, and I had a conversation with, uh, with Jamil, actually, about his worry. That we cork and corked and caged, and uh, he was like, "People want to corked and cage. That's how they know it's special." And I said, "I t- completely disagree." Oh, look at Goose Island beers. Ah, good point. Yeah, they're completely special. People fall all over themselves to get them. They're fantastic beers, yeah. and they're capped. I think you can make that special look. Just you can tell by looking at the Goose Island labels it's, that they're special. I was just gonna say the yeah. label makes them look fancy. It's a it's classy clean. looking beer already. You know what it is? It's like the uh, uh, the business card scene in American Psycho. Yep. Where it's totally. just, it's like classic, clean, and they're all like fawning over the different colors of the white, and this is a bone white versus an eggshell in the font, because yeah. all that stuff makes a difference. It's right. A, it's super classy. It's also a textured label, like it's ribbed almost. Right. It's for your pleasure, though. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, John, we're just gushing over your beer, man. Yeah. It's good stuff. Which is why, I mean, but that was the whole point of this, right? Is yeah. That was what we said a year and a half ago, or a year sure. or three months ago, was it's good. And we got a lot of, or at least I did. I know you did too, Jay. Yeah. Feedback from people like, no, it's not just about the beer. It's about the local this, and it's there was a lot of, right. it's not just the beer, but I, I don't know. I I'm agree. with John on this. He's given more back to the community. He's got more jobs. The beer's just as good, and they're producing more of it, so uh, I'll say it like I said in the first interview. I'm you know, s- and that's not, that's not to say that local, you know, anybody else isn't too, but we're local too. Yeah. You're right. That's right. Uh, by the way, AB, if you'd like to buy the Brewing Network, it is totally for sale right How much? now. What's your price? Twenty dollars. No, <laughs> it's got to be like two mil. I would get half of that at least, and we'll throw in some free glassware. Yes, yeah, I got a lot of free festival. We'll get some tasty swag. The limited edition, dated version of the summer festival. Right. And wasn't AB local at one point too? All big businesses were local at one sure. point, right. and they were just successful. Yep. I don't understand why people have such an aversion. Well, to it's success. not very punk rock to be successful. That's right. And everyone's a sellout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's true. 
All right, listen, John Just look Hall, at Henry Rollins. I want you to go relax and enjoy yourself. So thank you for being with us once again. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. And uh, hey, good to talk to you, and uh, hope to see you in Chicago. I'll I'll mm-hmm. bug you when I'm on my way. I want to come see the brewery. Let's do it. And the, the beer is okay. wonderful. Keep up the good work. And keep sending it to us. <laughs> <laughs> to Justin. Thank you, John. Thank you. All right, buddy. Bye right. now. Bye. There you go. John Hall from Goose Island. And look at it. If you sounds don't like, like that guy, there's something wrong with you. Sounds like he's really stoked about how things are going, which is great. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's what we thought all along. Yeah. So. The beer, uh, I, don't, I don't care. I only care about the beer. I s- about the beer and the beer me. is good. <laughs> I swear the, the like Matilda and stuff were in like 650s or 750s at one point, and then they moved to the 12-ounce format. You know, it, yeah, I would have got a lot of four pack for me. Yeah, yeah. seven fifty. I haven't been a Goose Island fan for that long, so yeah. you might be right. But yeah. for as, for the couple of years that I've been drinking it, I think I probably was uh, I've only been drinking a couple of years before they got bought. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always found it in the small bottles. Yeah, and I really and I meant it. I like it that way. I think it's kind of cool to buy the four pack. I think it's uh, I, th- I think it's great. I think uh, the seven fifties aren't always the the way to go to showcase your big beers. Right. You know, not like these are our giant beers. Well, the Pear Jog is, but uh, that's a good beer. It's pretty tasty. I like that. <laughs> what did he say it was? That's like their doppel. That's the double. Yeah, double. Yeah. Double. Got a quick story about Goose Island. Nicole and and Ray Daniels went to visit them a couple of months ago. Yeah, and uh, she was on a trip to Chicago, and they were moving barrels around that were used for Bourbon County Stout on a forklift. And a couple of barrels fell off the forklift while they were there and had broken into pieces. Oh. And she brought home, like, these huge barrel staves that had broken from the Goose Island Bourbon County Stout Barrel. It's just oh, wow. This huge char on the inside. It's, like, yeah. flaky. It smells amazing. It's, like, this coconut stuff. It's really cool. How do you know your boyfriend's a beer nerd? You, you get pieces he of a freaking barrel. <laughs> he gets brought home <laughs> yeah. barrel staves. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Yeah. Did you mount it on your wall? TSA. No, I think it will at some point. It's kind of yeah. laying yeah. in a corner He'll right now. use it as a strap-on at some yeah. point. How... how <laughs> That's a good question from Josh. How did she get on the airplane with it? It's yes. a weapon. Put it in your bag? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it, she lied to it. No, I think she actually was sent it home. She uh, didn't bring it home on the airplane. Yeah. Right. She, she often travels with wood. <laughs> now we're going to be doing some NHC National Hopers Conference recaps later on with Nate, and uh, you know one of the discussions I sat in on was Nicole's. Uh, yeah, Nicole did a kind of a sensory learn learn how yes. to uh, yeah. analyze, and I was lucky enough to get to introduce her, so I sat there for most of the of the discussion. You did a beautiful intro. That was great. Well, she's great. What'd you say? And I like her. I said, uh, I don't know. She wrote the whole thing. No. She's very controlling. And, uh, <laughs> you know. It's all good stuff. If I you guys hope she's listening. Up. She's going to call and correct you she's about very, that. Yeah, very, I told Nicole to give this talk facing away from you so you can all look at her butt. I was like, hello, my name is Justin <laughs> Crosley. Nicole Ernie is the first master Cicerone woman with a vagina ever. She's wonderful. Praise it. Know her, love her. Uh, she's wonderful. No, I'm you not will autistic. Learn stuff. Justin sucks. Nicole is great. And it was like that. That was the whole. She, yeah, I think one of the key things about her talk that I really liked. She was convincing the audience that you can build brain cells by drinking beer right i'm not going to forget that (laughs) which always which probably made everyone go uh and then lose a couple (laughs) right exactly i can get smart it was a fantastic point she made she said listen the common knowledge tells us the thing that you've been told your whole life is that you know you're born and you have all these brain cells and then you spend your life getting rid of them Right. right right but she said 
we now know that that's not true. Uh, that brain cells come and they go, and they come and they go. And that if you spend time, you know, that when you knowledge in essence is making connections, neural connections, exactly. and things yeah. like that. And by actually exercising your brain when you're tasting beer rather than just the beer, but you, you, you think you if you make connections to to what what the, uh, what what it's reminding you of, what childhood memories oh, you have, what uh, foods you can think of when you're doing that practice. You're actually building neural connections yeah. and potentially growing brain cells. Exactly. If you Nicole know. was alive in the 30s, she would yeah. have given Joseph Goebbels a run for his money. <laughs> People would be like, I like her. She's good. She talks good. She talks good. <laughs> she talks perfect. And that you have to do this with people in the room and discuss what you're tasting and everything. So I think I'm, I'm getting smarter every time I go to the right. Sunday session. Now that's kind of what I'm concluding. I think that's, that's what I took away too, Nick. Right. Uh, because aside oh. from the Sunday session, I am far too lazy to take any of Nicole's advice. But it right. was all very sound advice about becoming a better drinker. Yes. Uh, oh, taster. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> taster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're not following the script. <laughs> now, if you're an AHA member, and you should be an AHA member, it's right. easy to do. If you hit the AHA logo right on our homepage, uh, it's always there, bottom right. Uh, there's also rotating banners. You can sign up through the BN, and we get a little piece of it. But aside from that, you should be a member anyway. One of the many benefits is for the first time, all of the NHC discussions are available to members in the member-only section of the AHA website. Very cool. Uh, so, look... It costs you thirty eight bucks a year, um, less if you sign up for like a lifetime membership and or a multi year. Ma- and you get yeah. the magazine, which uh, just a subscription to any magazine is going to be that. It's going to be oh, at least that yeah. subscription. Yeah, and uh, you get so much out of it. Uh, pub discount program. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't go to the national conference unless you're a member. That's true. Uh, there's the members only session of the Great American Beer Festival. That's an insider yeah. deal. Uh, oh, that's way worth it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Insider. I don't, I don't have to convince you that it pays for itself. We're terrible with that. I'm just pointing out once more that now there's an added benefit if you can't make it to nhc and not all of us could all of the talks will be available on the aha website to members you get to see awesome. is there video or just audio uh just video i uh, sorry just audio just audio, just audio yeah. as far as i'm yeah, but you, as won't, I know. you won't be able to see nicole looking over the podium no you won't yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Was you're not going to get to look at her rear end you're not going to see Whoa. her looking over the podium you get, just listen to her talk that's all i have get. a few pictures of that yeah. email me <laughs> email jp really uh no. yes Beaver, yeah, he's got more than the few i'd like pictures. to see those <laughs> Nate's like, I hardly ever get to look at her rear end either. Right. She's too busy all the oh, time. 35,000 million miles ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Sorry, Bebo. Nate, leave me alone. I'm busy. How come she sounds like a tranny now? <laughs> Nate, leave me alone. I'm very busy. I'm working here. I'm a master Cicerone. I forget where she is half the time. I'll give her a call. I'll be like, hey, are you at home? Uh, do we have such a... No, I'm in Boston, actually, Nate. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. Sorry, I, I forgot. Nate, I've been gone for four days. Oh. oh. Nate, I've actually moved <laughs> out. Hardly missed you. Yeah. yeah. I found a guy in Brazil. We're right. eating cocoa leaves and getting wasted on the beach. What do you want? <laughs> Nate's like, Nate's too nice. Oh. He's like... Oh, okay. Oh. Well, have a good time. Whatever makes you happy. Bring me home some leaves. <laughs> you, you left some laundry here. You yeah. want me to fold it for you? Or what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. You have just, no idea, JP. <laughs> Nate just cries inside. He's, <laughs> so, well, it's not metal hey, to cry outside. Who's taking uh, care of the car, boys? <laughs> I got two beers in front of me for a reason. <laughs> Put up with us. All right, let's do this. Let's take a break. When we come back, it's it's uh, time to talk to our Ninkasi winner, right? Let's do feedback first. We'll do feedback, yeah. and then we'll do Ninkasi winning, and then we'll uh, wrap up the NHC with Nate Smith. It's the session. Uh, thanks to John from Goose Island, and we'll be right back. Hang in there.
listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Fairbrother started moonlighting. He had no idea how quickly his dream was going to grow. Having homebrewed for 15 years, Michael decided to go pro, but not with beer. While attending his homebrew club meetings, he saw ladies knocking their men out of the way to try his mead. Moonlight Meadery is now two years old and can produce 200,000 bottles a year. It's the first New Hampshire winery to ever distribute to California and Australia. In fact, you can find Moonlight Meadery Meads in Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maine, Rhode Island, Vermont, and New Hampshire. And they ship direct to 17 states. They produce 56 different varieties of mead and are unlike anything you've ever seen on the market. Michael Fairbrother at Moonlight Meadery is a real success story that can make the BN Army proud. Visit Moonlight Meadery in Londonderry, New Hampshire or online at MoonlightMeadery.com. Seven short minutes off California State Route 101, there lies a secret oasis for all craft beer lovers. It's relax, grilling, and chilling, bro! Relax, grilling, and chilling in Hollister, California is a craft beer lover's dream come true. Not like a creepy JP dream? Like a normal craft beer lover's dream. 30 taps pouring your favorite craft beer. Visit Relax Grilling and Chilling on Facebook to see the most up-to-date beers and what's on the grill. And let us grill so you can chill. Angus burgers, filet mignon and ribeye steaks, dogs and sandwiches and more. Great food, great beer in a place where you can kick back and relax. Tuesdays are brewery nights. Come in to celebrate and you're not limited to enjoying your favorite brew at the restaurant. Relax Grilling and Chillin' has beer to go. Relax Grilling and Chillin'. Let them grill so you can chill. Have you ever dreamed of taking a beer tour through Belgium or Germany, but weren't sure how to even start? Or were afraid of missing the best places and events? Or maybe you just wish you had a local insider to take you around? Well, there's only one American tour company featured in the Good Beer Guide to Belgium, Belgian Beer Me. Your personal beer tour guide of Belgium and Germany is ready to go at BelgianBeerMe.com and at BambergBeerMe.com. Founder Stu Stewart personally leads eight tours a year to Belgium and Germany, visiting the finest breweries, beer cafes, abbeys, and festivals. Don't buy beer stuff. Buy a beer experience, birthday presents, stocking stuffers, and the best honeymoon ever. Couples or individuals love Belgian Beer Me beer tours. Your life is now. Sign up for a beer tour today at Belgian Beer Me or BambergBeerMe.com because all that beer is not going to drink itself. into the city. It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. <sighs> I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store has been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... 
Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> oh, 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 it can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. Some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes the Brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but the cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. What's funny is Bruce will say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. beer, (laughs) The home of live beer radio. Thebrewingnetwork.com. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. we've been off air for too long how's that how's that i actually start to hate my job oh i become a miserable dick and then i get back on the air and i'm like oh this is why we do this bullshit it's much better yeah because if you ain't on stage right this is you not being a miserable dick (laughs) yeah you believe that you should see me as a miserable dick i like this part better (laughs) i kind of want to still miserable miserable. dick (laughs) it is miserable oh i have a beer open already all right. Hey, go check out beersmith.com. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's the recipe software that you should be using, the recipe building software. And there's a couple different components of it you might not know. There's also now a beersmithrecipes.com where people can go and share recipes. But you can also, uh, you get a, if you become a member of the Beersmith situation, you can have your own uh, uh, folder. It's a cloud folder. And you put your recipe in the cloud oh, really? folder. And then it's available across multiple machines. Like you can do it on your laptop and your desktop. And I don't wow. know about you guys, but I'm big into the cloud uh, storage nowadays and when we get busy at the bn and we're, we're doing a lot of travel if stuff's not in my dropbox folder if i can't access it on every device i have 
I screw up. I don't commercials don't get played, shows don't happen. And so being able to do it with your beer recipes is pretty rad too. Maybe you're on a flight and you want to just go check out your recipe and work on it a little bit. Beersmithrecipes.com allows you to work on it on uh, multiple devices. Uh, the new site's integrated with Beersmith itself via simple cloud folder. Recipes stored in the folder will appear online instantly. And uh, you can publish any of these recipes uh, to Beersmith Recipes uh, just by making it public. So you can keep it private, you know, for yourself, yeah. which is what I would do with all my recipes, of course. Uh, but As you should. But the one day <laughs> that I made a fantastic recipe, oh, you bet your ass I'll hit the public button and, and make it available to everybody. Yeah, shoot that right out there. All you don't want to try to... I can't wait for that. You don't try to sell it to a craft brewery? No. My pale ale is the best. Justin's pale ale. Wow, that looks a lot like pale 31. Yeah. What the fuck it's really odd. Oh, you're like, I don't know yeah, what you're but talking shittier. about. A uh, pale what? I never heard of it. It's pale, pale 29. What is this pale 31 you're talking about? Sticking that pale 31. Why am I not drinking some of that? Do we drink drink that all know. up? Or? You have to answer yourself. Mine? My yeah. clone? Do you drink that all that? It's uh, sitting no, in a no. keg downstairs. Seattle? No, there's a keg still at my house that I haven't tasted. Uh, let's be honest. The one in Seattle wasn't very good. I'm really no. hoping that the one in my kegerator is a little better. I don't know if it was a beer problem or a... Or a Shipping uh, or Justin yeah. problem. Or ju- yeah. <laughs> well, if it's a Justin problem, then keg 2 is not going to be any better. What I'm learning about... about Beer is that people just think amp, like subpar is fine. Right. I was actually having a conversation with uh, drinks friend, pretty Ma- good. JP Matt Staley, yeah, who is a national judge, and we're talking about how he thinks people score beers too too low, like on purpose. They should be scored a little bit higher because that's the quality of beers. And I'm like, yeah. you understand? People want to drink shitty beer <laughs> because it makes themselves <laughs> feel better about their beers. Right. So everyone's going, oh, your beer was fantastic, but I think in their minds they're going. I could brew better than this. Oh, no, it was good. It was really great. Right. And I, and I don't have that gene. If my beer is subpar, and that's why I think right. people go, oh, you're, you're too hard on your beer. You say, but the tr- there's two things. For one, I've, I've made a lot of bad beers. The second part, though, is I have really high standards, and I'm going to be the first one to say this beer is subpar. Me too. Yeah. Just be honest. Of course yep. you are. And this right. is why Tasty's beer is so good all the time, and Doc's beer is so good all the time. You're not critical. Because yeah. you're critical about yeah, it. Yeah, you have to yeah, be. Yeah, we don't let the babies out of the, out of yeah. the nest until yeah. they, they're... Good sure. Enough. Yeah, now, and if you fuck it up, you redouble your efforts, yes, right, Doc? Yeah. yeah, that's how we get there. Now, it, I think it's important to go ahead and let people try the beer if you're just starting out. But sure. if you if your thermometer for for beer for your own beer is not that accurate, um, you're going to keep making shitty beer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. care what you learn from the Brewing Network or anywhere else. Right. No, it's the same professionally. There's a triangle of beer, right? You design a beer, you brew the beer, you taste the beer, yeah. and then you repeat. Yeah. If you're missing one of those parts, if you can't do it, if you don't have a good process, you don't have a good sense of recipe, or if you have a bad palate, you're going to fail. Right. But you you got to taste other brewers' beers out there, home brewers especially, because I'll come across that beer that I haven't made or tried, and it's, I want to do that. Yeah. And that just sets the bar for me. Right. And that's what I'm going to go out there and do. Gets under your skin, and you get yeah, yeah, yeah. after it. Yeah. And then you know it if you taste it. And if you're not tasting what bar you just set, you're honest with yourself about it. <laughs> yeah. And that now, now not having a good palate that that's one thing. And, and you got to work gonna, on you that. You can invite friends to help you there. Exactly. So you can invite friends. Right. Just put your ego aside. You can train your but own the, palate. You can other, get what yeah. good ones involved. You but know? there's the there's the don't let your ego lie to you. Mm-hmm. Right. You're only hurting yourself. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and occasionally all the time. JP by giving him your shitty beer. You're hurting yourself and JP occasionally. Uh, <laughs> had a lot of shitty beer. But you gotta you you gotta be honest with yourself about your beer. You know, some people will give me, a lot of people give me sour beers lately, yeah. all right? And and I love it. And, and in fact, uh, 
you know, we've talked about the the beer just getting better and yeah. better every year. Oh, and yeah. It has. Oh, yeah. Well, Definitely. sour beer has kind of been bringing up the rear. Uh, more people making them over several years, but not a whole lot of good ones. This past year, since the SoCal Homebrew Fest, so not even that long, uh, man, am I trying great soured yeah. homebrews. Dude. But there are some standout flavors in bad sour beers. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That if you're not picking that up, you're lying to yourself. You're not paying attention. I mean, that that extreme cardboard flavor because you didn't get... And that's hard to do. I'm not saying it's easy. Vinegar, vinegar, nail polish. Vinegar. Yeah. And nail Big phenols. Like, yeah. Stop lying to yourself. Right. Well, now, well, I'm happy to taste it anyway. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of people don't know that, hey, is that's a sour beer. Is that supposed to be in there? Well, that's true. Is that, is that supposed to be in there? Right. That, that, you know what? That's what you give your sour beer to somebody else, and you ask them, is that supposed to be in there? Yeah. Yeah. I think sour beer is not a huge trajectory up of popularity yeah. but it's kind of where ipa was when it was first getting really big like people if it, it was bitter enough they it was really into idea, right, right? If, yeah. it's, if it's sour enough or it has some of that complexity yeah. they've tasted a good canteon yeah they fall in love with it but You're over right time people will find ways to refine it and look for oh maybe that did have too much vinegar right oh maybe that did have too much nail polish or acetic or whatever it happens to be that maybe they didn't intend and doesn't really taste good yeah you know yep. yeah Anyway, just be honest with yourselves out there. Well, and I think a lot of people don't even ca- they don't care. Like I, I admit, my Mexican lager wasn't very good. I had a leak in the keg that was flat. Oh, and I think it was a little um, oxidized. But mm-hmm. I sent it anyway mm-hmm. because I needed to send something. S- sent, it, sent sent. What? I'm sorry, my keg to NHC to ah, pour at, at, yeah, the, yeah. at the club booth. Um, and I've got, I, that's the first time I've ever got caught in that trap of, oh shit, I've actually committed to doing this. Now I have to do it. Right. And I didn't give a fuck. And but, people are still telling me it's good. And I'm like, well, are you just used to subpar beers and you think it's good? <laughs> like, like I said, I was, I was talking to Matt. 50 is the new 40, or 40 is the new 50. Where if you get a 40 on a score sheet, right. you're, fucking, perfect, you're gold, right? right? Yeah. But it's not 50, and it's not 45. And why is there a number of points, that 10 number of points between 40 and 50, that we can't give it, out it, as judges? It, it's Nobody un- does unattainable. it. unattainable. Right, and so is, is there even a fucking point to having that unattainable score of or 50 if you, the beers are never going to be that way. 35 you, to 45 is like an amazing you, range. Would you, yeah. would, would you rather have a 45 beer that didn't even place? It's like, oh, I got a 45 and it didn't even make it into the mini best of show. Well, and There's that's something retarded. wrong with that too. That's retarded. It's super retarded. But I, and I don't know. It, it's it's well, more of a, a broader topic than what we're talking about right now. But it's I think it's pretty valid. Why have a 50 point beer if I've only if ever heard of Two people ever giving them out in 15 oh, years of dealing I've, in homebrew. Two I've, people. I've never heard of a 50. Jamil oh. gave one out, and Sven gave one out at um, the LA Regional bullshit. I, it just it, it's it's that unattainable well, thing. Yeah. It's hard to you got to really be a, a confident judge and even know a 50. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's, that's the true. that's the intersection that. And, and you might get pigeonholed into this uh, category that maybe you're not really comfortable with either. Right. Yeah, if you know the, if you know the category and you know the beer really well, the style really well. You can give a fifty, but that's that's saying a lot to know. But to know you're right. <clears throat> but then here here's the point that I've been making, but more like an asshole instead of like a soft Cynic, velvety. Yeah, yeah. No glove, way, it's not right? The JP, we know. Um, <laughs> which glove? <laughs> Does that make a stance and 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 um uh? Does that say? Does that, is that a commentary on homebrewing where nobody can ever get a fucking fifty or hardly even a forty eight? Yeah. Well, does that mean that does that does that prove what I've been saying all along that most homebrew is not good? No, I think I, I no. think it does. But it does. It 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 should be difficult. It should be nearly impossible. But, yeah, but, but I, it 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 it's I, perfect. I don't it's think it should perfect. be impossible. No, 
But it should well, be nearly. It, it, I mean, it's a perfect beer. It should yeah. be difficult. I, you I, know I it's know. not impossible. You met two people who gave them. Yeah, but Jamil gave uh, it to his own beer. In 15 <laughs> <laughs> but in 15 years? Hey, no! But I, it was extremely sorry. rare, which is the point. Oh, I'd, say the, I'd say the, the bar in the last three years is just raised. It's yeah. so high now. But yeah. you're short. But, but we're, but, stop it. Maybe five uh, points. But, but I'm still not seeing the higher scores. Right. I see what you mean. Um, so the beer's getting better, oh, but the scores are not. The, the, there, the whole, there are a lot of new judges, though, and they're maybe not confident in giving yeah, a higher score. But, There's that factor now. I mean, well, they shouldn't be. Just, they don't know. just the beers exactly. are just awesome yeah. and, and more awesomer. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but, but, but I'm not seeing any of the higher scores. I'm hardly right. seeing anything even in the 40s. Right. And so then what's the point of having a 50? That's my point. I, and people, people are just showing me their, their, their score sheets, and it's like, oh, I got a 38. And you know what? 38 is pretty damn respectable. It's a, it's a yeah. But it shouldn't be. A, you know, it should be. It, that thing should be a 43, and that should be damn respectable. Well, and actually, it's funny you say that, because uh, Matt was like, you know, he goes, I'm always five points ahead of every other judge. And I think everyone, everyone judging should just go up five points. So, if, yeah. if, well, but you, you know, if if you got a dude got a thirty eight and you said it should be a forty three, that's five points. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, I think why should, not? Just maybe, just give it every give everyone just five fucking points. Well, the problem but is then, the but, judges' comments have to line up with that. Hey, like, but the, yeah. but I, right, and I, there's a lot of bad judges. So, well, there. yeah, if you, yeah. If you can't describe the beer accurately. No. You can't give it a high score. Well, I, and I've I, got some forty-five point beers, and they describe my beer to the T. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with more that they, they right. captured the whole essence of my beer, and they scored it to forty-five. That means something. But if you score it high and you're, you're describing that's something that's not, yeah, I like yeah, it, but, I drink it. That's but, a good point. But that's not, but that's not the point of a judge is to describe your beer. It's to tell you why you didn't get a fifty. It's not to tell you what well, you did right and directions. everything you did right, yeah, well, but it's right. to tell you what you need to work on to get to the fifty. And if no one ever tells you that, then they're a bad judge. Well, it's not yeah. both. Well, they wouldn't know no. that. Well, they, yeah. they don't know a 50. And I, I don't think that, that they should just uh, average the two scores. It's, the, you know, they talk and they talk, and the, and the more maybe the, the national judge bows down and, get, and he'll lose three or four points to, you know, uh, the unre- guy unrecognized 30. guy. I see. Yeah. And, and that is what happens. You have to negotiate because there's a final score that you agree but the, upon. it should be weighted, too. If you yeah, guys, someone's a really good judge and really knows that uh, particular style... It should not just be like, oh, one's, one's a 45, one's a 35, and you get a 40. Yeah. Well, part uh, of that's the responsibility of a higher-ranked judge at the table. But they feel don't. Like a, if you feel like a novice is way off base, then you need to... Yeah. Well, well you can be with But they still points. average the two. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a numerical score right in the middle. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a super more involved conversation than I think we're able to do right now. But and well, no, let it's me an interesting just, one, I think. Let me just reiterate to my first point. If your beer has flaws and, it, and it's a little subpar, but it's drinkable... I am by no means saying don't bring it out into public. In no, fact, right I'm glad all. that you sent your... I know you sent yours, JP, because yeah. we needed beer, but I think you should have sent it because it was still a drinkable beer. All I'm advocating is that we use subpar, be- subpar beers as as a point of conversation. Let's talk about what's wrong with it. I agree. You don't have to blow me about no. my... Uh, uh, like- pale- and I'm not going to hide... Now, if it's, if it's undrinkable... Yeah. Keep it at home. But Please. My beer was drinkable. Yeah. It just wasn't very good. But I'm happy. I'll pour that for you. Right. I, my ego is not so big that I can't pour you a subpar beer. I just don't. I don't want to bullshit about it. Let's talk about what's wrong with it, and let's all learn from the experience. Right. And ultimately, that's why I, I sent it. it. It was still drinkable. It was fine. Yeah. Um. And you know, it was something. You know, just here you go. I don't. I, I didn't have any people. Oh, this is really good. And and I don't know if they're just trying to blow smoke and thinking that I think it's really good. Right. Like maybe, I don't think it's maybe good they at all. Did think it was really good. <laughs> maybe, and, maybe they did. Uh, maybe they, they hadn't had that style before. Maybe they don't. 
right. have yeah. that palate yet. <laughs> They've never style. had a, a flat home. Maybe they're before. star fucking you. Right. There's also I wish. now here now good here's, point. Good point. Here's another side. There's yeah. there's there's there is another type of person. And I'm gonna call her out on it too. Do it. Her? All right. Yeah. So there's me. If I say that uh, I'm not too happy about this beer because of this or that, it's because I. It's because it's subpar. There's something wrong with it, and let's talk about it. Because uh, I don't really have an ego about my beer. Right. Kim Wood is the other type of person who the beer can be fantastic. Oh God! But she has dude. difficulty. I don't. I, I'm not going to psychoanalyze what exactly the problem is, but. There's the other person who goes, no, 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 it's not that good. It has this or that. Bullshit. It's good. There's yeah. nothing subpar about well, it. Don't could be, be both. That. Don't do that either. There's two extremes. There's yeah. the, I don't know there's anything wrong with my beer, so try my fantastic beer. Yeah. There's something wrong with your beer. And then there's the other one. There's nothing wrong with your beer. Let me praise you on it. Let me talk about the merits of it with you because that's valuable also. Uh, and but but some people have they're shy and they're embarrassed. Yeah. And and I'm sorry, Kim, with it. I'm calling you out about this. But you're but more often than not, I'm tasting one of your beers and I'm going, God damn it, that saison is good. Well, it's this. Shut well, up. Does she it, for it, a second? She, she wanted a fifty point beer <laughs> right. and she her standards it. are super high. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and could, she looks why it's not. You're right. It's it could, 49, so fuck it. It could be both. <laughs> it could be a good beer and have flaws. Well, yes. But, yeah, but, yeah. But, and I agree, because she's right. done this with me with her beers. It, it, it's not... Uh, she wants to look beyond the good stuff, and and this I think she knows that it's good, but right. she wants to get down to why it's not good. Well, and that's good, and, and, and that's I think how that's, she learns because she's a fucking analytical person. That's and fine. I think that's what it is. But can we can we praise it for a few minutes? Right. Can and, we yes. talk about its merits, and yes. then we'll and then we'll learn together. From Some it. people pushes a lot but, like that too, and I, and that's hard too. Both homebrewers are difficult to talk to the to their yeah. beer about. Yeah. The one who doesn't know who thinks it's great. Well, that's difficult the, to talk. Talk to him. Right. The one who's not daughter, willing to accept yeah. the praise before we get to the thing, that's difficult to talk about, too. Yeah, Does right. Kim only do that with her own beers? Yes. Yeah. Only her own. She right. has a fantastic palate, by the way. Yeah, she has a running dialogue about how her beer is failing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I relate with <laughs> it, though. Annoying. I relate with the impulse. I do it with artwork, too. Like, no matter how much people want to praise me, and sometimes they think it's all right, and sometimes it's praise, but yeah, as as the technician, you're always, it's never perfect. Like, but you, always, That's fine, but you have to allow both conversations to happen and she doesn't true well a lot of people don't it's not just kim uh, i'm just saying and in art too if if i can here's what'll happen if i can never talk about the merits of your art before you have to piss all over it i'm gonna stop talking about your art because it's uncomfortable it's hard for me to go man moscow i really like this if you're cutting me off and saying all the shit that's wrong with it well then i'm gonna stop talking to you about your art. i agree with that. i try not to do that because yeah people they find it tiresome and they don't want to argue with you and people will think like well you're what are you doing fishing for compliments you just want me to keep and, raising and, and, you and it's just yeah. and it's uncomfortable for everybody involved yeah and me, uh, all i want to do is just stand there and watch you drink some of my beer that i've peed into <laughs> and that's all i want to do i just want to smile and go how does my urine come yeah Earlier, I heard you say you took a leak into a keg, didn't I? Yeah. 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 Well, I'm just getting ready to brew next week. Uh, That was a term I learned at NHC this year from Ray's talk that was cellar blind. Okay. The the opposite of what Kim is is doing. The person who can't tell the flaws because they created it, even if they have a decent power. Sure. They always think the beer is good or don't necessarily see the things that are wrong with it because it came out of their fermenters, right? Yeah. So Kim has the opposite. She's just... Hypercritical, Assume, right? Just assumes that it's yeah. it's not good. You know, I, under, I understand both 
Yeah, both things. How that could happen. You well, know, and and both can be detrimental to the well, for one, the conversation about right. beer and and your progress. Yep. So all I'm asking is that you all become the perfect home brewer. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> just become perfect. Everyone has or to score fifty <laughs> in the next year. <laughs> Not even that. I just want you to re- respond perfectly right. to, to your. But that's all I'm asking. That you all become perfect people that can respond wonderfully to criticism and praise and everything else. Is that too much to ask? No, 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 no problem. All right, let's do feedback. Uh, otherwise, Please. we're let's just all kiss right oh now. You've got mail. Kick ass. All right, feedback's brought to you today by Williams Brewing. You can go to williamsbrewing.com. Williams, and yes. how much do we love Williams? They're awesome. Uh, they got me started in this whole thing. Been with us for so long, and we love them for it. And they're a hands-off sponsor. They just they know how good the BN Army is. They just let us do our thing. But uh, go help them do their thing by going to williamsbrewing.com. Make sure you get their catalog, because uh, you want to know what they got in stock and, and what's happening. So go sign up. And uh, williamsbrewing.com, thanks for bringing us feedback this week. All right. Let's see what I got here. What do you got there, dude? Bunch there, of stuff. There's a lot of my app, the app, the app. So it's it, we actually had a lot of feedback. It took me an hour to go through it. I know. But here, it's mostly garbage. Do I get my money back on the old app? Can I read the one that you sent me that pissed me off? You can do whatever you want. Uh, I Please. send it to you because I feel obligated to send stuff to you. Um, but I don't know if you want red on there. You're the ultimate arbiter, so do it. I'm going to read this. From Tim. Tim from Canada. Oh. First of all, America's hat. It's titled Going Downhill. First of all, it is Canada Day, so... Happy birthday, Canada. Fuck. Hey, I met some new friends up there in Seattle. My Canadian friends. We had a lot of Canadians there, didn't we? They are soft. Titled Going Down. So it's titled Going Downhill. Uh, He goes, hey guys, I'm a long-time listener, but this is my first time emailing. Of course it is. He's got something to bitch about. (laughs) I hope not. I've noticed your shows are going downhill lately. For example, your commercial breaks are much longer and sometimes more frequent. The Sunday session has super long commercial breaks now, and sometimes when I listen to Bruce Strong, I feel like I'm listening to more commercials and content. Then after some of the commercials, Jamil or someone else will come back and talk about Adam Neve for two minutes, uh, or Blickman uh, for another two minutes. And uh, enough with the commercials and advertising already. On top of all that, the content itself is going downhill. The last few Bruce Strong episodes uh, seemed like Jamil was bored. Uh, answers were short, and there were a lot of uh, awkward, silent moments. Uh, there was also a Kenny Brewett episode about cloning without a recipe. And some of the advice for the cloning um, uh, was like the following. Google it, or try to get the recipe from a brewer. Uh, and they haven't even tried. So seriously, get it together, guys. Tim from Canada. Well, nothing about the session, really. So That's kind of like a, that. a friend you haven't seen in a while. Comes up, and the first thing he says to you says, Wow, you're getting a little fat. <laughs> <laughs> Are you losing your hair? I mean, yeah. thanks. Here's first. You, you look older. Yeah. We're, we're trying. First of all, do I really have to respond to the commercial break situation? How about this? Apparently so. Why don't you send more money? How about money? this? Uh. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, no, no. Respond to well, you want me? How about I just keep living like a fucking bum? Right. And I don't get any... Sp- how about I just keep spouting off free fucking beer information and promoting the craft beer industry to no end 365 days a year for nothing? It's not like we work for nothing. Would you Why prefer we that we did that? Would you prefer that I burnt out year after year after year and never asked for something in return for the knowledge that we spread out? Tim from effing Canada. I'm for one. I, I for one am, am up for leeching off of my girlfriend for many years. To come. <laughs> this is what he looks like when he's on the edge. Just so we're clear. 
I can't believe oh, that I have to hair. answer a commercial yeah. breaks are too long. <laughs> Let me give you a little perspective, Tim yeah. from fucking Canada. If you listen to commercial radio, they have four, they're called stop sets. I'm going to educate you, you fucking shithead. They're called stop sets, and there are four an hour. And if it's a highly successful show, all four stop sets are between six and eight minutes long. Do the math and tell me how much radio content per hour that gives you. Now, while you're doing that, let me tell you what happens at the BN. We take approximately one, occasionally two. Two stop sets per hour. Each stop set is six minutes long at maximum. Right. That means that you're getting 54 fucking minutes of free content every show that goes on the air. Tim from Canada. Whoa! Oh no, this uh, new studio looks kind of expensive. I, I figured it's in your pocket. Uh, I think I just saw sparks fly out of your fingers. <laughs> That vein on your forehead is a little worrisome. It's pulsating. Now, if you're listening to Bruce Strong, let me break that one down for you. I'm scared. They do take three stop sets per hour. Although, it's a little bit flexible because the show tends to run about an hour and ten minutes long. Each stop set is usually only four minutes long. But... The hosts of the program have spent so much time and energy educating themselves so that they can teach your dumbass how to clone a beer or brew something at home that don't you think it's worth a little extra time to sit through a commercial for somebody else paying for the episode? No. I don't Uh, think so. I think it's fucked up. I think it's fucked up. So let me tell you this, Tim from Canada. And JP. And JP. It's only going to get worse. So you should stop listening right now. True. Because we're going to get more sponsors. We're going to get bigger. We're going to get better. And I can promise you that. So if you can't deal with a couple commercials, you can go listen to Terrestrial Radio. And then you write to me when you (laughs) find a better brewing resource on the radio that you get for free. And I'll talk to you about our commercial breaks, you fucking asshole. Actually, I did hear Celine Dion's getting in homebrewing. Um, so that might Gordon be Strong is actually wondering if you can repeat this entire rant in French. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing as how he's in Canada. It's completely useless, isn't it? They're not listening. Oh, and uh, just, just to um, I did not reiterate on, on uh, Jamil's short answers, it goes into like Dudes, we covered this already. It's covered in the books. It's covered on every episode. It's been covered so many times that you're damn right, Jamil, sometimes just says Google it or sometimes says read the book because you can Google it or you can read the book. (laughs) He's got to do it a hundred times for you. It's out there. That's all I'm saying. So fuck off, Tim from Canada. (laughs) How about just fuck off Canada? Also, don't listen. And I mean it. Don't listen. I don't care. I'm a long-time listener. Fine. I Thank doubt you it. until now. Because what you've been listening to for a long time is a bunch of brewcasters starving. That's what you've been listening to. <laughs> so so God forbid that we can make a living at doing this. That's yeah. what you've been listening to. You think it's burps. We're just, it's our stomachs growling. <laughs> it's it's yeah. JP's yeah. hungry, distended black stomach. It He's is got lines distended. on his face. I can see them. Right Look at this wow. distended stomach in the camera. I got to drink a lot hey. to forget that one. Yeah, you, really have, you guys brought Bibles, but you yeah. didn't bring beer? <laughs> it's more of, you know, if I had yeah. flies buzzing around, you guys would be donating the cost of a cup of coffee. Oh, but you're not. Free. Now listen, I will take your criticism about content. I will. You can write to us about not having enough guests. You can... 
But goddamn you, don't write to me about too many commercials. I don't want to hear it. I'll take everything from you, but I do not want to hear about the commercials. You can suck it. Don't tell me that'll ah. run my business. That's what I have to say about that. Feed me, please. Uh, <laughs> Bevo, can you call my shrink, please, and tell him I just need a quick conversation at the break? Special session. I got you, boo. It's going to be like 15 minutes, that's all. If your shrink's not listening, uh, Steve, I'd be real surprised. Steve, if you're listening. Steve. Yeah. He's, 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 help, right, he's writing a fucking book about you. Karen fucking see it. He's, right now, he's like, oh, shit, chapter 12. <laughs> Actually, he's yeah. thinking he should start paying you <laughs> instead of just giving you free sessions. Yeah. He wants uh, to pay you. Appendix so, 1 is written right now. I have so much anger that I can't get rid of. It's very difficult. I think you just got rid of a little. <laughs> I did. They do say it's healthier to get it out than keep it in. Can we send Tim from Canada a plane ticket to uh, come visit us here at Martinez? <laughs> he would do it because he's Canadian. He's really polite. Can we get a Studio Double D Feelings calendar? <laughs> we need it. We do need it. Did I just do the whole feedback song on that yes. one email? Yes, you did. Uh, right. And the vein's going back into your head again. All right. Here's, let Sweet. me do our, our more feedback. Uh, yep. Hey, I remember in a semi-recent podcast, you were going to notify current donors of email of upcoming uh, by email of upcoming events released to the public. If you'd never added me to your mailing list or monthly drawings, but have collected my money, suck a dick. Uh, <laughs> if you do have me on your mailing list, but just never bother to notify anyone of what's going on, suck a dick. Uh, if it is an oversight, please fix and keep up the good radio. Thanks. Uh, Listen! <laughs> you don't know how long it takes to write a Fucking email! <laughs> right. Fucking shit! Uh, so we did have pro- we have started sending out emails to the BN Army, and uh, there were several people who didn't get them. Most of them ended up finding the email in their spam folder. Uh, the problem is, when you send a mass email to thousands of people, it has to go through a, a program that can do that. Right. And there's uh, some very smart email programs out there that notice it's not coming from an individual, it's coming from, uh, I don't know what we use, mail, whatever. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. Constant contact. There we go. They, they notice that, and so it will, because uh, Google, Gmail, and things like that have become so good at eliminating spam, sometimes we get put in there. So make sure that you add uh, BNArmy at thebrewingnetwork.com um, as in your safe zone. Let's talk about, like, my safe zone. Yes, you need one. <laughs> need every every right once here. in a while, look, open up your spam folder. Yeah. Through all the Russian and porn shit, and you'll Keep find you us want. in there. Yeah. yeah. The porn, the now, if that's not the case, please send an, uh, an email to bnarmy at thebrewingnetwork.com, and we'll double check. But almost every, in fact, I think every single email we've gotten, we've we've cross referenced and found you're on our list. If you're a donor, you're on our list. We've we've really gone through and made sure you're there. So, uh, but let true. us know, and we'll make sure you get the email. That being said, with contact, contact, if you want to unsubscribe for whatever reason to the emails. Don't hit spam. That's a, an easy way that people uh, unsubscribe from emails. They just uh, hit spam and they, they go away. Um, then that gets reported. Ooh. I'm smelling someone's sausage burp. Right. And um, it gets reported. Then we get dinged. Then constant, con- yeah. then constant Contact contacts us and puts us on the ban list. Mm-hmm. And then we can't use it. It happened at, at More Beer a couple times. And then we have to up, so, up our commercial uh, time. Right. I'm it? just saying it's it's a pain in the it's a pain in the ass. So if you mark us as spam to unsubscribe, right. it fucks us over. So don't be a dick. How did the sausage get through that quickly? I was still burping as you said you smelled. <laughs> it may sausage. not have been you. It because, may not have been you. Oh, there was others that had sausage. Possibly, I don't know. All I, I know is I smelled salami. That I had sausage at the <laughs> dried salami mm. at Luigi's. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. no, no. Is, right. is may, you know what? We're not going to give you sausage anymore. It makes you angry. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. You won't like me when I'm Man, angry. Man, that poor guy from Canada, he got his ass reamed. You could be goddamn sure I've been don't stewing they all on that email tasty, for don't they two all? days. 
I mean, that being said, Jamil has seemed really yeah, bored. I sorry. So <laughs> I do, you know, because he's in Canada. I just I read the email J- JP sends me, and I was like, I have to answer this. I have to answer the commercials email. <laughs> <laughs> you freeloading prick. Yeah. All right, TBN well, Third Coast to writes be honest, in. Jay, he's, hey, he's used to universal hey, everything. Don't sugarcoat it any. <laughs> and this is the problem with universal everything coming to America is everyone's going to expect it for free. Right. You know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> Are you saying I'm not entitled to free beer radio? <laughs> <laughs> Please. I love Obviously, Scott. Justin is. <laughs> All right, TBN Third Coast uh, writes in, I loved your last show, mainly the interview with Joe Hubbard, uh, the Alabama dude. Uh, being able to get a politician on the show and to be so down to earth was absolutely awesome. Politics is crazy, and when you throw religion and dry counties into the mix, uh, good luck. So lawmaking is a crazy process. You, uh, you brewcasters are great, mm-hmm. and the show keeps getting better. I've been listening since '07 and plan to listen well for as long as you keep this shindig going. Thanks from uh, TBN Third Coast. You know, fuck you. <laughs> America has two fucking coasts. You can't fucking throw a third one in there. Sick of it. Uh, <laughs> Adam writes in. Justin, your shit. Justin, Doc, Tasty, Jamil, JP, the rest of the crew. Thanks for the knowledge I gained almost exclusively from the BN. I was able to improve beer quality and consistency. And draft beer sales saw a dramatic increase. Oh, who is this? A pro brewer? Oh, yeah. He's from uh, uh, Dempsey's Brewery and Pub and Restaurant. Uh, however, over the last year, I was able to keep my house thanks to the job I found, largely due to the inspiration to brew and the knowledge I gained from the BN. So this is a guy gone, gone pro is what it sounds oh, like. Uh, nice. I, I, I had to edit his email down from three paragraphs. So basically, he, he got into brewing because of us, got a local job while he was going through school, and then has since moved on to use his degree like any normal person would. <laughs> I but see. he was able to pay his bills and keep his house because he was brewing because of the knowledge he gleaned from us. Got it. Okay. Yeah. No, you're so, welcome, man. So he's Thanks not a pro brewer anymore, but he was okay. for a year. So did he have to, to drop the JP bomb to get the job? <laughs> right. <laughs> he probably did. All right, Keefla writes in, I don't know if this is a cliche by now, but I pulled a effing Justin. Uh, <laughs> brewed this pale ale with a 10-minute hop edition and a zero-minute edition. Right around 90 degrees of the cooling process, I realized I left more than half of the extract out. And hmm. I, I said, fuck it. Um, add that shit and heat it back up to 170 for 15 minutes. Um, so much for the flavor and aroma additions, right? Basically, did I F it up? And Doc is hot. Sincerely from Keefla. <laughs> uh, so, what do you think, guys? He did his his ten minute. Was it ten and a zero? Yeah, ten minute and a zero. Um, and then had to fire it back up and add the extract for fifteen minutes. Did he? Is he going to have no aroma hops? Uh, no, he fucked up a bit. Yeah, he'll be there. But it, it, like you said, it's still going to be a drinkable beer. Okay, no. uh, it won't be what he wanted. I wouldn't have fixed it that way. What would you have done? I, I would have gone into the car, cooled it, and gone into the car, boy. Heated up my extract. That's separate step. At that, at a whole separate step. Yeah, mm-hmm. clean the ke- kettle again. Yeah, and then uh, then put cooled that, and then put it in kind of like a, a sugar. Like doing two batches, basically. Yeah, yeah. Or, one, without, or, one with it, one without or, it. Or, or like yeah, like a um, a Belgian beer where you're, you're putting the sugar in later. Yeah, and doing it that way. Okay. I missed what the style was. That the brewer mentioned pale ale. Pale ale. Okay, mm-hmm. It'd probably be alright. Yeah. It's, well, it, it'll still be of the ten minute hops. It's probably like right. A, exactly. That's yeah. the only thing. It's like it'll, a thirty minute fine. I'll so quote, I'll quote Gentile. You should just dry hop the fuck out of it, and he'll be. Right. <laughs> he'll be yeah, right. that's a good point. Just add dry hops where you're missing your aroma, right? Oh, yeah. exactly. Hey, there's there's more than one way to fix it. So, okay. Hey, don't don't yeah. count it out. All right. Don't uh, dump it into the carpet. You didn't fuck it up, but you kind of blew it. I think is is the consensus. Well, there's, there's <clears throat> don't throw it out. There's always a way to fix it. Don't throw it out. No. 
You blew don't, it, but don't you didn't dump fuck it, it into the carpet. Right. All right, here's another one. Hey, brewcasters and Jew. I know this feedback isn't uh, <laughs> feedback, but I have a question for you. I'm about to organize an open comp for my homebrew club, but I want to enter my beers into the competition. Is it appropriate to enter your own beers into a homebrew competition that you are, in fact, organizing? Mm, sure. Uh, mm. If so, what measures should I take to ensure that no one thinks I had unfair advantages in the competition? Uh, you guys rock all shades of balls. Stay white, Jason Petros. Well, first, you got to pick the judges on the flight of the beers you enter. Yeah. The ones you really like. Yeah. And make sure your beer's right in the place in the flight make, where you like and to make, have it. Yeah, you want to and, judge about the middle of the flight. And right. make, make sure they've all taken tasted your beer at least a day or two <laughs> right. at a time. Yeah, take them out for a drink, bring yeah, some lumber right. with you. Stop by their house, give them a bottle for free. Exactly. I'll yeah, tell you, you, having done it, um, just don't have anything to do with what categories the judges score. There and you, you have nothing else to do. Just right. keep totally. it, you That's absolutely it. should be able to enter your own competition. There's yes. nothing wrong with that. I've done it. I've done it. It's great. And, uh, but yeah, just keep it as neutral as possible. Like JP yeah. says, don't have anything to do with what categories the judges judge, etc. Brewer's Code. Um, yeah. Stay out of it. Good point. Yeah, yeah nobody wants to win and then think that they had some yeah. bad it. Get, well, a, get a coordinator to do that part of it that is yeah. out and tell him Which this is, is your I'll job. Tell that Go to the Golden Globes people. It's usually your head judge who does the steward and, and picks all that kind of stuff and assigns everyone so you can organize the comp and do everything else there you go but let your head judge do it all all right uh hey ass hats i just wanted to write in and tell you i just won my first homebrew competition uh, wow. it was put on by my mother and did he get it did, did he get it, did he get a 50 point the, beer the award that i got I was know. an extra scoop of ice cream Let's see. It was Battle of the Homebrew Shops. It consisted of Ooh. two separate beer rounds. Both rounds were uh, not BJCP style based, but best overall tasting oh, beer. Oh, the best dog uh, in the show. Best two beers from each of eight local shops made it to the second round. I just want to say thanks for all the ideas and thanks for all the awesome info. Keep it coming. PSJP can suck a dick. Uh, <laughs> probably could. He's, uh, he's right. All right. The Matt Smith writes in, Hello, Networks. I'm a little bumming. First, I had to cancel NHC. Now it looks uh, like I'll have to miss BNA7. I thought I saw. Oh, him. this is older. Yeah, it's uh, it's older because so, he was there. Oh, he was. Okay. Yeah. Well, then should I read the whole thing? Or? I don't know. I'm no, just, just to the end where he mentions me. Blah blah blah. <laughs> he's, starting, he's starting to sound like me. I mean, I'm starting to sound like you. He's just saying good hey. jobs. Yeah. Like that. um, all right. Matt says, uh, "Hey, what's the best time to add fruit to a beer? Google it. Fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> How about that? This episode of Bruce Strong brought to you by <laughs> Brewforia. No, I'm kidding. Uh, in the secondary. <laughs> What's the best time to add fruit to a beer? I want to make a strawberry beer. I've no, tried the don't, flavoring. Don't make a strawberry beer. Secondary, if it's that fruit in particular. Uh, a strawberry beer. Strawberry has very little flavor when you actually put it in the beer, exactly. so it'll come out almost nothing. You okay. should put a, a lot in there, and then you got to mm. add some acid back in to get the tartness. Yeah, get, get strawberry runs and put those in there instead. Oh. Uh, Sorry, what? I'm kidding. No. But uh, stra- strawberry is a bad fruit to put in beer unless you really want to do it three or four times until you get it right. Uh, strawberry doesn't have a lot of essence and it doesn't have a lot of acid to it, so you don't get the whole strawberry essence into it. Okay. Uh, so a lot of strawberries and some acid, and and it might work. And it might work. Yeah. But it still might not. So pick something else, I oh, think yeah, is what pick, Doc said. If, yeah, if you want a fruit beer, pick pick something else, like, like, a, like a raspberry or He's a saying, though, he says, I need some good strawberry booze in my mouth. That's, oh, that's his final some, sentence. Wow. Get some Boone's Farm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's good strawberry booze, isn't it? Uh, you know what? Just add that into the secondary. We're all good. All right. Then he says, peace, love, and unity from Matt. Whatever. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> strawberries. Whatever. Get some Lindemans. Whatever. Yeah, Lindemans and Boone's Farm would be set, Matt. Uh, here's another thanks for all you Strawberry do. Strawberry Hill, baby. 
I think. I've only been bringing Tim. Yeah, it's a bunch of thanks. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for writing it. Uh, has been thanks, drunk ben. on Strawberry Hill, haven't you? Man troll. Yes, you have. <laughs> Man troll. Bevo's getting hammered over here. Writes <laughs> in. Um, have been listening to some older episodes while waiting for the new studios to get up and running. Just a couple of thoughts. Uh, where is the wall of genius? Uh, Are we sure we got the right room? Bebo's butt. Was that that an idea that we wanted to maybe take a picture of every guest we've had in the studio and make a wall out of it? Was that an old thing that I don't remember? That sounds like something like that. I don't remember it at all. I think think it's going to be a Moscow mural. Right. That'll be the wall of genius. You keep keep adding a new person in there every time? Of Jewess. And it's just Scott, every picture. Is it's not Scott. genius or Jewess. My art sucks. It sucks. <laughs> it's not any good. See, now you're being honest. Kim is in the chat room, and she just wants you to know that all of her beers are perfect all the time. That's, Suck a dick. That's better. All right, question she's, she's number two. I need an update for the 5 o'clock song. There is no update. And question number three, where is Angry Jamil? I think he's Tim from Canada. <laughs> the answer to that. Or he's, or he's me. Right. <laughs> it's no more Angry Jamil. It doesn't compare to Exploding Justin. Uh, thanks for the beer information. Sometimes I talk to other homebrewers who say you're douchebags, which some of you are, JP. Oh. Uh, but I realize that mixed in with your BS is some of the greatest brewing information available. Others are missing out by not tuning in, and That's I let true. them know. Show's running very professionally, and das audio ist sehr gut. Thanks from Scott. Um, look, gut. whatever. Everyone's a douchebag every once in a mm. while. Don't listen. That's fine. Uh, you guys don't have to go convincing people to listen. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it already. True. Don't go around say no. You have to give them a chance. You should give me. I don't need a chance. Fuck off. They don't have to listen. I don't it's need a it. Secret. If you I like don't need it. you. You can lead a horse to water. All I need is this beer and nothing else. <laughs> and, and this dick. And this dick. And this show. <laughs> but I don't need anything else. All I need is this group of people in this room. But I don't need anything else. Right. And this computer. Shit. But nothing else. Well, well, that's it then. I don't need it. What I'm tired. If people tell me that, oh, I try to convince people to listen, but they think you're fine. Which is kind of a left-handed compliment, really. It is. I don't need it. Yeah. Don't listen. Uh, I think you're great, but everyone else I talk to. You know, they don't know you like I know you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't need them to know me. There's other things to listen to. They don't get it. it. I get it. It all sucks. I get it. Go Nobody listen to it. it. Uh, how do you how do you have how do you have John Palmer, Jamil Zana Chef? Tasty McDole, Mitch Steele, Vinny Ch- How do you have How do you have this group of people on the Brewing Network and you go, right. eh, I'm not going to listen to that. Good. Your beer can just keep sucking. Well, Vinny hasn't been on for a couple years, so just, you know, come <laughs> it on. doesn't count. Let's be honest with each other. I don't need it. Don't tell your friends anymore. <laughs> Stop talking to your friends. All right? I don't need it. Well, you don't need friends. You don't have friends. We're all you have. Yeah. Uh, your, mom, your mom and your grandma are tired of hearing about us. <laughs> Okay. Your cat, <laughs> your cat, your fucking cat is tired of hearing about us. Stop it! But your cat is tired of you in general. I tell right. all my friends, and, and all too. they do is just fucking scratch me. I don't get it. I don't understand. Right, Will writes in. Uh, I've been listening for a long time, but finally subscribed as Corporal after canceling my crappy Netflix account. That a boy. Uh, it turned to feces, and the BN just keeps getting better. I don't understand what that huh? means. Um, uh, Netflix turned to shit, right? And then uh, BN keeps getting better than Netflix. Oh, which, okay. you know, aside know. from the lack of shows lately, and I suppose I'm working my way backwards through the archives. Uh, whatever, lack of. I don't know. Oh, we we were off for most of it, June. I can no. feel it twisting oh. right in the back. It's like right in this back right part of my brain. It's twisting. Yeah. And Justin it wants really to, is going to lose it on this. Show. It wants yeah. to snap. That's okay. God damn it! That's you not an important part. Do it of on the air anyway. <sighs> Anyway, he uh, says... That's the part where you see. Good on everything else and suck at someone. Um, 
All right, that's it. I got to go snap somewhere. Just I... keep doing it. <laughs> Use some cheese. They're almost done with the feedback. JP, if you give me the feedback, oh, and part of the feedback is in the topic of the thing, you got to put it in the thing. I'll read it to you as I got it. Good. Please do. Because, it, they, dude, some of these people don't even have a fucking subject. Hey, JP. Here it is. Don't Just... give him anything that like, fires him up anymore. <laughs> Here's what I got. Brought back a lot of good memories and is reminded me of how good you used to be. Sincere, sincerely, Clay. Are you sure that what brought back? Are you sure that wasn't a continuation? That it just- there's a line between that one and the other one, and they're two different names. One from Will, one from Clay. Shit. Well, maybe that's just a continuation of an email that was on for the last time. You do realize so, your listeners drink sometimes. It was a mistake. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, Nate. It's Nate's. Whatever Nate fantasy Nate made up is the answer. What? See, Scott gets it. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, Moscow, can I take a break right now, or do I have to go to our guest? No, take a break, Rich. Uh, break. Oh, uh, one one thing about this long break. There's no, there's, it's, it's, break, but hold on a second. Oh no, the the, the bathroom's a one holer. It is a one. Uh, no, 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 I opened up the ladies' room now. We can piss. Oh, the ladies' room. Right. Just don't piss all over the place. No, just leave I the am seat openly down. stating. No. Well, it would be open. There's a Sorry. Siva. We have well, to. Because you and Flabby are the Let's only ones here. Let's take a vote here. Let's take a vote. Flabby's wearing a diaper. I'm not. You can I wear wish a I was. Uh, we'll get you diapers, too. You no. can sit there next to Doc and piss. Piss off your balcony. <laughs> no. What if Doc puts a toilet in your little booth? Kate had a bucket a little while ago. Use that. <laughs> yeah, and Doc, there's a sink in the bathroom. <laughs> it, is a, it is a two-holer. It's a two-holer. <laughs> Just because you don't want to use it doesn't hey, mean there's That balcony's sink. looking better. In bed. I told you Doc would do it first. Hang in there. It's the session. When we come back, we're talking to this year's NHC winner. Plus, Nate is still going to go over the highlights of what he learned at the National Homebrews Conference. Hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. By popular vote from the Northwest Brewing News, HopTech has been voted the best homebrew shop in Northern California. Serving homebrewers for nearly 30 years in Dublin, California, HopTech carries more than 40 different kinds of hops and more than 60 different grains. Malt extract, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts. Open every day except Wednesday or shop online anytime at HopTech.com or call 1-800-DRY-HOPS, 1-800-379-4677. With in-store classes almost every Saturday, huge selection 
connection, and a dedicated commitment to their customers, HopTech is one of the longest-running and passionate homebrew stores, period. And now, by popular vote, the best homebrew shop in Northern California. And don't forget their 15% military discount. HopTech. Visit today at HopTech.com. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust the top tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future your brewing stand should adapt with you not force you to learn a new process visit blickmanengineering.com today to configure your top tier brewing stand and to find a local blickman retailer you'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price start brewing with blickman from the top tier that's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite. Elite Bare Bones Club, where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W NicoBrew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Mix me your 100 grain amber recipe and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. The doctor says I'm living on precious borrowed time. With all the time I'm giving to liquor, beer, and wine. The x-rays of my liver look like molded old Swiss cheese. My heart pumps blood and alcohol through hardened arteries. Everybody knows me down at the local bar. I drink until I can't see, and I wonder where you are. I guess I let my health go since you quit being mine. But there was nothing to replace you except liquor, beer, and wine. Liquor, beer, and wine is a flash 
sign I see Every single morning I get up It's a buzzing down at me I look up to the heavens For a ray of hope to shine And there it is in neon Liquor, beer, and wine told me at the break that I should try to take deep breaths. I should try oh. to. I should. Uh, he, he said that all that that anger release probably isn't isn't the, this isn't the, the best place to do it. Oh, and your listeners like, will understand. I was like, hey man, if I if I can't do this on the radio, <laughs> it's going to happen on some bu- some Martian here <laughs> in, in in on the yeah, street or some hooker's so, face, my, some hooker's face, and my wiener. Oh. Turn your mic on. No, your it's mic your on. switch again. It's your switch. Turn your mic on. It's your switch. Turn your mic on. Now you got to turn the box on. Now turn, turn your the mic box on. on. Eight minutes of commercials and I can't even hear Doc. You, you hit the off yeah. button again, Doc. Okay, there you go. <laughs> that better? Damn it. All right. It's too many buttons. What was the, what was the question? Two, oh, I, I just got buttons. a text from Blake. Blake? You're the guy uh, from, from NHC. Uh, from... Uh, I don't know who the hell Blake is. Who the hell's Blake? It's an inside joke. There were a lot of great people, Maybe brother. Inside, I can't remember the name. It's an inside joke. You don't watch uh, 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 Workaholics? Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, okay. So I just I just uh, texted Moscow with that. He's listening. <laughs> and uh, 
Blake from Workaholics okay. is listening. No, Doc, the guy you got to explain like Blake what you're talking about. Oh. Wes, his name is Wes. Augustina oh, Baruna. Oh, I know Wes. Augustina yeah. Baruna. Metal <laughs> Wes. Oh, I like Wes. By oh, yeah, the way, I like Wes a lot. He's a good guy. And he's a new. He's not even a home brewer yet. He's yeah, a, he's it, new to this. That was that was was really cool. Was <laughs> yeah. oh, I haven't really even brewed yet, dude. You're in the middle of this, and he, and he just melted right into the everything. If you go to JTV, you might find uh, some of our... Je- oh, we didn't do video, did we? Oh, I was going to say you could see Wes doing Beer Jeopardy from Club Night, but we didn't do it this year. We didn't um, have the internet in there. But Moscow. Wes is a good dude. He's a nice kid. You know what I like about Wes? He's a nice kid. He is. He's a sincere, yep. nice kid. he got a smile on his face. He's just happy to be there. He just wants to hang out. He doesn't have anything to prove. Hell no. You know I what? like he, this he's, guy. He's big enough. He could be my handler. <laughs> Right. He, I think he's too nice to be your handler. You both will get your asses <laughs> yeah. kicked if you get too no, crazy. He'll, he'll keep me out of trouble in the beginning. <laughs> right. I hate to tell you, Jay, but he pulled me aside at BNA7 and asked why we had so many goddamn commercials. Oh, fucking Wes. <laughs> Suck it, Wes. <laughs> Sick of you. All right. Uh, in the meantime, before we get to our NHC wrap-up, we've got uh, Mark Shop on the line with us. He's this year's Mr. Ninkasi. All right. Yeah. Nice job, Mark. Hey, you with us, Mark? Howdy, guys. How you doing, man? It's good to have you on the program. Thanks for being here. Oh, thank you. Are you still numb? Uh, it still feels pretty surreal. Yeah. yeah. I bet. Cool. I mean, so here's what happens when you see your Ninkasi winner. If you've never been to an NHC, you sit there at the awards banquet, and everyone's excited to be there. The energy in that room is fantastic because there's so many brewers just waiting to hear their name or their yeah. friend's name or whatever. Until you get to Club of the Year. <laughs> Until then. Then the energy completely leaves the room. Uh, but <laughs> when you're there, and then and there's always a guy, because he ends up being Ninkasi, whose name you just keep seeing. And you, you don't, I don't know Mark. I've never met Mark. I, maybe I've met Mark, but I was drunk if I did. Um, you see his so name you and you keep him. saying, and every time you see his name as a home brewer, you just become so happy for this guy. Cause you're like, oh, this fucking guy. How happy is he, right? How you're happy, happy because he? he's happy. He brewed weird. so much good beer that yeah. he's about to take home Ninkasi. <clears throat> Which is like one of the biggest things. And so it doesn't matter if you've ever met him or not. You're just so stoked for this person. And that person this year was Mark Shop. Congratulations, man. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, thanks, guys. Now, you, where are you from? Austin? Yes. Right. Oh. Are you okay. type? Don't type, Mark. You yeah. have to stop typing. Put your rattlesnake away. I think it's the rotary phone. It could yeah, we, did we call you on a rotary phone, Mark? If he's from Austin, he's a hipster. It looks like I'm having some internet connection oh. problems. Ignore those things. I'm getting the same notifications. We can hear you fine. That's <laughs> he's just, probably trying to debug it right now. He's that's just Skype. Yeah, Mark's coding <laughs> yeah. in the background. Oh, let me do a quick hack. What do you do for a living, Mark? Uh, actually, currently, I'm between jobs. I was a, a software consultant, and then I, I quit that, and I still work as a contractor, but... Uh, Mostly, I just uh, sit at home and brew. And brew that a boy. And how long have you been a home brewer? I've been home brewing for about nineteen years. Oh, that okay. Now, see, this is the other thing. When you see somebody win in Kasi, you almost unequivocally you know they've earned it. This isn't some kid that just showed up and 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 did this. They've earned. They've been doing it for a while. It's not Wes. It's not, you're not, you're not, you're not right. now, Mark. Let me let me clarify something too, and and help me out with this, because there was some there was some talk, there was some controversy. Every time Mark got announced um, during the banquet, he didn't have a homebrew club underneath him, so everybody thought, "How is it that that an Inkasi winner wasn't affiliated with a club?" But you did enter under a club, didn't you? 
Right, yes. I'm a, I'm a member of the Austin Zealots. Uh, there we but go. But somehow when I entered my beers, I managed not to enter a club. And they corrected it in the first round. Um, but I guess it didn't get corrected for the second round until later. I see. I, that, that's, now, that's what was being said around my table was that same thing. Because he's a zealot. Yeah, or or, or yeah. That may, well, he's, he's got no club. Maybe it didn't get pushed through. Now he was wearing the Viking horns, and the whole zealots table went nuts when he was winning. I mean, come on, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, so, right. That and, makes him a zealot to me. Yeah. And Austin did so well in general. The right. zealots did that. You were kind of like, well, he has to. You know, it was yeah. a weird thing. But now, did your points go toward the zealots, though? I think they did eventually. Okay. But I don't know what the totals look like after they've updated it. I see. They haven't posted those yet. Oh, I could only hope that they take <laughs> away the trophy from the Brewing Network. Not because I'm not proud of my Brewing Network, but because because at least I could uh, at least I could stop dealing with the bullshit if uh, well, if it ends up happening that way. Who's no, paying, who's paying like, the shipping I think, charges? I think your trophy is safe. Is it? Yeah, safe? yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you guys, were, you guys won before the, the second first round, round that nobody could touch them. So. Exactly. I see. So you don't worry about that. That's oh, too bad. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> No, I'm proud to have the thing for our club, but I just thought uh, be a good easy out, you know, because then we could come back and defend next year, and then we and I could say, see, it's totally competitive. Exactly. Like Mark beat us, but I guess that's not the case. <laughs> oh well. Um, now, were you gunning for this, Mark? Because in the past, you know, guys like Gordon Strong and, and Jamil who've won it multiple times, you know, they were really out to they they entered a lot of beer. They they really. They meant to win it. Were you going for Ninkasi? Um, I have to admit, I actually was, but I wasn't expecting to get to it this year. I was thinking, you know, a three or four year plan to build up to it. Okay. Well, how many so beers did you enter into the first round, Mark? I entered 66. Wow. wow. Oh, you right. pulled a um, Nate Smith. That's what it takes. Oh, I couldn't. I wish I had that many to enter. So next year you're going for 80, I guess. Then. Okay. I guess you were, you know. Not thinking this year, maybe next year. <laughs> just, just 66. <laughs> so I'll sixty-six. I'll so sixty-six this year. What $660 in shipping? Or, or no, no, entry, entry fees, fees alone. Insider. Yeah, uh, six, yeah, 660 entrance fees. I don't know what the shipping was. And you don't have a job? No, he's in between jobs. Did Obama pay for that? <laughs> he's got a cushion. <laughs> Do you, did I pay for that? Do you have a wife, Mark? No, I no. don't. I, I okay. could guess that. Well, because yeah. I was going to say, does she know you spent <laughs> <laughs> Now, if he was smart, he'd have a PayPal account. But we now, now we've talked about this on the show. Yeah. Any 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 competition, it, it's a there's a bit of luck involved. There's a lot of luck. The first oh, thing yeah. you have and to do, and you make your luck by the, lots, yeah. of, lots of entries, yeah. and, and by brewing a fan, a, a, amazing beer because none of the luck matters if your beer sucks. Yeah, you can, you can, yeah. you can spend uh, two you know two grand on uh, entries, but if your beer blows, you can forget about it. Yeah. So yeah. obviously, you have to make good beer first. Right. But then you gotta you gotta put up the numbers. Yep. Um, How many did you have from the first round, Mark? I had uh, nine in advance. Nine. Great. Got it. There's a couple questions coming in from the chat, and since Bevo's not here, I'm just going to okay. say them out loud. Uh, um, Shrugs in the chat brought up a really good point. Why the fuck did you not just enter three more beers and make it 69, first of all? Because that's funny. <laughs> that's Second a good question. Of all, so, where did you store all those beers? Yes, I mean, that's what I was it's, wondering. It's not cool in Austin at all. Right now, no. so uh, I mean, what's, yeah, your, what's your setup? Like? Uh, it's kind of never cool in Austin. <laughs> I, I actually, I have a lot of it stored in my hallway, uh, <laughs> blocked with with cases of beer stacked about so six cases high and about five uh, long. So Mark just <laughs> keeps his AC set at forty five, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's and five long. 
Well, but that, I'm joking about that, but this is a good point because people will talk about, hey, if you want to do well in the competition, you need to overnight your beer so mm-hmm. they stay cold and all that. Are you telling me that since you brewed some of this beer that did well in the competition that it's been sitting at room temperature in your hallway? That is exactly what I'm telling you. In fact, um, I had three loggers that advanced. None of them placed, but all three of them were um, small batches that I bottle conditioned, and they, they actually never were were actually loggered. They've been sitting in my hallway warm ever since I bottle conditioned them. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Loggering in the Man, hallway. How about that? <laughs> now, this is good information. Yeah. It is. Challenging the assumptions about what, what... Why do you think that is? Why do you think so many people have said it has to be lagered, it has to be cold stored if you're ever going to do any good? Did you take special care in packaging? No, I didn't. I mean, it was, it was more because I had no space in any of my fridges or chest freezers. Okay. And then I, I, forgot, I meant to move and make space, but then I forgot. But um, <laughs> I don't know, my experience is with the loggers that the two most important things are pitching a very large, very healthy yeast culture mm-hmm. and getting the primary fermentation right. Temp- temperature. temperature, yeah. Right. Lagering, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't uh, doubt that my beers would be better if I had lagered them properly. Okay. But um, apparently it's it's not as critical as everybody says. Sure. But well, did, did you do like an extended, like did you raise the temperature towards the end, like do an extended diacetyl rest? I did. I see. Which well, is what? What would an extended rest well, that's be? Well, that's, that's kind of like the, the two-week lager that I've like proposed where you just make the whole lager in two weeks because you, rather than... Uh, do an extended like four weeks at like 45 degrees you just do three four days at, at 70 at 70 degrees okay and well, just cleans the beer up that way uh one one point that was brought up in one of the uh, uh lectures at nhc was uh, about lagering it was the uh, the guy from chucking it yeah and he said actually mm-hmm. the colder it is the less time it takes to lager okay the, the warmer it is the longer it takes to lager so if you're having like room temperature it's still going to lager. It's just going to take a little bit longer for it to clean everything up. Well, okay. I see. So really, clean up is longer when it's that's when what it's he was. Ta- that's what he was touting. Yeah. When it's warmer, warmer. Yep. Mm-hmm. which seems to somewhat counterintuitive. Yeah. I think why you're pointing that out, yeah. Tasty, too, is that yeah. because the yeast seems to be more alive when it's warmer, right? Yeah, more active. Like yeah, chewing up stuff. But it, that that was the take home message for me during that yeah. uh, that lecture. Was uh, it's it's counterintuitive. Well, okay. wait, Mr. Well, Mr. Mr. Min- Mr. Min- Min- here has done the same thing. So yeah. Guess, it must work. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. We all need a hallway. Well, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, I don't. Know, I don't know. More, more active fermentation wise, but that's where all the yeast is going to replicate better at higher temperatures. But maybe it's more productive. But if you're talking lot lower, lower temperatures, replication's already done. So that's what, what I mean. What size right? batches yeah. do you do? My standard batch size is five gallons. Okay, uh, but to get the numbers for competition, I actually started doing gallon and a half batches. Wow! Because uh, I, I can do three or four of those uh, in series at the same time. And, Heard of uh, people do it. That's in, a lot of, of my work. Stove. Wow! Interesting. So, so. so it's just so that you can just bust out a bunch of batches. Is what you're saying? Do a small. It, yeah, and also so I don't have a lot of beer left over. No, that would the first suck. time I started trying to brew a lot of beer for competition, I end up with all these kegs full of beer. That were you know slowly going stale. You don't have any friends, Mark. <laughs> I have friends, but they make a lot of beer too. I see. <laughs> just, hey, you got good friends. Just oh, not yeah. Ninkasi beer, <laughs> right? So, leading up to the first round, how often were you brewing? Uh, I was trying to brew every weekend, but then I around uh, beginning of March, I just got got tired of it because I'd started, I guess, mid December. And every weekend I was brewing through okay. December, January, and February. I see. 
And I'd meant to make a few more beers in March, but I just got burned out. Are, are you doing all grain? I'm, I'm guessing uh, yes. yes. But uh, with, with that kind of volume. Yeah, how do you yeah. all grain a gallon and a half? Yeah. I've got a really Bucket. small mash tun, a, a three-gallon cooler. <laughs> cool. I wouldn't I'm brag thinking, about that's, that. That's wide enough to fit a false bottom. So like one of those uh, orange igloo three-gallon coolers? It's The brand is called Spectrum. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen a three-gallon uh, three igloo. Yeah. But it fits a false bottom. It fits a false bottom. A nine-inch false bottom will just barely fit in it. Nice. I like this idea. That's pretty good. How many uh, How many beers were original brews for the category? So, you know, you entered 66. Were that, was that 66 individual beers or uh, yeah. 50 beers or, you know, multiple entries? It was, it was 66 beers, though a few of them were split batch where I, I did the same wort and uh, I think I did a, a pale ale and an IPA, both from the same wort. Sure. Um, and, you know, a little more of the first runnings in the IPA. Wow. How, out of those 66, how many made it through the second round? Just nine. Nine. Wow. wow. They had two golds in the finals. That That's correct, right? Right. If I only knew that those were the two that would win, I could have saved a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, but would you have guessed that those two were the ones that were gave you the gold? Not likely. Those beers were both a year and a half old. Huh. And uh, last year I entered them in competition, and they they really didn't do well. They got mediocre huh. scores. What were yeah. they? Yeah, again, it what? was a, str- a strong Scotch ale and a oh. Russian Imperial Stout. Oh, a year and a half old. That's fine. Yeah, hmm. have some melanoidins. They can put up with a little bit of, of sure. roast and some melanoidins. Put up with age a little bit. Well, yeah. and that goes to the judging thing too. It's uh, kind of a crapshoot too, and w- where they were, but. You know, a year into it. But they, they had to be awesome beers. Of course. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Mark, have you done well in the national comp- competition before? Do you have other medals? Um, I, I've won two medals before this year. Okay. Uh, I got a bronze in 2009 and a gold in 2010. Okay. But this is the first time you've, you've entered that much beer into it. Actually, last year I entered more. I actually entered 67 last year. Ah, okay. Um, and I only had five that made it to the second round and none that medaled. Interesting. No, that medal last year. Huh? I think I know a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> Nate's got Ninkasi ahead of him after all. <laughs> well, uh, what what region did you enter in last year, uh, Mark? Into um, the Denver geez, region? I don't even remember last year. You were in the Atlanta region this year, is that right? Yeah, this First year I was round. in Atlanta. Last year I think it was, I guess it was Dallas. I think last year they still Dallas. had the region. Oh, that's so right. They did have one Dallas. Dallas. Wait, wait. You entered all 66 in the same region? You have, you, to. Have to. you have to. Oh, you, you do? To. Yeah, you do. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Unless you can't you're split. Justin. <laughs> you can't, uh, then they want to the spread rules. them out a little bit. Ah. I thought an individual could send them here or there. Uh, or could bring strategizing to a new level. I think like one individual. So your club can spread it out, but the, as an individual, you have to do it in the same place. Correct. Okay. Right. Define spread it out. Uh, did you choose Atlanta for a reason? Because everybody else was filling up. Oh yeah, fast. I, oh, they were all going fast. Yeah, out of town, and luckily I took my laptop with me. Mm-hmm. And I somebody gave me a call and said, "Hey, have you registered yet?" And I said, "No." And they said, "Well, you better get on there and do it." I see. Got it. For sixty-six beers, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, how how has winning Ninkasi changed your life? Have you been getting calls from supermodels? Uh, no, I have not. Just regular models. Oh. Yeah. Wow, I haven't won that, and I'm getting those calls. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Hi, this is Christian wow. Special. <laughs> How are you doing? Have you been getting emails from Russian brides? Hello, I'd like to come to country and learn about beer for homebrew. Have you gotten that before? 
Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> I could go check your spam me. folder. You take me for a wife. I like anal. Yeah, I'm sure it's all in your spam folder, Mark. Okay, I'll give a look for that. <laughs> all right. Sold by Nigerian princes. Now, uh, what else? If you were to give pointers to uh, you know to our listeners about how to, it, it's it's quite an achievement, and and I'm always so proud of the person who does it. Uh, any pointers of of how to win in Kasi? Uh, well, it's, it sounds silly, or I guess it sounds trivial but just brew a lot of beer yeah um not just to enter but um just by brewing so many different beers so many different styles i really learned a lot yeah so in the last two years i guess i've really been uh, going crazy and i've i've done every style in the bjcp guidelines that a boy except for except for french cider and traditional perry yeah, god f, damn it f uh, the french that was going to be my follow-up do you did you enter meads and ciders this year i did you did great i, did. I had three meads that advanced right so okay. how many entries in cider? <laughs> Too many. Too many. I, I want an answer. <laughs> I want as an much answer. as she would let it. How uh, many entries? But but again, uh, what what's your favorite beer style? I mean, you brewed everything, and you got to have kind of your pet style. Well, uh, right now I'm really into smoked beers and sour beers, mm. and Me I too. especially I'll love sour beers. Nice. <laughs> Not I've been digging boy. on a lot of smoke beers. Lately. I give them half a clap. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't do the smoke beer so much. I don't like them so much either. No. Actually, it's really only that one. It's it's only peat malt. That's the only one that offends me. I can't well, do that's it. The guy, that's the guy in Chuck and I said, don't do the peat malt. He did. He said, I was like, see, that's why you're a smart man. Peat malt. Like, are you using peat malt in your smoke beers? I use peat no, malt. I don't. You don't. What do you use? I use the German rock malt, mostly. Yes. Okay. All right. They say the peat malt for the... Shitty yes. beers you want to make for the, the single malt <laughs> for the trash can. <laughs> no, the, the single malt theoretical people. I see. Got it. All right. So you got it. Now I like. Now Jamil has said this before. You know, in the beginning of his tenure with the BN, he was like, "You got to brew all the time." Yep. And oh, I yeah. said it too. People ask, they go, "Come on, come on. How can your beer be that bad? You, you listen to this great information all the time. You do all these interviews, and I always say it's because I don't brew." I don't practice. Right. So I, I like that you're kind of saying that, Mark. You've, yeah. you've learned a bunch just by actually doing it over and over and over again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jamil has dumped more beer than you've brewed. <laughs> right. But Jamil also did every style, like Mark just said. Yeah. Hey, I did yeah. every style. Yeah, and he's yeah, very good right. point. He said it for years, yeah. uh, even before he was on the show. You yeah. have to brew every style if you want to master the style, well, brew the style. Learn ingredients you know, he, and process. He, he may have entered 80 beers one year. Right. I, I remember meeting him. Man. Really early on, and uh, it was he was on his way to brewing every beer mm, right. in the style guidelines, and I thought that's just ludicrous. So yeah. I, I'll say it again: it's not just that Mark did all these batches of beer and right. entered in in multiple numbers. When I see the guy walk on stage that wins Ninkasi, I know that he's put in his time one way or oh, another. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't care if it's that he put in that many beers in the first round. I don't give a shit because the story behind that is that he brewed so often and so much that he right. learned how to brew great beer. Yeah. You there's you really don't get it without it. So I say every guy walks on that stage because Nikasi deserves the applause of the of the of, of all of us. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's not a crap shoot. You know, yeah. Well, and and so were the, some of the beers that you brewed that you entered were they first time brewing the style or have you repeated some of the styles or repeated every style at least once just to see or you know what I mean? Yeah. Were some right out of the gate like that's a pretty good. I'm going to enter it and see what happens. Uh, no, some of them were first time hmm. uh, for the style. Like uh, the American Dark Lager that advanced to the second round was the first time I ever brewed that. Hmm. 
Where did you get your recipes from if you're doing every style? Did you make them up? Uh, pretty much. I usually start from the style guidelines themselves. Okay. And they give hints on ingredients and traditional yeah. techniques, and then yeah. they give you the ranges for IBUs and color and, and gravity. And f- from that, you can pretty much cobble together a basic recipe. Um, then I go online and sort of look up what other people are saying that they use. Got it. And then I just sort of, you know, pick what, what sounds right to me. Usually, uh, I'm biased towards whatever ingredients I already have on hand. Yeah, okay. Do you keep a lot of ingredients at home? Uh, yeah, I've got about uh, five different base malts that I keep in stock, and then I have about 20 different specialty grains. I usually have a pound or two around. Where do you brew? Do you like a garage or a brew shed, or what do you have? Yeah, I've got a detached garage, okay. so I brew right in front of the, the garage door. Okay. Unless I'm doing the small batches, which happens on my kitchen sink. Oh, it does. Okay. Your gallon and a half, say, just happen on the stove. Right. Uh, what's your brew system normally if you're doing your five-gallon batches? I've got a 10-gallon igloo uh, that I use for a mash tun. Yeah. And then I've got this 8-gallon uh, stainless steel pot that I picked up when I was living in Europe. Okay. And then just like a standalone burner and... Yeah. Yeah. See? Simple. You brew on anything, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. Just just do it often, and you'll you make great beer on anything. It doesn't matter. Well, he can. <laughs> well, yeah, when I say you, I mean everybody but me. <laughs> <laughs> just get out there and do it often. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, I couldn't be happier for you, man. For this sure. Is where you now? Did it? Did it? You, you said you were surprised. You thought it might take a couple of years. Um, did it mean a lot to you that night when you when you got the award? Oh yeah, it certainly did. Uh, and I, I really kept expecting that uh, that I'd wake up or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. I really didn't. I really didn't think it was possible to win it with just two medals either. So, well, it's two gold. It is these days. Yeah, two gold in particular, for <laughs> yeah. sure. But two golds. Now, you say just two medals, all right? Two, First round points are really important, too. But two medals in the second yeah, round. Yeah, I don't care if they're golds or not. Oh, yeah. That's True. enormous. If yep. they're two golds, you're a badass. In my yep. book, it's done. You're a badass. Yeah. That's amazing. There wasn't very many people winning multiple medals. Right. And we've seen that in the past, but the, it's the, not with very many people. The, the bar is up. It's yeah. even harder now. Than yeah, it has to be, the bar is way up. So now. many Which is great for good brewers. brewers. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Well, sort of a fallacy with, with the second round. I, I see. For instance, like IPA, for instance. There's about 670 entries or something in that category. Yeah. And then they give a first, second, and third. Well, to me, the guy who wins third, is he really, I mean, they award like points like, what, 12.84 or 12.86, say. Something like that in the second round. Okay. Does, does the guy that get a third really <laughs> that far behind the guy who gets first? That's a good when point. When there's 670 entries? That's an excellent point. Yeah. At that point, it's not weighted those, at all. those yeah, judges yeah. are Wait. just going, uh, oh, great, yeah. really great, kind of great. Yeah when, <laughs> yeah, when you're doing the mini best of show for the category, yeah. you're just, oh, thank God we got it down to three. And then the last, like, who's first, second, third, is sort of like an afterthought. Somebody may I stand see. out. But really, it's just you're just yeah. kind of like we're out of here. It's uh, almost irrelevant. This guy, they're that guy, all we're so out of here. Good. They're all amazing well, at that it, point. It's, yeah. it's, they're all great yeah. in their own way. I don't yeah. want to diminish Mark's gold medals, but it, I've seen it more often than not. The, the I've seen a guy have like four bronze medals in the second round. Okay, and yeah. and not getting in Kasi. Right. I, I'm saying like, oh, wait a minute. He had four medals in the second round, and in like say competitive categories where he's got yeah, like hundreds and hundreds of beers entered. And oh, yeah, I don't know something about that scoring. Well, that's a good point. I see what you mean. Weighted by number of entries. Like yeah. Kind of well, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, it should be like uh, should be more like 
12 points, 11 points, 10 points for first, second, and third. Mark did have such a big gap. Mark did have a golden stout, which is a huge that's a, that's category. A, that's a big one, yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Goes, yeah. There's like four subcategories and right. you know so many entries. Like That's a huge accomplishment just in itself. You know? On the same note, Tasty, the way you describe it does make sense to me. But also then, to be of the final three... And to have to find something that stands out to give the one the gold is also very impressive because something about that right. beer, and maybe it's small. But to right? me, that stresses the judging. But, yeah. Can yeah. you really delineate that well at that level? I do see I, what you mean. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, yeah. They're all probably 41 point beers. Whatever, so. <laughs> sure. And uh, not 45, JP. They're not 45. 45. What, what were your, uh, your scores, Mark? What, you know, on the, on the beers that won? If you if you know in that. the second round, yeah, in the second I don't, round. No, I haven't seen my score sheets. So. Oh, okay. How about the range? What was your lowest scoring beer that went to the second round? You know oh, that? Jeez, ish. I think I had one in the mid thirties. Mid thirties, and your highest? Do you remember that ish? Uh, I think uh, at least one of them was in the forties. Did you have anything that that looked like a score that it should have gone to the second round, but it didn't? And you went, "What the fuck?" I, I did. I, there was a couple that were in the forties that didn't place. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, that, it happens. That Frustrating. Just, that yeah. just, just rips your heart out. <laughs> it does rip your heart. I'm sure of it. Because you're, you're going, look, I knew it was good. And well, they it knew it, it was good. It happens enough you get used to it. I see. Yeah. Definitely. Well, after 66, yeah. getting your heart ripped out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, are you going to go for it again, Mark? Are you gonna, is, do you like it? Are you going to keep doing this? I would, I would like to. Yeah. I think you should. Oh, he's going to give Gordon a run for his money. <laughs> Someone's got to get four. Get yep. those gallon jugs out. Well, yeah. Got to get to two first. That's right. true. You got to get three or four. <laughs> <laughs> We're just pulling for you, man. Well, and the zealots must be awful proud of you. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really proud of them. The, uh, we had a great year. We had, I think, four first place and two uh, second place. Yeah. yeah you guys I, I saw you guys' medals. name up there a lot. Yeah. That was pretty good. You guys did kick ass. You kicked ass. And they brought kegs to club night, which is cool for a club being from so far away. Yeah. It's pretty In nice. Texas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All yeah, right. Actually, I, I was the one who uh, drove the kegs up. Oh, you oh, did? Nice. Good for you, Mark. He's definitely pulling a lot of weight in the club, man. That's yeah. amazing. That's really cool. He probably had his kegs in the front seat with AC on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Everyone else is strapped to the roof. In the trailer in the back. Yeah. yeah what a jerk, Mark. Robbie's dog. <laughs> yeah, all those one-gallon kegs. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, congratulations to you. Uh, I, it really... I get it, and I think it's awesome. So congratulations to you and to the Austin Zealots who kicked ass in the second round in general. That was awesome to see, too. You, you guys are great. Uh, you're a good club. I know a couple of your members, and you're all very nice homebrewers. And uh, congrats, man. Thanks for being with us. Well, thanks very much. So I guess we'll see you in uh, Philly next year. You plan on going? Oh, definitely. Okay. And you're going to enter, what do you think, in 120 beers in the first round? <laughs> well, the, there's, there's 98 subcategories, so that that's the limit right there. I see. <laughs> you can know he knows this for a reason. <laughs> yeah, he's like, look, I thought this through. <laughs> you going to drive him there? Yeah. Yeah. Will you be driving your beer to Philly? I might be. He's like, look. Uh, he hasn't discounted this idea. Depends on my job situation, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't get married in that's between. That's awesome, man. There's a lot of tech in Austin. You'll be fine. Yeah. Congrats, Mark. You're you're a badass, man. Anybody who gets Nikasi, you are a brewing badass. We well, applaud you. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. I'll be on. All right, Ed, and we'll have you Thanks, back bud. too once we come up with a once we do a stout topic. Uh, here's what happens: you win Nikasi, we start bugging you to come on the right. show. That's what happens. Or at least send so. beers. Yeah, a gallon at a time. <laughs> We're to send us a gallon of beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. Thanks, brother. 
Hey, thanks, guys. Cheers. Wait, he's your brother? Yeah. No, you didn't know that. Mark Crossley? Yeah, Mark Crossley Shop. Shit. Mark Crossley Shop. Or is it Shoppy? (laughs) Sounds like a shitty R&B group. (laughs) All right, we are Mark Crossley Shop. (laughs) All right, let's start with Nate uh, before we go to break. Let's get into it a little bit. Let's start on Nate. We're not done with the show yet? I thought we were done with the show. No, we're just getting into our homebrew topic of the night. We're getting to the part where we get paid. Yeah, see, give you a couple weeks off. You guys are ready to go home already. I'm ready to go home right now. Don't be such a pussy. I don't want to go home. Ten minute break so I can go get some coffee? Nope. Shit. You can go get some coffee, though. All right. Go ahead. Hey, you know, or get mugged out there. So here's what we thought. You know, we always do an NHC recap, and a That's lot right. of times it's just talking about all of our drunken moments and how much fun we have. Yeah. Those are good, too. Uh, yeah. We'll get to that, too, right? Wait, wait, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're not cutting that out, right? But since but since one of us actually went and paid attention and took some notes, we thought, hey, how about a highlights reel of uh, the different talks? Uh, one thing I think, uh, well, a lot of things, but, but something that stands out about the Seattle conference is how much attention they paid to the lectures and the speakers and the topics. And I think they hit a home run. They really, they they picked a lot of good topics. For example, um, they cut out the bullshit talk that is Justin Crossley for the last (laughs) couple years. Oh, I missed that. You got to have an excuse to break a carboy film, man. Come on. I I didn't see you up there. Uh, That was the most entertaining uh, ever. (laughs) But that's why I bring this up is my thing is entertainment. And I think Seattle really focused on information. And and they all do. Don't get me wrong. But I think they really did well uh, with the topics this year. So Nate went and sat in on a bunch of them and took back uh, kind of a highlight reel. And I think uh, something that JP will be stoked that we'll start with is IPAs. Yay! Yes. Let's teach everyone how to brew more. Our good friend Mitch Steele (laughs) went up to NHC this year. And you know he's got a a book coming out. Right. And it's about the history of IPA. Yeah, I noticed that a lot of my notes... I was looking back at them where people who are, have books coming out soon. So <laughs> I'm helping these guys along too, which oh, I'm more yeah. than happy to do. There's some really good research being done. Well, that's about what makes for right the now. great lecture, right? Yeah, exactly. They've and, done uh, their homework. Mitch had a really cool talk about historical IPA. And, and Mitch really did his research. You could tell by the way he was talking. Yeah, he about really it did. Stuff. You one, sat in on this one too? Oh, right? it was an yeah. awesome. I, 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 I think I told him at least three times. I saw Doc. Yeah, no, it, it was an awesome lecture. Actually, well, Mitch went to England to, to learn about the it, history of it. Yeah, it, and it it wasn't about building an IPA. It was about the history of IPA. Okay, and, yeah, and he it, talked about this the complete history too. I mean, he went to Bow Road or Bow Street in London where they brewed the first IPA just so he could get kind of like a feeling of what it's like to walk down that street. Like, really took all these up. things to to heart, you know, about yeah. really getting into the history of IPA. And he really led off with one of the things that this myth still gets repeated all the time about. IPA being this really strong beer, extra hop to survive the journey to India, and how right. that isn't necessarily it, true it, it at all. Brewed on purpose because right. of that. There's all kinds of history about it not being sold as a beer specifically for IPA or other hoppy beers that were around at the time, or other strongly alcoholic beers, maybe even stronger than IPA was at okay. that time. So debunking a lot of historical myths about what IPA was created for, had a lot of cool basic info about about that one for sure. Which I love because, especially when you first get into beer, we all think we know the story of IPA. It's like the first thing that we learn that we like to brag to our friends about, which is cool. It gives us something to talk about. But a bunch of it's been wrong. Yeah, a bunch so of it's, it's been wrong and repeated forever. So this just becomes part of our lexicon about how we yeah, talk about yeah, IPA yeah. when you... You're at a bar with a friend who's never had the style. Oh, it's a really strong beer that was made to survive the journey to India. Well, <laughs> yeah, not, not really. Yeah. It was the one that could. Right. It was the one that was popular, but it was 
a signature of a lot of things that were happening at the time, the use of pale malt, all these things. So Mitch had a lot of really cool examples of historical IPA recipes. And one of the things that really struck me was the pounds per barrel that were being used for IPA brewing in the mid-1800s really rivaled the amount of pounds per barrel well, IPA of, being hops, brewed, yeah, of oh. uh, hops being used it, now. Like, it's amazing. Much more really. than now. Yeah. Oh, they were more than at least double. Yeah, equal or even more than now in many it, cases. It was incredible. You know? I mean, it, did there, he talk about what the alpha acid difference might be? Like, it was it was. I'm that sure part it was it? much lower, but no, uh, they were lower. He didn't he didn't talk about that. No, but no, but it no because they they were trying to uh, decipher some of these old recipes, which mean nothing to us. Have you ever listened to one of these uh, or read one of these old recipes? It's like. What are they talking about? How much 25 right. stone of... Yeah, yeah exactly. And a bushel or two of this and that kind of thing. Right. And so there's somebody, he, I forgot who he was, he was talking about the the guy he referenced that uh, actually translates all this stuff for us. Yeah. That's oh, the blog, uh, Shut Up About Barclay yeah, Perkins, yeah, which uh, Chris yeah. in England has helped that guy translate a lot of recipes. He's a beer historian from right. the UK, so, yeah. So they, they, they uh, translate what all this stuff means. Okay. And really kind of translate it into a way that you know, his historically accurate and accurate in a way that if you want to take a step, step through history and try and recreate one of these, how you could do it yourself, which okay. I thought was really cool. So it's kind of a preview of some of the stuff that we're going to expect from Mitch's book about IPA. It's going to have recipe examples as well as history and then modern information about There's IPAs like 50, as well. 50 recipes in there or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. And, and, and kind of how even went into kind of how the, the business part of it. Yeah. Who, who was in bed with who. Uh, down on right. the docks about who got stuff shipped, and when, and the the first guys uh, got that done, and they they got kickbacks and things and 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 how it, it ah. kind of introduced the whole thing. I see. It's all about right. money too. Modern oh, yeah. distribution. Yeah, yeah. Even back then, right? Yeah. Our first hints at that long range distribution and all the deals that were being done to create okay. that. One of the questions I wanted to ask Mitch, but didn't get a chance to ask him, is see if he ever saw evidence of IPA being diluted on the other end, whether it was being shipped as a concentrated oh, beer. Oh yeah, I'd heard people assert that before, but never had a. So when I see Mitch again, or if it's in his book, when I get a chance to read it, I want to look for. Look for that piece of information. And, That'd and be he, cool. he even talked about uh, them getting it very attenuated because they had exploding kegs right yeah. on the way there. And and he mentioned that. So if yes. you listen Critical to the uh, yeah. if you listen to the Candy Brewit episode that I'll be posting, where he sat with Tasty and Jamil talking about Arrogant Bastard, we we talked about the book a little bit too. And that is something also that he brought up that fermentation did occur on the ship right over to india and so it, it was it was absolutely something that that was a factor in the beer yep. it kept attenuating right well they uh, had to go across the equator it's hot yeah, and, and yeah. then the hold of the ship yeah and, and he said it was a they ended up being it ended up being a very dry style right and a very finished style which uh you know modern times we praise the ones who end up being a very finished and dry ipa because they can tend to be sweet yeah, he had data on some of these from what they could tell from the brew logs of the mid-1800s. I mean, you're talking maybe a couple of Play-Doh or 105 gravity or yeah. less in some cases. Like really, Interesting. Really yeah, yeah, I remember well, him saying Well that. below 1010. Uh, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. pretty cool. A lot of great stuff in, in that talk. And he did this, uh, he talked a lot about mid-1800s history, of course, and then talked about the temperance movement even in the uk and we of course had prohibition in the u.s the temperance movement in the uk really destroyed that beer as a 
strongly alcoholic beer and and really even as an assertive beer as we know it. He had this cool chart that showed the original gravity of IPA in the UK really taking a huge dip. Yeah. So you have that temperance movement and World War One and Two really that kind of decimated our interpretation of or the world's interpretation of that style at the time. And okay, after that. Uh, there was really a kind of a cool segue to the rebirth of IPA in the U.S. It's happened, obviously, in the last 15 years in the craft beer movement. <laughs> JP's loving this shit. I could, yeah. No, the, talk, the info is great, but the resurgence, I don't give a shit about. Well, the, the, and he, he Google mapped things. Yeah. The old map, the new map, and said, yeah, you can even still walk down there and see this, this, and this. Okay. Absolutely. Which made me want to go That's there. That's cool. I, history I, he I, had I really a, like. But Mitch had a beard that was really kind of a turning point for him, and I think at a turning point for the style. There was a, a, beer, at GAB, <laughs> a beer at GABF in 1991 from Steelhead, uh, Bombay Bomber. And it was a beer that was uh, really left a mark in his mind about IPA. And I thought that was really cool that he brought the stats about the beer, mm-hmm. how it was brewed, and it really gave a, a context of how IPA is, has progressed since then. What, what was it that left the mark? Was it the amount of hops? Was it the dank that we talk about now? It's what a 100% the- Chinook dry hop in that beer, which okay. you figured, you know, is Ouch. a big component in a lot of dry hops now, but as a, only as that as a dry hop, it'd be really piney and aggressive, but... I think it was such an eye opener that that was one of the only beers that was had that amount of aggressive aroma of American hops at the time. Oh, I know? see. Okay. It was only like a six percent beer, but uh, in fifty seven IBU. But he made it. He made a point to call out that beer as really a turning point for IPA in the U.S. That was pretty cool. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad we can educate JP about IPA. <laughs> Me too. I, no, I actually really wanted to go to his talk. I should have forced JP to go to the thing. I wanted to. I the... was I was working though. <laughs> but no, sir, I mean I love history. I'm a big history buff, yeah. and uh, and I w- I will learn anything about about beer. I just don't want to make just because I don't drink the beer doesn't mean I may not ever make it. Yeah, yeah. He had a final. He had a, th- a chart at the end, which I thought was pretty cool too. That showed the convergence of West Coast and East Coast. IPA brewing in the in the okay. modern age, like in terms of alcohol level, IBU, and um, color, and the uh, West Coast beers were a little bit more alcoholic on average, but the level of IBU and color and those sort of things are really converging versus what we may have expected. Like, yeah, you know, there's this interpretation of the East Coast being more malty beer with less IBU and that kind of thing. But and he's da- saying not so. The much. data didn't really support that. So. Right. So now we can't yell out West Side anymore unless we're gangsters. <laughs> Unless we're ready to shoot somebody. Sharks or jets. <laughs> it's really converging as a beer across the U.S. And the craft beer movement, I think. It's yeah. pretty cool. Okay. That was a great talk. Uh, sounds like a good talk. All right, we've got more to cover. We're gonna, we've got Stan Hieronymus, who did a, a new hop varieties talk. Now, everybody's interested in that. Even JP, the douche. I am. Uh, is interested now, right? I mean... I love it. I love things, and I also love some stuff. Also, our friend Ray Daniels, who... Look, I'll listen to anything that guy has to say about beer. we oh, got yeah. some more. So, uh, more from Nate when we come back. Uh, we're going to learn about hop varieties. We're going to learn about describing beer. Uh, all kinds of different things uh, when we come back. And uh, it's the session. So hang in there. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network.
Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like pub discounts that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymergy Magazine and eZymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join right now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones, no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the Home Brewed Chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. This is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about Heretic Evil Twin. You might be familiar with my homebrew recipe, which uses massive late hopping to create a balance between the malty sweet and the hoppy bitter, along with an outrageous malt and hop character. I wanted a beer with the same bold hop and malt character, so we played around with the homebrew recipe until we were able to make a great commercial version, too. We've created a beer rich in malt character, full of caramel, toast, biscuit, and an ever-so-subtle roast note. On top of that, we piled in an insane amount of citra and Columbus hops at the end of the boil, as well as in dry hopping. This damn-the-cost approach to hopping gives Heretic's Evil Twin a great blast of citrus and tropical fruit that can't be matched by any other hop. The result is a bold, malty, hoppy, but easy-drinking beer. This is our top seller, our flagship beer, and I couldn't be prouder of it. Cheers. To find Heretic Beers near you, click on Find Some at hereticbrewing.com. 
you know the Brewing Network's very own Code Writing Fool's son, Ryan Wolf, has opened a beer mecca in Missouri. The Wolf Brow House of Beer has hundreds of beers from all over the world and is conveniently close to I-70 in St. Peter's. Free tastings, Saturdays 4 to 6 p.m., featuring special guests from local breweries. The best build-your-own six-pack around with every style represented. And kegged craft beer available for your kegerator, too. There's always something new at the Wolf Brow House of Beer. New and hard to find beer every week. No two visits are the same, just like passing out at the Rat Pad. Hi, this is Ryan from Wolf Brow House of Beer. Mention the Brewing Network when you stop in for some cool, free stuff. Mention JP for a swift kick in the ass. The Wolf Brow House of Beer. Beer with personal service from a member of the BN Army. This is code. Visit my son's shop or I'll yank the fuck BN website down. www.wolfbrow.com Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops, hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager, made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today bar alone I'm sitting apart from the laughter and the cheer while scenes from the past rise before me just watching the bubbles in my beer and I'm seeing the road that I've traveled a road paved with heartaches and tears Seeing the past that I've wasted While watching the bubbles in my beer A vision of someone who loved me Brings a long silent tear to my eyes As I think of a heart that I've broken And of the golden chances that have passed me by Oh, I know that my life's been a failure And I've lost everything that made life dear And the dreams I once dreamed now are empty As empty as the bubbles in my beer Of someone who loved me 
Brings a long silent tear to my eye And as I think of the heart that I've broken And of the golden chances that have passed me by Oh, I know that my life's been a failure I've lost everything that made life dear The dreams I once dreamed now are empty As empty as the bubbles in my beer Live Beer Radio The Brewing Network the Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah. some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. It's beer. <laughs> Network. The Brewcasters are back. It ain't beer. Whatever. First show from Studio Double D and having a good time while we're at it. Double D under the fluorescent lights. I'd like to thank More Beer once again, our sponsor of this show and every session that we do. I'd also like to thank uh, Mr. Adam Schumann uh, for just for just for being Schumann. You know, sometimes sometimes uh. Schumann is Schumann. And uh, what is this? What did just, I just get? He just came into Studio Double D. Figured he'd be on I, tour. I wasn't going to let him in, but you know. He's crying and shit. This is what I got. You just gave JP what, like a burrito? This is un- yeah. I'm going un- to unpack it. Because this if you didn't bring one for right everybody, that's bullshit. You shouldn't have brought anything in. Well, didn't your mother teach you? Any- didn't your father? Oh, never mind. He's dead. <laughs> He's not going to teach you anything anymore. There's a bunch this? of drugs packed in. Foil. I'm just taking out my anger on Schumann now. <laughs> Wait, oh, you touched it again. Too soon. Was it too soon? It's been a while. I brought. A- I got a sandwich. That- <laughs> What kind of sandwich did Schumann bring you? I think it's a roast beef. For some reason, uh, my girlfriend got it in her head that I like au jus sandwiches, mm-hmm. and I fucking hate them. <laughs> so she makes them. And, and by I, your girlfriend, you mean Schumann, who lives with you now. Well, yeah. Who brought you the au jus. Turn, See, your, turn your mic back on. on. God damn it. Yeah, but did. I can't tell her yeah, that I don't did. like them because she loves them. Nah. So I have to deal with them. And she that's likes what the that au jus sandwich. The jus. Tell her now. Just tell her now. It's on the radio, so it doesn't matter. She's not tell her how much you love her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Listen, I'm sick of you and your fucking roast beef sandwiches. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Was that on purpose? Aju? Is that? It should have been for me, shouldn't it? That's effed up, Schumann. Aju? Why does the German have to bring an Aju sandwich in? No. <laughs> I can't believe that Schumann's messing with your girlfriend's roast beef sandwich. Anyway. Well, I can. Whole thing's a mess. He's he's a lonely guy. <clears throat> hey, speaking of roast beef sandwiches, for a limited time only, AdamandEve.com <laughs> will let you pick three free adult DVDs with your order. That's right. You go to AdamandEve.com right now, and you get almost any item for fifty percent off. And when you do, you can choose uh, from three free adult DVDs. You can choose from genres such as anal, amateur, Asian, big breast, big butts, bisexual, chunky. We all like Chunky, am I right? Chunk in the trunk. Am I right? You get more of that. (laughs) Not all of us. Uh, Co-eds. By the way, what is... Co-ed. I never understood when co-eds is used to describe women. It's it's an age group. It's college girls. Uh, Women college girls. But why? Because isn't co-ed... 
it's a general by, term. By definition, yes. it means multi Correct. dudes and chicks. So an well, I, think, I think it was a time when they switched over from all boys and all yep. girls colleges to, co-ed. Yep. to the co-ed uh, thing, and, and which ended up meaning chicks. Right. I mean boner all the time. They don't want right. to say young girls; they might get sued or something. Well, uh, well, because there is. Well, you don't want to interfere with the eighteen to nineteen year old range, which is the technical range for the young. I see. And then oh. what do you do for twenty to twenty three? You go co-ed. All right. There's more categories. There's fetish. There's gay. There's interactive POV. Oh, I like the POV. And there's lesbian. There's milfs. Uh, there's etc. There's so many different categories. Uh, etc. Et is fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> you haven't lived until you've seen some etc. Before. Right. Anyway, go to adamandeve.com right now. Use coupon code BNARMY. That's B-N-A-R-M-Y. And uh, you get to, uh, 50% off one item. Three free DVDs. You get to choose them. They don't just send you whatever. Uh, you, you know, you're going to end up with a bunch of gay dudes in your uh, mail. T- typing That's not typing what you gr- group in college. <laughs> Do that together. Uh, and then also you get that gift that uh, nobody could talk about. It's a mystery. Yeah, gift when you that. get the gift, you won't be talking about it either. And look, if you're on the run or you just can't wait, you can access all of this uh, via your mobile phone. Just go to adamandeve.com on your mobile phone and you can check it out there too. Mobile. All right, Nate. Uh, yes, you want to do single hops or yeast with Neva, or you want to do I want to do yeast categories such as single hops. Let's do yeast new, with Neva. Let's do new hop varieties. New hop varieties with Stan. Yeah, Stan also has a book coming out fairly soon. He's oh, one yeah. of my favorite writers in the way he approaches stuff. It's he, he gathers tons of data and he's really geeky about it. So I kind of dig that stuff. He really presented a ton of data about new hops and. And uh, really helped get homebrewers excited about understanding some things about hops that I'd never heard before. He brought uh, four single hop beers that were brewed by, I believe it was Tom Schmidlin, who's one of the organizers. Tom's a good dude. Yeah, he's a really good dude. He brewed single hop beers that were from hops that Stan provided. Uh, three hop varieties that really stood out were Meridian, Mosaic, and El Dorado. Okay. Uh, hops that are, were brand new to me, I'd heard of. I've never heard of Meridian. Yeah, that was one that's that's hitting the scene. I don't know where that one was developed, but that one had a really interesting lemon pie, fruit punch kind of a quality to it. it really along the lines of this oh. tropical fruit. They're thinking, you know, hops like citra and that kind of a family as far as like comparatives as opposed to just straight citrus or, okay. or dank or spicy or something like that. So that was kind of the theme for some of the hops that he brought, like Mosaic and El Dorado had their variations on those kind of ideas too. El Dorado had this intense pear or candy-like quality and Mosaic had as well as grapefruit and tangerine some of the classic descriptors things like uh, blueberry and lime candy or some of the mm. cool descriptors that could kind of go along with that and really thought that that fit the uh, descriptor of what we were getting when so he sent these beers around as he went through his talk and he really went through a lot of interesting data that he's going to include in the book and some things that I had never seen or uh, never heard before or never thought of before i thought were pretty interesting uh he talked about this chemical compound called 4mmp and i won't even try and break it down into individual chemical components something along the lines of uh former capto 4-methyl pentan uh it's a really black current like quality uh as a chemical and it's really elevated in a lot of american hop varieties including the ones that I, the newer ones that i just mentioned but in addition to that Hops like Citra, Cascade, Chinook, and those kind of hops have uh, have this chemical, whereas we don't find this in a lot of the traditional noble hops. So it's okay. a chemical that when is when hops are sent through something like a gas chromatograph and they separate out all these chemical components, that's one you can really point to and say, that's a North American hop. I see. And I thought that was a pretty cool piece of data that I'd never heard 
mentioned when talked about hops before, and that's something that Stan brought to the table. I thought that did, was pretty cool. Did he cool. give a, a flavor threshold for that? No, he didn't in parts per million or something like that. A, a no. lot of things are like they're, they're just starting to come up and we're not starting to taste them because they're new and something. Right. And we're going to get to that flavor threshold where some people can taste it, some people can't. Okay, yeah. And it, and I kind of wonder if, if maybe that's more what it is. It's, yeah. It's been there, but now we're pushing that limit that's, to where now it's hitting that flavor threshold. He, yeah, this is really interesting you bring that up, too, because he's talking about Citra in particular in the way that there's a different, very different gender perception uh, among people and how they perceive that hop. I forget how he said it was described by versus women versus men, but there was a pretty clear, distincting uh, boundary about, you know, one said lemon, one said maybe, uh, yeah. you know mixed fruit or something like that i forget so, what the exact terminology so, was but there is definitely something at play there with with these type of chemical components so there's, there's maybe a, you know a, a mixture of what's in there yeah and uh <clears throat> some people are more super tasters for certain things I'm did he describe tasty. el dorado as like refried beanie or anything <laughs> like that <laughs> uh nothing there no 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 not uh, not the current crop year we'll look for that in the next crop year maybe right. we'll see you know that's too bad because i like that flavor i'm a <laughs> i'm a fan refried beans um meister from the be. chat room just sent me a message he said there was a hop that he believed was unnamed it was yeah. the second hop do you know anything more about yeah that, that was this hop that stan i i'm not sure if it was from a i think it was a small commercial grower but it could have even been like a hobbyist grower and in New Mexico, is he called it uh, LR Neo Mexicanus? I think and it had a very coarse, rough bitterness. I think it had kind of maybe a lineage that would be close to cluster, like a mm. native North American hop. Sort of a greasy feel. I mean, not that so much, which is more of like the the bitterness was was like you know metallic or sandpaper. You could tell if you mm-hmm. used too much of it, but that was a cool like intro hop. And he was talking about the the lineage of a lot of American hops, and he used that as an example of something that. Was probably native to North America. We don't know where it came from. I was, I was but just say some of the early uh, American hops, right, which were, which were bitter and kind of nasty, mm. uh, and they 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 learned to tone them down. Okay, and he's, it was a cool segue in a in a way because he talked about how these hops historically they survived in North America, but they didn't have very desirable qualities. But they've been bred with classic European hops, and we've created the Simcoe's and Citras and Amarillos and cascades and the hops that have become famous as american hops around the world and how those are really becoming a primary ingredient in brewing whereas you know less than 20 years ago hops were such a secondary ingredient in brewing now with the popularity of american pale ales and ipas and whatnot bigger beers yeah signature hops are huge they have to take the stage they have to take the stage and there's no substitute for an amarillo or a simcoe or citra like they're yeah there's some ingredient onto themselves like black patent or munich malt or something like this right? instead of something that would just uh counterbalance the malt exactly anything would a primary ingredient whatever yeah yeah really a primary a 60 minute hop is all you used to have now you have late additions yeah i thought that, that was a really i mean it's obvious right when when somebody says that but it's cool to think about that in terms of research for example the germans now are developing hops that not only are high alpha and more stable than hops like Hollertau, which they have a hard time getting it to survive, you know, over the long term, but hops that have a citrus-like quality. Some of this 4-MMP that Stan was talking about. There's a hop that is going to be released. The the whole research institute in Germany does uh, hop breeding for the country. and, and uh, Of course they do. They, they have a hop called uh, Mandarina uh, Bavaria. 
Baruna. Baruna. <laughs> I think it should have been called that, but uh, <laughs> apparently it has a lot of this 4MMP. It's like a traditional German hop crossed with Cascade. Okay. Which the Germans never would have developed a hop that has a big citrus character 15 years ago. They're or doing this they, for the American they market. they mixed with another breed, for yeah. example. It, they're they're yeah. doing this for the American or the world hop market now. I There's know. demand for this stuff. Well, yeah. it, it goes back to we're not making beer, we're selling beer. And they, if we want to get worldwide... Yeah, you're marketing beer. Yeah, we have, to yeah. Mar- we have to market it that way. He threw out another tidbit of info about uh, German hops that I thought was pretty cool. The the country spends about 1.8 million euros a year in public money on hop research. And then I asked him my uh, follow- my follow up question during the question and answer session was, "Well, how much does the United States spend?" And he said, Zero. Maybe half a million." But and I was now, surprised it was even that high, but the Germans clearly have their priorities straight, in my opinion. I guess my question about that, though, is it, is it the is it the beer and the German beer industry that spends the money, or is, is he saying that the government? My spends understanding the money? is he was saying the government. Well, who, because my yeah. question about the American government, I would think it. I honestly would think it'd be zero. Yeah, yeah. and it's pretty. He, he may even. Uh, I have to go do a follow up with him on that one maybe at some point really find out what he meant about that yeah if it's because for example the state of washington or the state of oregon okay used to have sure. publicly funded programs and, and that I, makes sense and they don't they may still exist a little bit but they're basically gone as far wow. as i understand well, and that, they yeah. should be revamped that, i mean well, it, that right would now. be the, the the thing in the, in the phd yeah. kind of part yeah. of it and and where does the research money come into it right, right. uh <sighs> And that makes sense yeah. because because there there really should be research projects being done. A lot of that is done in the university system, mm-hmm. right. and that can be funded and privately as well. But it ends up being funneled through the government through yeah. through through the UC system in California or whatever it is in, in Oregon and Washington. But uh, yep. Yep. I would like that. I would be interested in those numbers. Yeah, send Stan an email. If I will he, even if we just get him on the show to talk about it. Because yep. if he did research it, I would like to know if there are state funded programs going into hop research yeah i'll ask him that he's been great about following up i've sent him a few follow-up questions and he's always cool. on top a great dude but uh yeah we'll find out we should also bring him on the show when the book comes out well I'm that's sure what would, we'll do even if want to do it but even if the emails kind of lead up to that just mm-hmm. to let him know what we're interested in talking about and when we get him on when the when the book comes out that i think that would be something we'd want to know is yeah, there there are opportunities there for american hop growers that didn't exist you know five to ten sure. years ago citra for example was a hop that the original crosses for that variety were done in the mid '80s, and it really hasn't had a market until now. I mean, the the trials and all the other experimental growth, uh, uh, acreage of that hop were present in the mid to late '90s, but it wasn't until the industry reached this point in the last five years or so where it's obviously been this huge hit yeah. overnight. But if it had been released as massive commercial acreage in the late '90s, it probably would have had. Yeah. Very little market. No. That's a good point. As a specialty product, like as you know, something that could create more cash than just a, the average hop being grown. Well, you know? All the research is not not only just the flavor profile. It's got to be what's survivability. Sure. You know, oh, that's what's, yeah, that's critical. That's what's going to be yeah. uh, you know mold resistant and all yeah, that economically kind of, viable? Yes. Yeah. It's not surprising that uh, like Germany would would uh, put money into hops. It's a bigger. Mm-hmm. Portion of their gross, their uh, their GDP, yeah. GDP, right? Yeah, here you know, craft beer is a small portion of our GDP, yeah. uh, right? But going forward, point, uh, yeah, Germany sees the future, and yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, they want to be a player on the world hop market. If, sure, you know, that's really interesting. And they, mm-hmm. What, what, what else pleases them more to make hops that they like to use? That would mean a lot of the beers that are being made in Europe are hops from hops that we're importing, right? They'd love to make those hops, you know, locally. I'm and sure. and, it, and it, it comes down to you know pounds per acre. 
and, and that's the science that needs to be done to figure out the right. best way to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move on I, I, yep, because we got more to cover. For but sure. that, Nate, that's fantastic. And yeah. we could do, I mean, getting Stan on to talk more about those new hot varieties oh, yeah. would be great as well. Uh, another talk that you went to, uh, our good friend, uh, Nava Parker, who, yeah. who is with White Labs. This of was one of my favorite talks. It was, you know, really cool in, uh, tidbits of info about fermentation. Fermentation Mythbusters, she called it. And it was kind of calling out homebrewers and, and our assumptions about how to deal with yeast. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, she, she didn't JP take a stage to say homebrew sucks for JP. No, oh. just kidding. <laughs> no, one of my favorites was uh, in propagation. She talked about how a one liter starter on a stir plate. Uh, 1032 original gravity with one vial of, of uh, White Labs yeast. Yeah. Leave it there for 24 hours. You don't get that much growth. Really? You only get about 1.2 to 1.3x growth of what originally was in the tube. Hmm. Not to say there isn't a lot to be said for getting the yeast active. Can That's you, a really critical Can you point, say that to me like a retard? Because yeah. when you say 1.2, 1. does that 1. mean 120% growth or 0.2% yeah. growth? So it's more than double in 24 hours. No, no, it means 20%. No. It means 20%. Yes. 20%. Yes. 20%. So it means exactly. 20%. Okay, got yeah. it. But that, that doesn't have to do with what he's talking about, viability. You're waking them up, getting them ready to like go to yeah. war, right? And well, that's fine. But she was dispelling a myth that, right. that not much growth, not exactly. much happens in the first twenty four well, hours. Everybody, so everybody thinks you're going to double your your, cell, your right. cell count, and okay. that was one liter. It's also a function of how. And Jamil's talked about this rightly. So it's a function of how much food you had to begin with. She gave the comparative data on the same slide of two liters versus one. Two liters had more than. 2x growth over one day. So, because so, uh, it had that much more food to be able to replicate. They, they know okay. when you dump them into the swimming pool yeah. how much they have to deal with. Smart little bastard. First thing yeah. they do is they look around and see how close the, the sugar cells yeah, are. Yeah, okay. they, they look around and they go, oh, we need a lot more guys. Let's not eat, let's reproduce. Yeah. That's what Bebo does. <laughs> we need a lot more guys. Let's not eat. We need yeah. a lot more guys. We need a lot more guys around here. Let's all produce. Although she doesn't say let's not eat. That's true. So, she, so what Nate says is a, a one <laughs> one liter starter versus exist. a two liter starter. Yes. It's a big difference. Yep. With the same amount. Yeah, she just beat me to the joke. So I was going to say. That. <laughs> yeah. She showed up cradling a big gulp soda and ten hamburgers. She goes, "Let's take on a bunch of guys and let's eat. Let's eat, let's eat baby." <laughs> If Shades of Grey had been written about Eaton and a bunch of dudes, Bevo would be like, oh, this book's great. I think it was. I think it was about Eaton, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, she's moist now. <laughs> 50 Shades of Fry Oil. <laughs> uh, sorry, That's Bevo. why we're giving you your own boot. Yeah, but now we can lock the door so we can say all the shit we want and we just lock that door. Notice how quiet it is in here? Oh, it's it quiet in nice this whole quiet. building. It's yeah. just silent. We can make all the noise we want. Schumann's downstairs, then we don't even hear him. And it's still quiet. He's going to fire up the guitar in a minute. (laughs) All right, what other myths did Neva dispel? She talked about uh, overpitching and how it's not necessarily a good idea. I think as homebrewers or or craft brewers, we kind of have an assumption that once we've reached a certain level of knowledge with yeast, if we can overpitch, we should probably do that if we can. Okay. But it's really a balance in how keeping uh, the proper pitching rate is a better idea than just saying let's over pitch as a rule of thumb and she gave the data to back it up in terms of finishing gravity and so uh, what happens when we over pitch then over pitching well she didn't talk as much about flavor development that one's probably harder to give some quantitative analysis on but she gave some data on finishing gravity in that you know the the most over pitch she gave uh you know standard pitching rate up to 
you know, highly overpitched in four different data points. The highly overpitched sample didn't attenuate more than the others, and actually, oh. it attenuated less than the sample I believe that was in the in the middle, which was pretty interesting and not necessarily intuitive. Yeah, you, know, you would figure that the most pitched sample would have the greatest chance of attenuating. Even if other off flavors happened, you right. would still think it would have attenuated as much as possible. Exactly, but that's not necessarily. The key being is that a little bit amount of growth or the right amount of yeast growth is critical to reaching the right attenuation. Here's what I like about this topic, and it's to oh, give yeah. my friend Jamil props yet again. Right. He is a guy who picks up on this stuff. And yep. I remember when Chad was brewing a crap load of beer out of our backyard, right? Yep. Brewing, 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 paying very close attention to his starters. And his beer was coming out fine, but there was something happening. And none of us could put our finger on it. And Jamil came in and he said, you're, you're over-pitching. Yep. And he could taste it. And he and none of us. Uh, I, I shouldn't say us, because but but I never would have thought that. I would have thought, hey, pitch more yeast, just like you're saying. Exactly. We, we tend to go the safe route. Pitch more yeast. W- what's it going to hurt? And Jamil was saying, you know what, man, you're doing everything right, but I'm tasting the fact that you're over pitching. And I just would have thought that's amazing what, what that he could pick it out about? too. But you know what, Chad started uh, doing less, and is and and. You know what the beer? That was it. Well, the especially beer just dialed in. Well, and you can't say that about every strain of yeast either. Right? Okay. Or and, or and, not and, every style. And, lager versus ale. Those kind of things. And, well. okay. and for most home brewers, if you think you're over pitching, you're probably not. Okay. You're probably under pitching. So it's a it's, rare. It's a more of a rare problem. It is. Right. But here's a guy like Chad, really focusing, doing everything oh, right, and it, and you have to come in and go. Look, here's the one thing you're doing wrong is over pitching. It's an advanced cautionary thing for yeah, sure. It's yeah. like when you're re pitching from other. Uh, batches, or you got yeast from a friend, or something like that. Oh, Chad, Chad had a had a, a stir plate, no, a four thousand milliliter uh, Erlenmeyer. Oh yeah, oxygenated. Yeah. Let it go three days. Live. Yeah, hell of a big pitch. It, yeah, exactly. So he did everything right. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, he got awesome growth, and he was probably yeah. pitching. So I'm just interested in hearing Nava say that because, yeah. uh, like, I'm just proud of my friend Jamil. I mean, that's a uh, like you said, it's an advanced problem. You don't you don't get to. You don't think of. She also did talk about flavor development and pitching rate, too. And something I thought that was counterintuitive was that she talked about higher pitching rate can equal more esters and less fusels. Mm-hmm. Lower pitching rate, less esters, more fusels. Huh. Hmm. The esters part confused me. The fusels part Makes sense. made sense, but the esters part didn't make as much sense. And her uh, the way that she addressed the questions about this was that in the presence of more yeast, there's a certain uh, pathway that's either activated or not activated, and I didn't entirely understand what was going on there, but I would have thought that if you had a, a bigger pitching rate, you would create the situation where you would be potentially creating less esters, and that's not necessarily true. Okay. We could end up with a est- more estuary beer with uh, with overpitching. With more cells. Yeah. Because we talk about a lot of, we, we talk about stressing yeast, right? When we right. talk about more esters and things like, especially when it comes to mm-hmm. hefeweizens and stuff mm-hmm. like that, there's even a point where you want to stress the yeast to get yeah. that stuff out. So you're right. This is something that we don't normally, we wouldn't talk about. No. And I heard uh, Nicole asked uh, Chris White later that evening at the banquet about for an explanation. They started talking about stuff that I had no freaking clue what they were talking and, about. And, but there's some kind of pathway that's well, actually. Pathway shit. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, and it was Chris amazing. was like, yeah. Nicole, take a fucking night off. We're trying to have dinner here. Relax already. <laughs> 
It yeah, depends. she messed up my mushroom soup with that pathway <laughs> shit. Is there, uh, did she talk about how much yeast is over pitching yeast? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, when you say over pitch, you Ooh, don't want to clearly point. go to yeah. the Chad route where he was, right. where it was, you were able to tell, but. Right. I believe it's uh, 1 million cells per milliliter uh, per degree Play Doh, kind of the classic rule of thumb craft brew pitching rate sort of thing, the one that Jamila talked about many times on the show. Okay. Yeah. And that, so that's more than that. We more know. than that, yeah, or less than that. That's sort of what is a, the basic metric for the, the so, discussion. L- let me go back to the 24 hour thing. Uh, now, yeah. I know we talked about rousing the yeast, yeah. but, and, and this isn't just because they're a sponsor, and, uh, and but. You know the reason White Labs does the the vial and yep. that re- and they take it very seriously how many what the yeast cell count is in there and Chris will come on here and tell you this better than I do. Yeah, it's so that you can it's a pitchable <clears throat> it's a pitchable vial of yeast except for potentially waking it up a little more like Doc's saying. So when Ava talks about the is she saying look if you can't do a starter for longer than twenty four hours. You're not really getting what you think you're getting out of it. Was, was no, that part I think of what her she point saying? is okay. to say if you think you're getting a lot of growth, okay. you're not necessarily right. getting a lot of growth. You're just but, rousing it, but yeah. you're not getting the growth you think you might be. Waking the cells up is not a bad okay. thing, okay. and that may be a good reason to do a starter. But don't think you're going to have necessarily double the amount of yeast yeah, that okay. you did. Yeah, the right. myth is right. that you're going to like double or triple your right. Uh, where did I read what it said? Are you sending in an army of little old ladies, or are you sending in Conan the Barbarian, right? A thousand. He's hot. So, I'd rather. <laughs> yeah. Oh, never mind. But she made the point that you you can pitch the vial of yeast and make beer. Yes. So sure. No doubt about it. It's made for that. It does that. Well, we've all done that yeah. too, haven't we? So it does. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think okay. it's what you expect out of it. You're just gonna have a little longer lag time. That's all. Right. Okay. All right. Right. I thought that was a pretty cool piece of data. To yeah. Be able to, to, you know, and I'd asked her that once before, and it was cool to have you know some cool good follow up about. How much growth you're really going to get? How much wort do you really need if you want to double cells? That kind of thing. Okay. Uh, Give this last bit of info that you have, because I want to move on to the next one, too. But I like this O2 requirements I'm seeing in your outline. Yes. Let's do that quickly. Um, Two strains she mentioned that have bigger O2 requirements than other strains for ideal fermentation. And these are strains that people struggle with in terms of attenuation or flavor development. And that's uh, WLP565. The Saison 1 strain, the classic uh, DuPont type of strain. Yeah. And uh, WLP 400, a classic German uh, German Bison strain. Those both have higher O2 requirements than the other s- average strain of yeast. So that's mm-hmm. something cool to keep in mind for homebrewers. Hey, you're oxygenating for a minute? Maybe give those two or a minute and a half or something like that. And you may get more of what you want. Or maybe with 565, that classic finicky Saison strain. Maybe give it another blast of O2 six hours after you pitch. You know, some experiment with O2 and, and what that yeast really needs, well, I guess, is the bottom line. Okay. That's always, always been the complaint of the Saison 1 yeast is it just peters out yeah. at 1030 or whatever it is. Right. And people have tried to get around it by uh, making their work really hot in the 90s kind of thing like that. Um, there's a thing about yeah, this makes a lot of sense with uh, more O2. Yep. Let um, get them healthier. Because when you put O2 into your solution, it off-gasses, too. It's right. Not, it's not that it gets all up, the, the yeast uptakes it all. Okay. It just off-gasses. Yeah. So you got to cereal put it in, like, every four hours. Uh, then we start talking about uh, O2 poisoning, that kind of thing. Too much. Too much. But uh, it, it's nice to know that these two require more yeah i never heard those two called out as as uh 
It makes Iro two requirements, and I thought that was sense. a cool piece of data for homebrewers. Yeah. I have a I have another Crosley uh, brew, uh, brewing blunder that we can all learn from, and and there are two people. There's that, an infinite number of those. Uh, there is an infinite number, and, uh, and this is why I just give them out because I hope you all get to learn. <laughs> but it, had, it certainly has to do with O two, and there are two things that that rang in in my ear that that helped me remedy the problem. So I recently brewed uh, a couple batches for this this clone thing that we're DVD project that we're doing. And um, I aerated the wort for one minute in a more beer conical. So the the tube goes to the bottom of the conical. I turn on the I turn it on. I see air coming up the top. I think I'm aerating it. You see air. Uh, <laughs> you get the point. Thank you. So yeah. I see the whole thing. So in one of them was a lager. So by the next day there was no fermentation, and I remembered from the shows. Hey, you know what Doc does is he aerates when he pitches, and then if he goes out there the next morning, if there's no activity, he does it again. So I I, I had Doc's uh, voice in my head. I go out there, and I'm sanitizing the, the wand, the, the tube with the aeration stone at the end, and I, t- I like to turn it on in the in the star sand oh, so that I kind of blow things out of it. star sand back out. And yeah. I discover at that time that the, the stone had not been pushed far enough into the tube, so the O2 was not going out the stone at all. It was coming out the connection in full bubble form. So talk about off-gassing. Yeah. It's really just, just sending it straight out. Coming out in bubbles. So I thought, well... Well, shit, I didn't, uh, I didn't aerate this thing properly. So I've I got done, in there. I've done the same thing. And I aerated the crap out of it. So, the, so that's the one thing is I remember the doc said, hey, go ahead and if, if you're not seeing signs of fermentation, you throw that O2 in again. You're right. going to be fine. And my doc used to always say that on, sure. our, on our early shows. Well, here's the other thing. I'm talking to Darren from More Beer because I'm using his conical. Uh, to do this, and he goes, dude, I gave you a device to to monitor your aeration, and more beer has they 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 now put a sight glass at the bottom of the conical, and there's a, a connector at the bottom of the sight glass for your O2, so you connect the hose right to it, and you yeah. can actually see it functioning. Oh, the volume! You see it going through the sight glass at the bottom of the conical it, it, before it goes up into the conical. It, it's not a measurement, but you it's not a measurement. You get a but, visual, but I would. No, right. for example, I dumped, I stuck the tube down in the bottom and yeah. couldn't see that it wasn't going through the stone, right? Because it's a conical and it's, yeah. I can't it, see it, through it. Uh, but uh, and I'm going, ah, oh, Darren, you told me to use that and I didn't listen to you, and I could have seen how my aeration was going. It, it still That's works. What you said before: the more you brew, the better you get. It, it, exactly. What you did it still works. It's just less efficient. Okay. And less surface area. Well, I should have gone for more than a minute because I wasn't going through the stone, right? Yeah. yeah and if it's not stirring it. Yeah. It's only going up to a small column of it. Right. Um, as a home brewer, even with pure O2, uh, you, you're going to maybe, you're not going to over-oxygenate. Okay. Uh, and well, and that's, and especially with a lager. This is a lager, yeah, too, I thought. Yeah. So. Uh, one cautionary thing is, if you think it's not bubbling, oh, my, my lager's not going, make sure everything is sealed. Well, that's a good point. Because right? I've had I've had not my 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 top not uh, cinched down enough, and it's leaking out uh, mm. that gasket and not coming out um, my airlock. That's a good point. Luckily, so, that's not so a blunder. I, I'm I thinking made, it's but... not it's not actually yeah. fermenting, and when I crank it down, oh no, yeah, it is. And I w- I would have. Yeah, because you don't O2 necessarily on. want to start giving O2 once alcohol production has started, exactly. and you're going to risk creating more acetaldehyde yes. than you would want. 
Well, I re-aerated, and 24 hours later, I I fixed the connection. I put the stupid thing back in there. 24 hours later, I got fermentation. So anyway, another Crosley blunder that we can. uh, It's still you still oxygenated. It's just you're not getting as much oxygen into the solution because the bubbles are bigger. And I needed more in this case, and I got less. I did I did my standard one minute, but it wasn't going through the stone and. Anyway, so two things you learned. The dock method, if it's not going, go ahead and aerate again. And the, the more beer method, get that, get the sight glass situation. Yeah, I wish I had sweet. used that thing. They, they invented it. So, and they invented for you? Yeah, they buy me. Oh, I, I see. Oh, yeah. I, that was one of my inventions. Oh, it, it, I thought it was brilliant. When he told, and he had told me about it beforehand, but uh, we didn't put it all together. And when he reminded me afterward, I went, ah, oh, motherfucker. This I was a lager, known. too, probably. Oh, yeah, 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 good yeah. fermentation is critical. should not be brewing lager. Yeah. <laughs> should not be brewing at all, to be honest. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, Nathan. I no, no worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we learned from perfectly. my blunders. I thought I should throw that out. I wanted to say two things. Yeah. Uh, one, I apologize about the you can see air comment. I can tell you didn't take it very well. So I apologize <laughs> for that. Um, and then also, two, uh, Kim Wood in chat would like to know, um, to follow up uh, uh, Nate's recap of Nava's talk, does the information she was giving have any implications for Jay-Z's yeast pitching rate calculator, as in was her info different from his? That I don't know. It would be interesting to to be able to say. I don't think that she talked about pitching rate in depth in the way that Jamil's that pitching rate gives you detail. advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was talking about the effects of under or over pitching and those kind of things. I don't necessarily think it would conflict with Jamil's data in terms of advice. More importantly, is Bevo rate. playing Angry Birds or something? Why is JP <laughs> handing me chat room questions? I see lots of uh, unicorns and rainbows on her screen right yeah. now. So Message Tim. Maybe true. I see. Yeah, Nava's talk was good though. That was a really nice one. It was uh, a lot of good questions in there done too. So, if, so she'll, Nava will go around and give talks at various places. If you ever get a chance to listen to her talk about yeast, you got questions about yeast, asking her in person is always really. Um, cool. She's great because so. she's a, she's uh, she's good fun to be around. Yeah. But you get her talking about the lab, and she's brainiac. Yeah, she knows she, her stuff. And, yeah. and I don't think enough people uh, uh, ask her those questions. Because she's so much fun. You're like, oh, let's just hang out, Nava. Yeah. You ask her the tough questions, and she's ready to go. Oh, yeah. Uh, she, good time. She's an awesome speaker, too. Yeah. Uh, she's not nervous up there. She right. answers questions. I heard so much positive feedback. I didn't get... To, I was in another lecture, but uh, I heard... On the floor, so much positive feedback. Right. From the way she spoke, the way she answered questions. She was very no-nonsense about the questions. She was like, uh, next question. Right. Next question. And, and it, but, but she was not nervous up there. No. And she did, um, Colin Kaminsky hunted her down oh. to ask her questions. <laughs> That's creepy. Yeah, she yeah. had an olive oil question both <laughs> sessions she gave this talk. Ah, it was really funny yeah. how she answered that one. So yeah. I won't go into it, but it, it basically her conclusion was, Pain in the ass, no difference. So, <laughs> and and she has brown skin, and and in the beer world, that's uh, you <laughs> know, it's pretty, very and a pretty smile. It's very different, you know. It uh, is very different. It's it's you know, despite the racial handicap, she's able to succeed. She, she's still <laughs> over. She overcomes that, right? I mean, right. she really uh, is able to keep moving forward. That's that, right, and that's what I really admire. Like Mufasa, same thing. He keeps moving forward. Um, Terrace. Terrence, yeah, the, token. Terrence, Terrence. Well, Terrence uh, is kind of a, a, he's a, bit a holding pattern. Yeah, yeah. Uh, myself even included with my with your olive Mediterranean uh, handicap. Yeah, you all keep moving forward, and you know what? It makes yeah. me proud. Well, and you with your Italian handicap, <laughs> which is let's face it, I think my handicap is much more than that. Pretty obvious. That's retarded. 
Uh, all right, let's finish off with Ray Daniels, our yeah, good friend sure. Ray. Let's uh, finish Ray off. Obviously. First of all, what do you think of that pale ale I brought? Uh, dig that? Uh, wonderful pale ale. Yeah. I would drink more of it. It was good. Was I thought it was very fruity. Uh, fruity, yeah. fruity for me. It had a lot. It had a lot of Nelson and Amarillo and Citra. Yeah. Um, spice. Experimenting. Some spice. Personally, for me, yeah. I, I really liked it because it was not Beer. not really bitter at the end. Yeah. It had a lot of hop character. Right. And and it had alcohol in it. It did. It had. <laughs> yeah, that's wet. good. I like that part. Yeah. Um, but not over. I did. I had to drink two or three to get usual. <laughs> <laughs> get usual. I'm going to make Doc a shirt that says, get usual, 7%. Something like that. Oh, I'm still working on oh, Chris, it. Still working on the idea. Uh, NHC, uh, my, my half was on, and Chris Graham goes, it's not your normal half, is it? My it's normal half is about eight. Right. Jesus, Doc. <laughs> Hell, man. I, I like to fuck with people. <laughs> so... They go, no, no, it's it's a normal 5%. I asked about the pale because it's an experimental thing. It kind of a nod to some of the things that Gordon talked about <laughs> during his talk. A beer with, uh, traditional beer with non-traditional uh, beer ingredients. So more and more as I brew pale ale, I'm realizing New Zealand hops end up in the beer. Uh, Belgian Pilsner malt ends up in the beer. It's like, it's going to this point where it's an American pale ale with very little American ingredients in it. I thought that's kind of a Actually, cool definitely do it idea. again. I, I think it could actually maybe even make another category, a subcategory. The experimental pale ale? No. Non-American pale ale? Well, yeah. <laughs> pale ales are almost IPAs pale ale. Yeah. And this is much more approachable. Yeah. And I don't want to have an IPA when I want... I, I get a, pay, uh, a pale ale and it's like... Yeah. Oh God. Well, it's like the pale thirty-one idea, you know, it's that kind right. of thing for yeah. sure. You know. Now, do you ask because it has something to do with Ray Daniels, or you just want to know what we thought of? Well, beer? no, no, no. I just want to know what you thought of the beer, and Love then the I can beer. segue into to Ray's talk because Ray, Ray talked about a lot of things uh, related to recipe development. Okay. And recipe development and how it's changed in homebrew over the years. He, of course, tracks a lot of this data that gets sent into the second round about what malts do you use, what hops do you use, what's your process, and kind of comparatively for his first oh. book about designing homebrew recipes, designing great beers, he's still tracking data and how it compares to that for a potential follow-up book. Okay. And he talked about how homebrew technique and recipe development is really converging with commercial brewing technique. And with years ago, due to recipe or you due to ingredient availability and those kind of things, homebrewers were doing a lot of unusual technique compared to the uh, craft brewers or professional brewers. Take mm-hmm. Bach, for example. The malt bills had a lot more caramel or crystal or those kind of things in it. These days, a lot more stripped down malt bill for Bach. A lot more you'd see it for a traditional German Bach, and it okay. was kind of cool to compare that over time. And Ray gave the example of, you know, here's my recipe from the first time I ever won a gold medal at NHC, and it was from the early '90s, right? And it was a beer called Diversi Lager, and it had uh, wheat malt extract, Munich malt, black patent malt, maltodextrin brewed as a lager and he presented this recipe and says what style is this right right and it didn't and that was the point is that it didn't really fit into any traditional style and i think the category that he won gold for was called a continental lager at the time right okay when we look at this recipe and say that's not a schwartz beer it's not a bach it's not a uh any of the traditional styles and really he's illustrating the point of how far homebrewing technique and ingredients have really come and we're a lot closer to what craft brewers are doing now i thought that was pretty cool yeah, you know? and it, he was went further into talking about recipe development in terms of uh, flavor technique and what's your target. Some of his favorite people he's ever judged with on panels have had a really clear 
idea about flavors that they wanted before they even started creating a beer. Like, I'm going for this very specific range in flavors, and I'm going to create a recipe around that. Yeah. And to really think about that when you're developing recipes for a beer. I thought that was a pretty cool way to go. Not that I really like this hop, and I'm going to use a bunch of it. Or I really think this malt is interesting, and I'm going to use a bunch of it. No. You're going for a very specific range of flavors and really creating recipes around that. I thought that was a pretty cool idea. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Doc, turn your mic on. Is it on? No, turn your mic off. <laughs> it's on. No, flip the switch. I can't hear Shut you. Shut up. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Drew Beecham's uh, lecture on uh, brewing on the ones. Yeah. He brought up uh, this recipe he had from a long time ago. It had all this stuff and it. it goes, mm-hmm. I put all these things in here, and do we even taste this? Yeah. And uh, the way we brewed back then, home brewer wise, throw the kitchen sink in you it. Throw the kitchen sink, yeah. and it goes. I put in six ounces of you know uh, you know malt, malt, and do you think I'm tasting that in this IPA? No. Right. And what you were talking about is like. So it's, it's, from, from like box for example, now. right? Homebrewers have learned that you can create a really killer Bach with just maybe 100% Munich malt if well, you have a good brewing well, technique. Right? And, and the sophistication th- in, the, the in back planning. To Mitch yeah. Steele's yeah, thing do, was uh, the the, these IPAs had one malt, yeah, and they had one hop, yeah, yep. at the very beginning. Exactly. Yeah, the traditional IPA was just old school English pale malt and EKG. And I think that, that I think that's yeah. what Drew was uh, Drew was talking about about uh, brewing on the ones. Right. So I think it, it's a natural progression as we watch home brewing uh, expand the availability of ingredients yeah. uh, to us also expands and so we go, "Wow, shit, we got all this stuff, we should use it." And we do. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of come back and we go, "Keep it simple." Oh, that was but, dumb. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, we go, yeah. "Shit, they had it right in the 18th century." Where yeah. they just go, yeah. you know. So we do uh, now. There is there are ingredients that that are new that we should be using. Hops, I think, are a great example of those, and 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 different refined malts too. But the combination of them all together, you know, we we throw it all in there, the kitchen sink, and then we discover. Yeah, well, that's actually pretty good if we simplify these things. And and that's a brew, I, and I think it's also a technique sophistication. Right. Uh, like Tasty just said, you can do some of this in the mash. In the mash, You can yeah. do this with, with your temperatures. You can yeah, do yeah. It. Keep the recipes uh, simple. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's why there's a convergence of homebrewing recipes matching up with professional recipes. Yeah. One of the reasons is a lot of the homebrewers become professionals. Right. I can't tell you the number of people that are that are follow this show that are now have jobs right. in the industry. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Race Talk was, had a lot of good stuff in it. That was just a, a couple of the things. You know, he really love it in terms of flavor development. He he used this example of tasting uh, rosemary and black pepper in food, and he's always I really want to go back and create a beer that captured my memory of that. Yeah, right. So creating memories and ideas around beer that you know are not just from beer, but from all the food that you're having, you're eating on a daily basis. That yeah, was a cool, obvious thing, but really cool to think about. Well, Nate, as always, you make the rest of us look good, like we <laughs> like we've done something. Uh, good job, my friend. I for one uh, am a lot proud of, of, of my help in this. Actually, topic. I think it looks like he did a lot of work and we don't do anything. Yeah, right. it makes it look bad. Exactly. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Nate, you're fired. Yeah, you're so fucking <laughs> negative, Scott. Uh, yeah, good job, no, no, Nate. Now you're fired. A lot of what I did was just on during the talks. I would to get my notes down. I would just send stuff out on Twitter. And then yeah. some people would respond just as a way of having it in history as well as yeah. people who weren't at NHC were, would ask, oh, it's really interesting, and blah, blah, blah. It's pretty cool. You know, I know you're kind of making fun of that, is saying that I didn't do too much, but 
What a great use of technology. And you're yeah. right. It's almost like, a, you know, they just say uh, when you're taking notes, most of what you're doing when you're taking notes is just that by writing it down, you're putting it in your brain. Exactly. It's kind of the same. You're just sending out a tweet. And by going through that motion, you're actually putting it in your brain. And then you also started a conversation with a bunch of brewers. And then for, right, exactly. And then yeah. for this uh, piece tonight, I could go back through the Twitter log and say, okay, right. these five and six were really cool. Let's talk about those on the show, you know? I like the cool. technology. It's what, very good. One yeah. of the lectures I was in was about the electric home, electric brewery kind of thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And one of the first things the guy did was put that scan pick up. And that took you to his uh, oh, website. See. So I, I took a picture of that. And I sent it to a lot of people that couldn't be there. Yeah. And they went to his website. and you got to they, check it out. Oh, they got to check the whole... They, he had a whole lecture on there. Yeah. And they were texting me questions about all kinds of stuff in there. It, the fact that they could be there without being there. Yeah. Was so was nice. Well, the technology's come a long way, too. You know, I mentioned earlier that the, all the AHA talks are available if you're an AHA member on the website. Which is awesome. You know, when we went to our first one in Orlando, I said to the Orlando, I said to the AHA, I said, "Look, uh, you should let me come and and stream our little bullshit show," which they did. They were cool, and I said, "If you want, get the hook in. I can record all of your talks and 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 make them available." And back then, I don't. They weren't really selling out. Um, and they were like, well, you know, you kind of got to come to the conference. They Trust it, me, it'll they, be big. They did it once. Know? And I was like, you, you should let yeah. me do this. I said, let me do, how about this? Let me do three of them. You know, let me do some, and we'll put them out there. And they did. They ended up saying, and we ended up playing them on the shows, mm-hmm. actually. Right. Mm-hmm. We, we mm-hmm. played a couple of them on the shows. I think Vinny's talk was one yeah. of them. Yeah. Vinny's is one of them. Yeah. And, and, and now they're like, you know what? We can't do this conference without recording all these talks. How are we uh, going to let all these wonderful talks just go out into the ether with no uh, representation, with no recording of them? And so now they're doing it. So I anyway, I just I like seeing all this technology. Come yeah, full and they're going to publish this stuff as like you were saying. So if you're a member, that, that were, yeah, exactly. People who are a member, you can check them out. Yeah, so. that's why. And I'm glad they're not making us do it because uh, what a, back no, then I was yeah, like, yeah, back right. then I was like, I'll do I'll do anything, I'll yeah. do whatever you want. And I'm like, fuck off! I don't want to touch anything. I'll be in my room if you need me. That's why I, I record all my sex oh, so many <laughs> for posterity. Com- well, because it's so good. Why make it go out into the ether? Right. Everyone should remember it. So I hopefully would- if I ever have children or adopt them or find them somewhere, I can show them. <laughs> Can you play? Say, this a, is how sex is. Can you play us a clip of? Uh, I don't. Well, I don't have my computer here. Maybe next week. I mean, next week, I'll bring, I'll bring a clip. Bring a clip. I'll bring a clip <laughs> of my sex. Computer. I'd like to know what JP's sex is. Uh, like. A lot of the. A lot of the do you really? Meow. <laughs> 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 a lot of the the, the conferences are now available on whatever podcast right back or whatever right. for a fee. For a fee, uh, yeah. I go. To, I go to dental conferences. Oh, you you can if you miss the conference, you can do this and this. <laughs> and Doc's like, you know me. Of course, I missed the conference. I was in the bar, <laughs> <laughs> only at lunch. You, you didn't and, come and get then, me. And then halfway through the afternoon, <laughs> right? I love. But I learned something. Yeah, <laughs> at the bar. But but they're always offering, uh, you know, these yeah. lectures. Yeah, you can't go to all of them. Right, no. No. and I can't. I don't go to any of them. That's why I'm friends with Nate. I, I, I wish I could have gone to more. Like for example, there was a great talk on Berliner Weiss on Thursday. Apparently, that, that was, been good. I was judging. I didn't make it to that one. Oh, it was only done once. I remember pulling Stuff up like to that that that, uh, that little sign that says "What is going on for conference wise?" And I look, and oh, it's between I think the hop thing, yeah, and brewing lagers. Or uh, and, and, and the guy next to me goes, "I go, I'm going to lagers." <laughs> 
And he got, first the guy goes, I'm I'm going to the the hop thing. And I go, I'm going to hop. I'm going to, I'm going to loggers. <laughs> it's better than your stories, Bebo. Yeah, but he goes, I'm going to loggers. And he goes, you would be. <laughs> I knows you. Yeah. The, the payoff is good too. No, there were some good things at that talk too. Brian's talk from uh, Chuckanut. Oh yeah, Loggers. Yeah, I felt sorry for him. He was so nervous. Uh, Gordon Strong. Gordon yeah. Strong's talk is really good too. He was yeah. stuck with the nine a.m. slot after Ooh. Pro Night. Oh man, yeah. it was packed too. People showed up. It was amazing. He's good Gordon talk. Strong. He's Gordon Strong. He's King Nincasa. All the Saturday ones packed. Yeah. yeah. It was like nobody. Okay, maybe they thought they missed something, but every everyone was packed that I was in on Saturday. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, Twitter game, All right? Twitter game. Got? So the Twitter game was uh, what the fuck? What? How should we christen the new studio after the show? After the show, yeah. Craft uh, Brouhaha says prank phone call the family living in the old place and tell them you're calling in for drunk of the week. Good, that's <laughs> <heck. Ooh. laughs> pretty good because they are very Puritan. Mm. I would only like to do that if we had a video of their reaction. <laughs> no, well. we do that on Christmas. But, uh, that's good. That's uh, good. Gordon right. Strong says uh, a chalk outline of Tim from Canada. I like that. Yeah, F Tim. I'm gonna make uh, F Tim T-shirts this week. Brad Brewing. Everyone strips Bevo to bra and panties, and the BN crew takes the 2012 NHC Trophy around the studio and downtown Martinez. <laughs> and, and, no. and the desolate. You know what? We'll get the same We're reaction as we got at NHC if we if we go outside right now with our Charlies. <laughs> We'll get the same silence that nobody yeah. gives a shit as we got at NHC. Uh, BN Darkside. Drunk Jenga with BN Summerfest glasses. <laughs> Good idea. That's a um, lot of boxes. Pies Josh says the brewcasters share three bottles of Cantillon Rose de Gambrinus. Human centipede style. Oh. <laughs> Dude. Oh. oh my god. Oh. Oh. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, uh, but I don't want to make I him be win. the head of that Wait, video. There's He's not enough Australia. duct tape. Yeah. I have I have a roll here. Uh and then uh, yeah. K Schmidt says have Schumann bang everyone in the room on the mixer board. <laughs> on the mixer. Board. And those are the best ones. Um, I vote for call the family yeah. that yeah, is living the in, the, in the rat yeah. pad. Yeah. That one's pretty good, right? That's pretty good, right? That's our Twitter game winner. Oh, right that's there. it. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Let's make it simple. Are we talking over and over again? Over and over. <laughs> Let's keep calling over and over. All right. I'd like to thank everybody for being in the studio, Nate. Wonderful job. Yes. Hey, uh, thanks, buddy. Uh, thanks, Nate. Thanks Moscow, for working. Moscow, great job booking today. Um, uh, Doc. Right on. <laughs> hey, thanks wow. for being here. Yeah. You had to be here. <laughs> More Matilda, Doc. What are we going to do? Uh, you know, this is the first time uh, that when we're done with the show, we can go to our local pub and have a beer, right? What's true hell? that? I think we're going to concept. Walk, we're going to walk the two minutes over to Creek Monkey and have a beer right now, right? Um, so we the, we got to get out of here before the cleaning crew gets in. <laughs> right. Yeah, are they open? Cleaning crew. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, I, we're gonna have a cleaning crew. El Dorado uh, cleaning crew is yeah. uh, coming in a little bit, a little bit later. Cleaning. So we just dodge over the Martians. <laughs> yeah, if you walk over the homeless guy sitting out front of the building, we can head over to Creek Muggy right now and grab ourselves oh. a beer. Do you have any change? No. Maybe by the way, this is downtown Martinez, and we call the locals Martians. They're Martians, and not for 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 multiple reasons. They mm-hmm. they uh, they're not pretty weird. Up, I had to give up twenty five cents already today. just to get in the door. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say they like the methamphetamines. Uh, that they do. I think they've switched to bath salts. 
I don't want to be too direct, <laughs> but let's just say they're complete <laughs> fucking drug addicts and they eat their own shit. Right. Well, let's just say that. I, I kept looking at this guy and I've had not looking at him because he was a sidewinder and I was wondering why <laughs> one, one side of him doesn't work anymore. Okay. And sidewinder. it lost me 25 cents because I made eye contact. You well, if you think about eye it, contact. That's, that's what you're paying at a freak show anyway. It's fine. Right. It's did you a pay side him? show. Did you pay the side that was numb or the other well, side? Well, you know what? He didn't reach for it with the other side. Oh. Listen, the good news is if we're ever feeling lethargic, we can just walk outside and get some meth. <laughs> and just lay down. <laughs> or lay down. The oh. shows are going to get a lot faster all of a sudden. I, I could just sleep in the hallway. Nobody bug me. <laughs> that's true. Mix uh, my Homer. Thanks to everybody. It's good to be back on the air. It's good to be in Studio Double D. We That's will true. work on uh, getting it all put together, and then we'll be throwing a big grand opening party coming up soon, so pay attention to that. Like Don't that forget idea. that we got some stuff coming up in the store this week. Jip, you ready? I'm ready for it. All right, let's get out of here. Oh, shit, I forgot I have to do this. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, More Beer. You can find everything you need to make great homebrew at home from morebeer.com. Um... What else do I say during the thing? Uh, follow Nate and Nathan Homebrew on Twitter for a lot of information about beer stuff. You could have found out the talk information that he just gave now, but in 140 characters or less. Moscow Paints, also on Twitter. He talks about painting uh, whenever uh, I want him to. And then uh, Major Jip on Twitter. He's a good dude. Tasty McD. He talks about things on Twitter. And uh, Doc doesn't. And Bevo it doesn't do shit. Uh, my friend Matt Staley's here, and I'm going to smell him uh, at my house later. Uh, find us on Twitter and Facebook. La 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 la